All right. <clears throat> how, how do I start these things again? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Hello, people of Defend the House. That's uh, normally, yeah. <clears throat> hello, people of Defend. That that felt weird. <laughs> what do I say? I definitely don't uh, say hello. Um, I don't say hello. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I don't say hello. What do I say? Let's, let's see what you said at the beginning of the last episode. Okay. We should keep this all in, by the way. This should be the intro. The last time you tried to do an intro, I interrupted you. Okay. <laughs> we'll go back even further. What do I say? You say you said, well, hello, people. Oh, that's yes. That's it. I knew it was off the second I said let me, it. Let me check. Let me check. Yes. I know, well, I hello. Yes. I can feel yeah. it. Yeah. Well, hello, right. people of Defend the House, and welcome back to the big roundup podcast. Did I yeah, get that? I it's, it's okay if you forgot the name, because a lot of people thought we forgot about this series in general. Yeah, did I get it right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so today we are covering the games from the month of February and March. Uh, no, just February, actually. Oh! Uh, Elden oh. Ring came out February 25th, I believe. So, oh, dear. Uh, or 28th or something, so... Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. People might notice that it is not March, which would probably be like a relevant time to get this video out. Uh, we did not forget to upload this video, no. No. Uh, we just haven't made it yet. Yeah, uh, it, it, this it's almost July when you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, we Oops. continue to be the most topical and on top of things review podcast on the market, as always. Yeah, I mean, that's why people come to us, so yeah, we gotta I'm, deliver. I'm gonna break the fourth wall a bit and just say that this is the second time we've done this intro. Yep. Uh, because we did actually record the Dying Light 2 and Horizon Forbidden West chat. Uh, I don't want to say like in a nice, speedy fashion, but no, in, like, it was an in acceptable May. fashion. It was acceptable. It was, in, it was about, what? Oh. It was it was almost three months after those games had come out. Oh, not not five months after. <laughs> I those thought it games was like March or something. No, no, oh. it was uh, May, like the middle of May, or just or no, maybe it was April. Oh, I don't know, dude. Okay, it was well, April. It was April. Yeah. It was middle of April. Okay. Well, first of all, all three of these games are really long. They were all long. yeah. I mean, Elden Ring is over hundred hours. Horizon yeah. is 80, 70 to hundred, and Dying Light. Well, they said it was 500 hours, but we all know how that turned out. Yeah. Uh, but the game to blame specifically is Elden Ring. Yeah, and the person to blame is you. Me, and then kind of Ben. But mostly <laughs> Definitely mostly me. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got Dying Light 2 and Horizon done in like a not-too-bad fashion. We got it done, you know, maybe the back end of March. By then, we were playing yeah. Elden Ring. And obviously, we like to pack in the, the big months games together. So we were always going to do Dying Light, Horizon, and Elden Ring in one video. Um, and then just like life got in the way and Elden Ring took forever. Yeah. I think I had like one wedding, three stag do's, one dose of COVID, and a hematoma on my ankle. Mm -hmm. Just in it, and like 60, 30 of birthday parties because me and my friends are all getting old. Mm -hmm. And then it got so late that we thought, <laughs> well, at this point, we might as well just wait for our friend Ben to also finish the game. And Ben is the, uh, I was going to say leader. He is the, he runs the podcast. I don't know what the, the leader sounds weird. I don't know. He runs Defend the Podcast. 
So it had been so long that we thought we might as well just wait for Ben to finish it because he has never played a From Software game. And we thought it would make an interesting chat to talk with, you know, three people who have like different experiences with the franchise. Yeah. I have played all of them. You've played a few of them and Ben has played none of them. So yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll cover that more I think in the actual Elden Ring chat. Uh, yeah, in four hours listening time. Um, so let's just get right into it and move into Joe and Jameson from two months ago talking about Dying Light Two. Travel back in time. Here we go. So now we just have to start chronologically, obviously, with Dying Light Two and do our best to remember our thoughts and feelings on that game. Yeah. I think I mean, you will probably have, I don't know, you might have a, like a more detailed and specific thoughts on that game. Not yeah. necessarily that, I don't know, if you remember them, of course, but <laughs> mainly yeah. because you, uh, A, you played all of Dying Light 2. Yeah. Um, and you also replayed Dying Light 1, you know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I played Dying Light 1 when it came out seven years ago. Yeah, uh, and I really liked it, and I remember a lot of things about it. But some of the things that I might say with regards to Dying Light Two compared to One might not be 100 percent accurate. But it's based on what I remember, so <laughs> take that as you will. I I did not finish it. I got, I think I put about 27 hours in. Yeah, I got pretty close. I think I had about three or four main story missions left, and then I just stopped playing, which we'll get into, of course, as well. So that's just uh, yeah. yeah, a little context around all of that. I like Dying Light 1 a lot. Yes. Uh, if people listen to these podcasts, these long audio things, they will know that because it was in my top 10 games of the generation. Mm-hmm. I think it was my number 10, I believe. I believe so, yeah. It was number 10, yeah. Uh, Dying Light 1 has a very uh, specific charm. It kind of reminds me of the Resident Evil like magic factor. Uh, I don't know how to explain what it is. It's like a campiness, a silliness but also grounded in stuff that's actually fun to play. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't really quantify what that magic factor is, uh, but I think Dying Light 1 had that, even if it was a little rough around the edges. The weird thing about Dying Light 2 is I would say it does have some of that campiness uh, that I really liked about Dying Light 1, but it's not very cohesive, and I feel like a lot of Dying Light 2 is just worse than Dying Light 1, even though it's a new game, and Dying Light 1 came out seven years ago, and it's the same studio. Yeah, the my opener for Dying Light 2 would be, um, I based on memory at least, um, Dying Light 2 is like a worse game in almost every single way than the first game. Uh, from... I can think of one thing I definitely like better in Dying okay. Light 2. Um. But yeah, and I don't really remember Dying Light 1 for the campiness or the story stuff. I just remember it for having like a very uh, unique sort of vibe mm-hmm. uh, yeah. between with the mixture of the parkour being great, the loot being really varied and ridiculous and pretty dumb, and then this switch over into nighttime where it was like actively uh, stressful, and yeah. especially seven years ago when I was a little baby boy. Uh, it was spooky stuff at times and um and it just it even though it was a zombie game especially in 2015 the zombie fade uh f- you know fad was just like exhausting it still was fresh yeah and for sure. uh felt unique 
and that it had a personality and that it had just a lot going for it that still to this day makes it stand out, I think. And I feel like all of that is gone here. Um, Yeah, I will say that I did like Dying Light 2. I had fun. I got a lot of laughs. Oh, yeah. uh, Mostly at the game, not with the game, but sometimes with the game. But yeah, um, again, I would do my best to go into specifics, but my overall thoughts are that it doesn't really bring a whole lot new to the table. The stuff it brings back to the table, it feels clunkier than Dying Light 1. And, you know, COVID happened and a lot of video game development uh, suffered. A lot of games have come out rough around the edges. Um, but, you know, what are we going to do? We're talking about the game and if we liked it and yeah. what worked and what didn't. And it just feels janky in a way which often is not charming like Dying Light 1 was. And I'm not referring to the co-op specifically because obviously oh, we no, did no, no. our yeah. silly Mythbuster videos where we broke the shit out of the game. Um, I think that was the only co-op we played. And I yeah. am not like bringing that into this review at all. I'm talking oh, about God, the no, solo yeah. experience. Um, maybe just start with the parkour. It's a fundamental part of the game. Yeah. Um, I do think that at times, the parkour in Dying Light 2 is better than Dying Light 1. Uh, there's a skill tree in Dying Light 2 that uh, as you go into the game, you unlock a variety of different parkour skills. And there are moments where it really does work in a pretty like beautiful way. When you have the paraglider, some of these fancy jump tech tricks. Uh, when you push a zombie off a cliff, ride him down, crush his bones, and then jump up another one onto a whatever you call it, but a wind draft. I, I wanted to say the uh, the Elden Ring term. I don't know what oh, they yeah. were called. The, <laughs> yeah, the fans that boost an you into the air, an updrafter. Yeah. There's some really like great moments of parkour uh, fluidity in Dying Light 2. But for every moment like that, there's like an opposing moment where it feels really clumsy and clunky consistently. Yeah. And I would say a lot of my Dying Light 2 experience comes down to that, where sometimes I will have a moment in combat which feels very similar, where I'm using these skills, I'm blocking a projectile, I'm chopping someone's head off in a really satisfying way. And then the next fight uh, is really clumsy and frustrating and I die and I'm annoyed. And again, coming back to the parkour, I don't know what about it made it feel clumsier than Dying Light 1. There's some strange choices. Like one right off the bat I can remember is in the first map, there's like these sloped roofs. And oh, for some God. reason, you can't just walk up them. You have to spam F or E or spacebar. Or you can something. spam. You can sort of also just like spam jump and just skip that animation. But that yeah. doesn't feel good either. Yeah. I also think the first map is designed in a way which doesn't as freely allow for good parkour. The first 15 hours where you're in the first like suburban, smaller area are definitely nowhere near as fun as the city area. But I'm going to get to the city in a little bit. Mm. Um, again, there's other things like for some reason, the game doesn't ever want to let go of a ledge, you'll be pressing let go and here grab onto it like three times in a row. Sometimes they put items in weird areas like you'll be in a combat zone and you'll try and jump kick someone and you'll grab onto a pipe on the ceiling and then they'll start stabbing you. There's just like these constant moments of clumsiness and the game 
doing things you didn't want it to do. But then I would have the opposite, where I would have a really cool string of parkour and it would feel great. This entire game just feels like frustration followed by moments of like, ooh, that was cool, followed by jank, followed by frustration. It kind of always steps on its own toes, in my opinion, when it comes to the whole game. But when we're talking specifically about the parkour, that as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I I would say it was probably like for every one fun parkour moment, I would have like five where I would just be like, what the fuck are you doing game? What are we doing? What are you doing? Oh my God, yeah. what's, what's happening? And, yeah. and the parkour is such a constant element that you're basically doing that, saying that to the game like every three minutes. Just like, what the fuck? What's going on? What are we doing? Why can't it jump? Jump. Hello, game? Maybe it's a, yeah, maybe it's a symptom of adding more abilities and skills with the parkour systems. I don't know. Like, the parkour didn't feel any different uh, in terms of systems or skills from what I remember of Dying Light 1. Uh, hmm. It just felt somehow like they made, they took the same system and just made it way jankier and way more frustrating. Some yeah. of that I did discover, um, it, it was only like, I don't know, maybe... 15 hours into the game that I, I read a forum post that said uh, if you change, if you had rebound the crouch key, all of the skills that require you to hit crouch, you know, to like uh, do a roll when you land or push a zombie off or something, all of those just didn't work. And so I spent 15 hours like trying to time my crouch when I would land to not take fall damage and it never worked. Yeah. Uh, and that was just because of bad PC port stuff. Um, but, you know, you can sort of, I can sort of push that aside and just say, when I'm running around on the rooftops, uh, sometimes, like, a jump just doesn't get made. Uh, mm -hmm. Or he just sometimes doesn't grab. Or sometimes he just won't let go. Or this, or that. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it's a very weird problem for a game to have. Because, like, I would say they more or less nailed the parkour in the first game. Almost, uh, from mm -hmm. what I remember. Um... And it's strange that seven years pass and it regressed in quality. Yeah. Uh, and then not to, again, we're, I think all these chats are going to be a bit scatterbrained, but like part of that is also, I am very confused about the rollout of new parkour items yeah. in the game because in Dying Light 1, you got the grappling hook, you know, with the, in the last 20% of the game, probably. Eh, maybe a bit earlier, but yeah, near the end part. And uh, that's the exact same case here, which is odd because it's a sequel. And I just, and I know it's a different character and all this lore shit. Who cares? But like, when a sequel comes out after so much time and it's just the exact same power loop again, right, it's like yeah. now you have the fun things that you had at the end of the first game, but you're at the end of the second game. And it's like, I wanted those things in the first hour. Definitely, yeah. Which is something that, uh, some other games in here maybe do well, which is where they're just like, here's all your tools. Okay, bye. Uh, this could have just used to, uh, like if the grappling hook had been there 90 minutes in, it would have been, I don't know, it just would have been a lot more interesting. And then that leaves them room to come up with new things to give you at the end of the game instead of just the same things you got in 2015. Yeah, um, for sure. Especially when Dying Light is... Like, there were people that played Dying Light for, like, 300 hours. Yeah. Or that's, more. That's also the interesting thing, yeah. That, that game is not just, like, a one-and-done thing. It was supported for so many years with so much content that it yeah. became, like, this never-ending live service game in a way. So to start the game without 
slide and the jump kick. It just, I like, I understand, like you said, it's a new character. He mm-hmm. has to learn these skills, which is fine. But it doesn't feel good because that's the flow state that I know of Dying Light and that everyone who's a fan of the game knows as well. And it just made the first 15 to 20 hours feel just like not good when it comes to the parkour and some of the combat. Uh, I will say, because we've been a little bit negative, uh, near the last chunk of the game when I had all the skills that I remember from Dying Light 1 and had some of the newer skills, Again, like I said, I had some really good moments with the parkour and the combat. Mm. Um, I would say that the first 15 to 20 hours of this game were just a bit of a slog in general. Oh, uh, yeah. The low amount of skills, the lack of powerful weapons, so zombies are quite cumbersome. Uh, the lesser map as well. I really just don't think much of that early suburban map. I just don't think it's like visually that interesting and it's not very fun to explore. Um... I'm going to transition again. This is all over the place, but I'm going to transition yeah. into my main positive of okay. Dying Light 2, which is I really, I really like the city. I think the city looks great. Uh, the, the design of it, I mean, and I really just enjoyed moving around it. I think that's where the parkour system in this game really works the best. And I think it's well designed to make it flow, especially with the power, uh, the paraglider. They have like open windows, which you can seamlessly kind of uh, glide into, kick a zombie. Uh, It's just like really well thought out. I can't think of a time in the city where I would be running down the street and I didn't know my next parkour move to like gain height or keep going at a good speed. Uh, So yeah, I think the city is good. I think it looks good and I think it's fun to move around and play in. Uh, But you don't get to it for 15 hours oh you know it depends on the speed you are going at in the game but i just yeah don't... i i think i only got there at about the 18 or 19 hour mark yeah and i stopped playing at the 25 or 26 hour mark so yeah. i i don't have a lot of positive to say about the city because <laughs> uh it's actually probably the thing that stopped me playing the game was the okay interesting i the first half of the map was like it's fine like you said it's it's just kind of like bleh. it's three stories tall and and you just sort of run around on the rooftops for 20 hours doing fetch quests and yeah um i also played on normal you played on hard i believe right mm-hmm. yeah i yeah, didn't so, notice i'll be honest yeah well when we get to combat that'll come up i'm sure um but so like the first 15 hours that first or the first zone i'm like okay yeah this is okay I'm just doing story quests because uh, the side content is almost non-existent or not worthwhile. And uh, there's no tension or challenge or there's like nothing interesting happening, but I'm playing it. So whatever. And then I got to the city and I felt like absolutely nothing changed. Um, You get the paraglider. That kind of changes things. Sure, but I mean in terms of like every other aspect of the game. Like yeah, you, you get some yeah. more parkour stuff, uh, and that's that's fine. Uh, I didn't think the grappling hook was very fun, even though. No. But I also only spent like an hour with it. But it's just like you just—it's basically just like you have the uncharted gro- like rope, and and you just can swing from it, and it just seems completely shit. Yeah, it's um, weird that thing. I thought the grapple hook in the first game was like a grapple hook, right? Like you, you just grapple anything and it zi- you 
pull yourself to it right in the first game like, yeah isn't that that's yeah. a grapple hook yeah okay um so you know the parkour i think it probably got more interesting but i, I again I, I did not spend like an enormous amount of time in the city i do agree that like cranking up the verticality is again that's something that like they should have started with that the yes. the city yeah. should have been the last like 10 hours of the gameplay loop and the location should have been the first 10 hours and then they should have just escalated further from there in my opinion yeah uh, because that's it's a sequel um but yeah when i got to the city uh it just felt like absolutely nothing had changed and it, because it hadn't in terms of uh all of the the larger gameplay things oh yeah um and i just got so checked out and then stopped playing a few hours later um so i can see that for sure yeah yeah so i can't speak so much to the city because it's it's actually like i said it's what stopped me playing the game yeah. um but yeah i think on on paper uh the city seems really cool and the appropriate escalation for that series because the city in the first game uh was definitely not this level of vertical mm -hmm. uh but yeah it was i don't know yeah uh, I definitely agree about the first 15 hours. Uh, it should have started in the city. Yeah. You should have started with a bunch of these skills already. Uh, because it just feels like the same loop again. And it just, for a sequel, it feels bad to regress, I think. Even though, totally. I guess, logically it makes sense with a new guy. But there's uh, prioritize fun, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Like the, um, the Miles Morales game, right? Like... Mm. It starts you with almost every skill from the end, from the end of the first game. You just have it as just they're just like passively there because that's how it's supposed to work. Even yeah. though it's a different character, it's like it doesn't matter. Uh, I it's the same person playing the game. I had this experience in 2015. I don't need to do it all again. Uh, if I wanted to, I would. I would and probably should just replay Dying Light One. Yeah, uh, because that is it. Just seems like a, a substantially more cohesive and coherent game across the board uh i will I say think, that i um yeah go ahead i do think that the environmental design in this game is pretty cool yes the yeah. um obviously the setting is based uh i don't know 15 years after dying light uh one so instead mm -hmm. of it just being a classical apocalyptic zombie setting it has Kind of similar to Horizon, it is an apocalypse which people have then rebuilt on top of. Yeah. And I don't know if you got to some of the locations in the city, but there's like a giant ship which people have taken oh over. God, and they've... that fucking ship. I hate so navigating annoying. that fucking oh ship. Oh, my God. I think the yeah. design of areas like that where they thought about how people would reuse these locations for a new purpose and a new society. I think all of that stuff is actually really well done. Again, that stuff is more prevalent in the city than the beginning town. Yeah, but, uh, but even like all the rooftop farms, I, I like all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it has good environmental design. It's still like a pretty, technically it's not the prettiest game. But uh, uh, yeah, I think from the design point of view, it's good. But yeah, they, they do a good job with that stuff. And, and just the, I think just like the architecture in the city is good. It's compelling. Mm -hmm. it's, it's got a neat mixture of styles to it and it feels like a real place in a lot of ways uh yeah and i i agree environmentally it's good visually uh, oof. it's like, fine for like it's that 
fine. There's like a bunch of games which started uh, development in last gen, and yeah, now it's yeah. the here now, and I think it's yeah. fine. I'm sure a lot of these games are also meant to come out in like 2020 and 2021 before. If not, if not even earlier. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But even like Dying Light, again, like even visually, Dying Light 1 stands out to me, even today. That game mm-hmm. still looks sharp and it still has this sort of certain like grunginess to it that I like. Uh, and that, I don't know, it's too, even visually, too, too just feels like it, it lost some of its personality. Uh, but, you yeah. know, whatever. Visuals are like, eh, who cares? There was like uh, a weird note I have written down here. Mm. Um, I haven't played in a while. I know they've been patching it. Techland are very good at uh, supporting their games. Yeah. Um, but when I played it, a weird part of it was the zombie physics weren't as fun and interesting as Dying Light 1. Like, mm. the bodies wouldn't flop around as well, zombies wouldn't crumble and fall as well, they wouldn't fall off buildings as well. Uh, and I remember that very, very specifically because it was my favourite part of Dying Light 1. Uh, the best part was drop-kicking enemies off buildings and all that stuff. And there's just, like, something about the zombie ragdoll physics which just were a downgrade from Dying Light 2. Hmm. And it's not a huge deal. Uh, again, I got the drop kick in Dying Light 2 and I had a great time uh, kicking zombies off of rooftops. But it's just such a... It's a weird thing for, for like an element of a physics system to be worse than a game they made seven years ago. It's the same engine and same game stuff, right? So why is like an aspect of the physics worse? That specific note, like it's such a small thing, but it like that just sort of represents, I feel like, the entire game. It's just like... There's a lot of little things like that where you're just like, this seems worse than the last game that came out almost a decade ago. Yeah, but I feel, I feel like a lot of that is due to ambition in certain areas. Like sure, sure. Combat and parkour maybe feel clunky due to, I don't know, over-ambition of how many things they wanted in it and lack of refining due to COVID, etc. But like a physics system of how it's bodies weird, fall yeah. is a strange one. Yeah. Like, isn't that just... I don't know. There was Maybe like a, just a couple of things like that. to make it more like realistic? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want it to be more realistic. No, that's... Yeah, Not that's, at all. Realism's boring. Um, yeah, I do... Yeah, I think one of the things which is a bit of a disappointment for me was the weapons in this game. Y- yes, yeah. <laughs> um, Dying Light 1 has a good progression when it comes to weapons. They start off a little measly, and then as you go through the game, they start to look a bit more menacing. Um, and I think a big part of that is the mod system. In Dying Light 1, uh, you couldn't craft mods. You couldn't make them. You just had to... F- Fuck, am I wrong about that? Actually, now I'm doubting myself. I think you could craft mods in the first game. All but... I know is that they were harder to get. Right. I remember, like, I'd get a mod, I think it was called King, and it would give, like, more durability, more power, and it was expensive and rare, and I would, mm. like, probably think about which weapon I was going to place it on. And I feel like I have more memories of my special weapons in Dying Light 1. Not the DLC weapons, just the vanilla weapons. And them getting more powerful and me being attached to these powerful weapons than I did in Dying Light 2. I felt like I had such a large range of weapons in Dying Light 2 at all times. And that I could apply these crazy fire, lightning, frost mods whenever I wanted. And every weapon just kind of felt the same. Because I... I just made them all lightning and fire and have a smash thing. And that stuff's fun. I like lightning weapons, but it felt so accessible to every weapon from like the first couple of hours. And nothing really felt special. Like I have memories of getting like a big hammer and dying like one and finally being able to apply fire to it. 
and being like, oh, fucking hell, I've got a fire hammer. I hope this uh, thing lasts forever. And then I had like six of them in Dying Light 2, and I don't really remember like an individual weapon in Dying Light 2 and being like, this is my weapon. I'm so excited that I found this. Because you can just buff every shitty weapon to be pretty good. Yeah. And, and you don't have the interest in the insane grind required to upgrade all the other mods. So you yeah. just put points into the two you mentioned are the exact same two I use, Fire and Lightning. Yeah. Uh, and you just slap that on every single weapon. Yeah, that, that sort of summarizes like my entire spiel I was about to go on with regards to everything related to the gameplay. is just like three hours into the game, I feel like... I was I was done. Like I had everything mm-hmm. uh not skills because they really drip the skills out to you slowly, but um the weapons never got interesting. They were just like it's just I had a a hatchet with fire and lightning on it like 4 hours in and I would just swap it out for, you know, the next higher level thing which I'd just buy at a merchant as well because I I don't think I ever found a single piece of interesting loot. Um it's actually and a little that... regressive because they took out guns, which I'm not like against them taking out guns. They have yeah. a crossbow and a bow, which are kind of fun to use, but I feel like it's a little weird to offer less stuff in a sequel. Like... Yeah, the guns had an interesting, you know, push-pull with the, the sound attracting more of them, but yeah. they have high damage. Um, but yeah, just the, the lack of fun weapons... Uh, it it really has a lot of trickle down because there's not really any side activities in this game in a weird way uh in the sense that like everything is basically just like here's a dark hollow or a military convoy and a you can't clear them off your map because they never go away they they just refresh which is fucking annoying it is um, yeah. but b all you get from them are weapons and in my case, I like I did two or th- I think I did two militaries and one dark hollow, yeah. and didn't find a single interesting thing there. And so I never touched any of them ever again because I would just every five hours go to the vendor in town and buy a weapon that was like forty damage points higher than the one I was using. Yeah, and just, you have so much money as well. And you, yeah, and so when you stop doing the two main activities that are on the map, you're just left doing. Um, the, the, whatever the hell, the, the, like, quarantine zone thing to get, yeah, uh... there's, like, a million parkour challenges as well. And parkour challenges, which, like, I don't hate them. Yeah, um, right. Okay. And, and then all you're left is, like, with story stuff, which is, like, I don't give a fuck about the story stuff. And yeah. there's so much of it, which, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about it, maybe we yeah, won't. Yeah, we know. will, we will. But, um, it's amazing how much just the weapon thing trickles down to impact like every aspect of the game. Well, yeah, because it's supposed to be an RPG, you know? It's a loot game. Like, yeah. th- there's so much loot in the game. Uh, and none of it matters because it's all strong. And in my case, on normal, uh, it really doesn't matter because the combat is brain dead easy. Like, yeah. it's just, I, I, you know, you were talking about skills and stuff. Like, I didn't use any skills in combat. I would because I just walk up and go slice, slice, and the thing was dead. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know every now and then I would drop kick someone just because it, it's funny, uh, especially drop kicking humans off of rooftops. But like, none of the weapons and skills matter because the thing you have, whatever it is, is more than strong enough to just easily slice everything in half. 
and it just starts to cause like this weird ripple effect where every hour that passes feels exactly the same and that's why when i got to the city i gave it five hours and then and then i just stopped because i was like uh, like i don't care anymore um, i like how the game uh, starts with one skill and it's the weirdest skill in the entire game where you like walk up a human and jump off of their shoulders into another person do you remember that it's the very first skill you get is it really yeah you get like in the opening combat tutorial and you like walk up them and jump oh, off their yeah. shoulders and drop kick someone else it's so it's like the first oh, yes. skill in the game it's so weird yeah, i never used it <laughs> <laughs> i did a few times and it made me laugh because it's janky I, again like this game made me giggle consistently but mostly because right. it's just like a st strange game at times it really is, and and the way they um, let you progress through the skill tree is extremely odd as well. I remember messaging you, I was like eight hours into the game, and I think I messaged you saying, I don't have the ability to slide, yeah. but I can wall run and... Uh, jump off of things like i had end game skills before i had unlocked the ability to slide it is really and, deep into the skill tree i'm not sure why and it's just so bizarre and again <laughs> like that it's a hours. sequel <laughs> yeah exactly like it it's a sequel and it takes 20 yeah. hours to unlock the ability to slide which... because the problem is is you have like one skill point at a time and there's always yeah. something that sounds more like fruity and exciting than a slide so you go for exactly. everything else like me i'm just like clicking i didn't even really mean to i was just Upgrade. I was just buying the skills that sounded like things I would use, and they were. And then before I knew it, I had wall running, like Titanfall. Yeah. All the like, do you and, want a ground pound or do you want to slide? It's like, well, I want to. I'm going to get the ground pound, man. I'm yeah, and it's like, slide. but wait, I still can't slide under all these half walls. It's really annoying. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a such a weird game. It is yeah, so it is. bizarre. Like pretty much every part of it just feels like kind of a mess it was a, a little it, like it was made by a b tier uh b team at the company or it was made by someone else who's imitating dying light yeah it's very very odd it's yeah just a or a giant expansion to the first game i don't know it's except a, it's like doesn't add anything new like the following no, was really. a great expansion because it, it's you get you a know, car like, you can upgrade it it's sick you get a fucking car yeah yeah and there's not that's not in the game right there's not there's no car in yeah. dying light 2 no what? or guns like what like or guns or uh you know you get the the paragliders like the one new thing right yeah like, pretty much yeah yeah and you know it's it's cool it's yeah, useful it's cool. but also if you had given that to me like at hour 4 and then and then had like six other cool crazy things that you could get yeah um yeah i it's and then they then they crammed in like eight thousand fucking hours of dialogue and story stuff into this game and it's oh my god i was so yeah, exhausted we should, we should leave that for the end okay okay yeah um i'll just quickly list off that there's an armor system in the game now and it's it's like one of those oh, dog so shit confusing. things which i hate where every armor piece has a list of 12 things and it's like add three percent to your critical hit yeah. chance and it's like i'm not struggling at all because my weapons are powerful no. so i'm not going to read any of this i would just like put on whatever had the most defense and ignore the 17 attributes on each piece of armor because i'm not going to read all this shit especially if it says like two and three percent exactly like these small percentages are are so uninteresting in games like i yeah this is a bit of a tangent but like i am dabbling with tiny tina's wonderland right now mm -hmm. and it's the same fucking borderlands ass dumb shit skill system 
that they've had for 15 years where it's like, you get plus 3% shield capacity with your skill point that you just earned. And it's like, this is not satisfying. And and I don't care. And that's the same with Dying Light, where it's like, here, like you said, plus 2% stealth, plus 1% parkour XP, plus this, plus that. And it's like, it's like sub 5%. Who gives a shit? Maybe, again, because both of these games, Borderlands and Dying Light, have this kind of weird yeah. presence where they're also designed for these fans who want to play it for 500 to 1,000 hours. Right. And maybe that's interfering with the majority of people who probably just want to play it and see the credits and move on. Maybe majority is not right, but I, I, it's got to be right. Like It's got to be a small, so passionate weird, group yeah. that play these games for like 500 hours. Yeah, and I, I don't know what you would do in Dying Light for five hundred Dying Light Two for for they just grind like it's hours. you know like Borderlands you just do the same shit and just keep getting stronger. They like the I core guess. of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I I don't know why. Yeah, skill trees need to be much more interesting than they are currently, and in, in I would say ninety percent of games, or just don't put one in. I would say. The skill tree in Dying Light 2 is pretty good when it comes to the unlockable unique skills. I know you didn't maybe use them as much, but I mess around with a lot of them. Yeah. And I, th- I think they're fun. There's some really, like, dumb or wacky stuff in there. You can, like, jump off of zombies, stamp them in the head, push them off of buildings. Uh, again, it's been two months, so I can't remember all the specifics, but I definitely unlocked a couple of things and just found them to be really goofy and funny. I do agree, yeah. There, there are some good things in the skill tree. It's just that, like... It takes so long to get them. Oh, That's does, really yeah. the main thing. Is is there might be maybe thirty or forty percent of the skills are actually fun and and goofy, and then sixty or seventy percent of them are just like I don't care. I, I'm just buying points because I have them. Uh, yeah. That's I more mean, what that's, I that's mean. That's every just, game, kind of. I'll say. I know, and that's what I mean. It's just like I I want. Let's just go fucking crazy guys come on it's a video game who gives a shit (laughs) it's a single player game uh and this comes up again in horizon it's just like i like okay there's a lot of cool skills here but also the other half of them i never touched let me let me do some crazy shit it doesn't matter because it's a single player game who cares let's just go crazy and have some fun and especially dying light like because it's so unrealistic and dumb. Yeah. Uh, like, let's just put all the fun, crazy skills. Let's put all those at the top, and then let's come up with even dumber skills for the bottom yeah. half of the skill tree. Because that would be it, a great it, time. Honestly, it does get there at the end. You really yeah. do get to a place where you're doing some really wonky shit. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a, a jump near the end where you can jump and just turn 90 degrees, 180 oh. degrees in the air and go in the opposite direction. Your momentum just, like, flips a switch. Yeah, I got that. I never, I didn't really use it, but I did get that. And it's like... It makes, like, yeah. no logical physics sense, sense, but they're just not worried about it making right. sense. I mean, this is the game that, as a passive thing, that this is, just exists in both games. You can just fall from any height and land on a car. Yeah. And you're fine. And it's like... Well, that's not how physics works, but who cares? It's fun. And yeah, yeah, I I just wish that they had leaned more into that and then just found more interesting. Like if they had made the loot more interesting and then just made me want to actually use the tools more, it would have been. Yeah, uh, I think for me, that's more the issue. I feel like the spirit and the heart of Dying Light is still in Dying Light 2. And it still has those really great moments of silliness and schlock. 
Um, but it just doesn't push its own ideas, really. Yeah. And it yeah. takes its fucking time to get there as well. Exactly, yeah. That's that's really what it boils down to for me. Is like I, I look at Dying Light 2 and I think this has the potential to be something that I could really like. And I, oh, yeah, I feel like sure. in two years with updates and mods, like I might replay it and have a great time because it, it needs it needs to both get dumber and also get more serious in like two sort of diverging paths because there's the whole nighttime aspect which they changed up substantially here as well Mm -hmm. uh and made it completely meaningless night doesn't matter at all anymore and the first game it was you would get two xp double xp which happens here as well but the xp gains are so tiny and the, the requirements to level up are so massive into that the double xp doesn't matter but then also the first game, you know, you, there were the volatiles everywhere and they were, f- they were, you know, yeah. a, they were a threat. And the way they lit the nighttime and the way the flashlight was essential was, I love when a game gets extremely dark and hard to see. And I love when a flashlight is needed. I know, you know, I know we don't necessarily agree on that, but it's something <laughs> that I love. Yeah. I love when I can't see shit and have to turn a flashlight on. And Dying Light is so good at that. And then Dying Light 2, I'm just... It's like, oh no, night's coming. And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to keep running around on the rooftops. I can see everything perfectly. Uh, there's like these, like, blower, boomer, whatever the, sh- what are they called? That they're just on the ground that, that will scream at you and call a horde. But it's like, that doesn't matter. I'm never on the ground in the nighttime because you don't yeah. need to be. And there's just zero tension anymore when night comes. And, and that's that's what I mean when it's like, I also want them to get more serious because... If there's a mod where it's like nighttime is fucking horrifying again, then that makes it much more interesting to me because then in the daytime, it's like this dumb, goofy thing and then night falls and you're like, oh shit, time to buckle up. Uh, What am I going to do here? That was what I liked so much about the first game was that flip between day and night and uh, it's just it's just completely gone here it's just yeah i'd agree there isn't any tension with the nighttime stuff i think i got i think i got got in the nighttime when it comes to the volatiles chasing you down i think twice in almost 50 hours are there volatiles at night i I... yeah you get screeched at and it says chase started and that's when it's like a gta wanted level right yeah and then maybe it has to get to like a certain level before volatiles appear yeah Actually, I think when I got got, it was when we were doing Mythbusters and we were messing around. Oh, interesting. I'm not actually sure if it happened naturally while playing the game. I think I, days, I, you know. I think I set off the um, the screechers, you know, maybe two or three times, and I was just like, okay, whatever. I just kept running to where I was going, and and then nothing happened. Um, do, you know, do you know one thing which is a little wasted because I kind of liked the idea of it. I like the idea of the gameplay mechanic where if you're in the dark, you have a timer before you like go insane and get infected. But again, the economy for all that stuff is so broken that you never have to think about it because you have so many items that can just pump that timer up. I think I did some maths mm. and I was like, I went into my inventory and I counted whatever the items are called. I can't remember. I like counted on the calculator how much time I could actually just stand in the dark in real time. And it was like four hours oh, real fuck. time because of how many items I just picked up while playing the game. Yeah, I did not like that system. I, I don't know, it's kind of tense, especially like in the early game, you have to pick up the blue mushrooms. You're like, what the fuck I, are these mushrooms? Yeah. I, did, I, I don't like tension from just like a meter on the screen. I, I f- it, just, it just was obnoxious to me. It was just like this 
another thing that I just yeah, had but to, like, it was cycle through. That and... made the nighttime feel, I don't know, risky yeah, but and dangerous. Again, like you said, by like hour four, it's like, oh, I don't care. Uh, yeah. I have 85 of these like purple tier immunity boosters. I don't even know where they're coming from, but I, I've got them. Yeah. And yeah, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I think I saw one volatile in the entire game and it was in a story mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy to me. Like I, I, I thought when I got to the city that nighttime would get like way more serious business because that, it would make sense. It's just, Maybe there not isn't, from... Yeah, there's no variance really in the zombie design in this game either. There's one no. zombie that has like the claws coming out of his back, but he's not really challenging. He's a boss fight in one of those. Little oh yeah, the side boss. Thing. Yeah, yeah. He's just relegated to a side activity. He's not. Yeah, every, it's just regular zombies, and and one of them sometimes jumps up on on the other zombies there's that one type of zombie that i don't know what he's doing where he jumps around uh but yeah that's it. like, the, like the jockey from left for dead right yeah and the big boys are there and it's like who cares again just... you hit them and then you dash back and you do that over and over the yeah, same yeah. thing you did in dying light one yeah i think there's a boomer i don't think there was a boomer in the first one but i, I don't know again yeah but like, like again i mean the boomer i mean jesus christ it's like Left 4 Dead came out in 2008. Like, I feel like they, on, um, they miss an opportunity where, uh, this is minor spoilers, but I'm sure you got to the mission where you are like kind of turning into a viral yourself and you can go wild and slap the shit out oh, of yeah, people. Yeah. That was like fun and goofy, but it was just stuck in these scripted story moments. Like, why not tie that as like an alt? You know, you Put like that in there's a skill tree that you level up, yeah. Yeah, and, and, but and it takes like a long time... Yeah. To like charge it up, and you can use it like once every thirty minutes. And maybe cool. maybe you could get more of that meter filled when you're in the nighttime, going yeah. crazy. And then and then if you let yourself go really close to crazy, then you're like really building up the meter quickly, and then and you, you start can, to lose you know. control of the game, and you just yeah. like, ah, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of new ideas within here. No, it, it's very yeah, safe, it, but in a way that's bit, was just like rough at the same time. It's a very I know we're not quite wrapping up, but it it was a very disappointing, frustrating experience because it is like there are a lot of parts about it that are almost there. Yeah. But there's just so much about it that is just like a huge step back from a game that was really cool. I um, will agree and say I'm disappointed by Dying Light 2. I, yeah. I think I liked it more than you. Uh, it sounds like a conclusion, but we do have a few more things to talk about. But while we're here, I liked the game. I had fun. Uh, I still think the general gameplay loop of parkour, kicking someone off a roof, chopping a zombie's head off, uh, looting, I still think there's some charm there, and I still think the game has a certain spark and magic to it. But yeah, everything we've just said stands, and it just, I don't know, I think they, I don't want to talk about advertising or that stuff, because whatever, that's a whole industry Mm -hmm. in itself, but... It just looks like something more progressive for the core format, and it was just, I don't know, another one, but a little worse, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, they, they spent a lot of time talking up their story stuff, um, and then, obviously, if, if you pay attention to the behind-the-scenes, all of that shit got pulled out because the main narrative writer was a sex pest and all this shit. Right, and like, right. And, you know, so, like, if they had nailed... If like I'm I'm on board with them being like okay the sequel we're gonna do more or less the same gameplay stuff but we're really gonna like try and do like some crazy story shit in terms of branching narrative and like good RPG storytelling like 
if they had nailed that stuff, I think that would be I would be interested in that uh, yeah. because I like story stuff in game. But the the result is just like it's the same game again, but with a fuckload of story content in it, and all of the story stuff sucks so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It's the most exhausting story. I content stuff I, I think I've ever experienced, and I gave it. I was pretty good. I gave it like 15 hours where I was listening to all the cutscenes. And then at a certain point, I just started spamming the skip button because I could not care less about anything anyone said in this game. And it's so overwritten. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, the story is uh, terrible. (laughs) It's absolutely terrible. I can't believe how bad it is. It is atrocious. I watched you finish. I watched the end of. I watched you finish that, and it was it was shocking. I can't believe how bad the story is in this game. It's it's a zombie game, man. Just the original game was very simple. Actually, I like the original game. It had like one Chekhov's gun, where I think it was Crane. Carl Crane was undercover, kind of, and he right. was like slowly, almost like in an Avatar Pocahontas way. He was slowly starting to join the locals rather than working for the whatever government thing he was doing. Yeah. And then there was a simple threat that the city was going to be nuked and you had to stop it. it. It was simple and straightforward, and I liked it. There were stakes. Yeah. But Dying Light 2 tries to string you along with this, like, idea of you finding your sister, but you don't know who she is, you don't know who your character is, so you have no ties to her or cares for her. Or even the main guy, I can't remember the guy's, Aiden, Aiden something. I don't know. But then that isn't a focus for the majority. You're just doing these small, like, like political melodrama things where there's different factions fighting against each other. And again, that could be done well in zombie oh, yeah. uh, movies, TV shows, and games. Like little political faction things going on in a post-apocalyptic world. But it's weird when you've been in a city for two days and the main character is pretending like he really gives a shit about all this stuff and people's moral compass while you are killing hundreds of people. It's just so, so messy. And then it it comes together at the end in a horrible fashion. Nothing makes sense. Uh, It was really bad. Really bad. And I felt kind of bad because... I think a lot of the voice actors in this game uh, really gave it a good shot. Uh, I liked a lot of the characters in this game. I think the performances are good and everyone feels like they're giving it their best. Um, But the stuff they're saying is just, like, not interesting. Yeah. And there's also just weird clashes of tones. Uh, The main story takes itself very seriously. Some of the side quests take itself really seriously, but then some of the side quests are really goofy in a way that I enjoyed and thought was funny. But it doesn't, like, gel together at any point. It's just... It's the worst part of the game by a million miles. It might be the worst story, narrative, and writing I've seen in quite a while. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not good. Probably since Mass Effect Andromeda, for me, it's like, there's just so many scenes where you're like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, what yeah. is happening? What are you talking about? What are these lines of dialogue you're saying? And And, oh my god, everything that everyone says takes so long. It's like, to say one sentence to move the plot along takes people 15 sentences to say, uh, and... Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, yeah, the, like, I don't remember much of anything from the first game story-wise, but I remember the premise and the ideas being good. Like, it was a city that had a zombie outbreak when the Olympics were on. Yeah. And it's like... 
that's a fucking great idea. Mm-hmm. Like, not only does it write off, like, you can explain away, like, the zo- some of the zombies are really fast runners, probably because, like, they're fucking Olympic <laughs> athletes, you know? That's a fun idea, yeah. But also, you have all these interesting... I do remember some of the side stories from the first game where they're like, uh, the Olympics were here, and, and the, you know, the Olympics really suck when, you're, when you live in the city that the Olympics come to, and also, like weird stories of athletes coming in and and that everyone's trapped like you said and there's the threat of the nukes and there's good ideas in the first game and i don't remember anything about the second game story oh my god it's so confusing dude yeah i don't even know where it takes place uh i mean it's a fictional city but like i remember haran and it's like turkey sort of you know and you're uh, like but this game it's just like i don't know i have no idea and and the, you know they they try to have paint this much larger world, but it, it just it just doesn't work at all. There's like again in some of the side quests, there's moments of levity, there's some fun, laugh out loud moments, but it's so like sporadic and random. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to like say something. There's just some weird moments in this game. Oh yeah, really weird moments where it takes like a dark turn in a way which it doesn't earn. And then the ending is just a disaster. At least the ending I got. This is going to be maybe a hot take. <laughs> this might be unpopular. Uh-huh. Because uh, I think people might disagree, but I don't really like or care when a game has a splitting narrative. Um, mm. It doesn't do anything for me. I actually sometimes uh, get a little bit of FOMO. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I want to, like, Google which direction to go in because I want to, like, get the most out of my one playthrough. Do I even think I'm going to play this game twice? And then you get an ending, and then you just go on YouTube and watch the other two endings anyway, and it's just... I don't know. I just don't get anything out of it, and it means that they have to put, like, twice as much resources and there's quests I just don't get to play because I don't like, I don't want to play Dying Light 2 two or three times. I don't want to, like, do all the different things, so I just miss out on content. And I don't know, I don't really get much out of splitting narratives. I think it's cool when you have different experiences in a video game from another person who played it. But it doesn't have to be a story. It can be just like a sandbox and you progressed and did things in a different route. Rather than they made four different cutscenes and I got to see one of them and I missed out. Like our paths through Horizon will have probably been very different from each other. But it's an A to B to C story. Yeah. Uh, And I actually think that... For the most part, I think a lot of developers have more or less abandoned the splitting narrative stuff because mm-hmm. of exactly what you said. The resources required are obscene. It's way harder to tell a good story. Yeah. And no one really gives a shit. And you run the risk of things not gelling together in a way that feels natural. Right. Because yeah. my story did not. Let me tell you that. Oh my god, no. It would look... Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I'm just going to spoil it because the story in this game sucks ass. So what happened for me is I'm pretty sure I rescued my sister at the end of the game. Yeah. And then it transitions into a cutscene where I'm leaving the city on my own, on my own. And then that character whose name I can't remember joins. He's from the beginning. He's in all the trailers. I like him. He's a good character. Hakan? Hakan? Hakim? I don't know. Something like that. that. Yeah. He joins me and he's like, we're going to go do something. And my sister's just not mentioned again. Right. So, so it feels like I got like the wrong ending cutscene compared to the ending I got. It's like we're playing a Dark Pictures game. <laughs> it does. And it just felt so stupid. Because I was like, where's my sister? Did she die? I thought, I thought we rescued her. Wasn't that the whole point of the game? 
And I think like I, I sent you a message like a week later, there was a patch that said like, we've made changes so that some of the endings make more sense. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, it could be COVID stuff. Maybe if you played this game in two years, uh, it would be a much better product because again, like we said, Teclan's very good at support. Yes. Uh, if you haven't played Dying Light 2, I would recommend waiting for another year. Oh yeah, at least. Be- because these games, I mean, they're janky from day one. So it's not like time's going to pass. It's going to be, oh, this game aged badly. It's kind of the charm of these games. They've always been a little rough around the edges, uh, but not to the point where they don't make sense and they're like clumsy and ugly to play. So yeah. I would recommend if you haven't played Dying Light 2, just to wait because it's in a rough state. Um, I don't think I have much more to say. Overall, I would say I still had fun because the core charms of the game are there for me. The core gameplay loop is still there. But from a sequel perspective, I think it is disappointing. I agree, uh, yeah. I expected more... Um, yeah, I don't know we what were, else to we say. Were hype. We were looking forward to Dying Light 2. I know, man. I love Dying Light. Uh, I, I, know, I still like the IP and the franchise, but 2 is just... I expected more. I expected more. I, definitely, yeah. I will go on a mild tangent that will transition sure. us out of Dying Light and into Horizon. Okay. Um, Dying Light 2 is kind of like the last like straw in a way for me i felt at the time because in the sense of i am so fucking tired of games being unfinished Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we we came off of the fall season with battlefield and halo right and you know that comes like eight months after cyberpunk and you know and i get it covid is a fucking nightmare. I can't yeah. imagine how hard it is. Like, games are so hard to make when everything's flowing perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, big sympathy to everyone making games and big shout out to everyone shipping games because, you know, throughout the pandemic, there were some, there's been some pretty good games over the last couple of years. So good on them. But um, the, the like quadruple whammy uh, in the last basically year of Cyberpunk comes out and it's like, well, there's a lot of good here, but in three years, it'll be way better. And then mm-hmm. Battlefield comes out and you're like, well, maybe in three years, the next Battlefield will be better. Um, I don't know if they can Just say that. Just not talk about Battlefield. And then Halo comes out and you're like, well, maybe in three years or five, uh, it'll be good. And then Dying Light comes out and it's like, well, maybe in two years, this will be something I like. And then there was like the added part of like, oh my God, I'm so over open world games that are this sort of style and dying light 2 is like oh god i actually i literally was thinking once or twice like i don't know if i am capable of enjoying horizon after Mm -hmm. dying light 2 because i was like i don't think i like open world games anymore yeah (laughs) and um so it was just sort of like a bunch of just like uh, me, I don't know, being feeling bad about the games industry that sort of came to a head with Dying Light 2 in a way where I was just like, I got to stop playing this because I'm just bummed. Yeah. I'm just going to move on. Yeah, you didn't miss a whole lot, dude. I think you saw everything. I saw almost everything almost in that game everything. anyways. Yeah, like, I, you know, I could have done maybe six or eight more hours of the main quest and beaten it. Uh, yeah. But I, <laughs> no thank you. I will go back to Dying Light 2. Uh, I'm sure there will be expansions or mm-hmm. whatever. 
Oh, yeah. And they, they already said updates. they're going to support it for five years, so... Yeah, I'm going to go back to Dying Light 2 because I still like the soul of that game. And Me too, yeah. I want to see it in its fully finished state and see what they add to it in the future. But uh, the initial offering is... Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, could, I can see myself going back to it as well in a few years, along with many other games... Yeah. Or I'll just never play any of them ever again because who cares and play new, better things. Maybe, hopefully. Yeah, who cares is a good option. Yeah. Who yeah. cares? Okay. Oh my god, dude. The list of stuff I have for Forbidden West is fucking stupid. Yeah, I have a fair number of notes as well. Oh my god, I have so much. Um, okay. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, so Horizon Zero Dawn was one of mine, or maybe I should say our favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were very excited about Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, this is a little, this is going to be a complicated review for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes, I'm just going to start off swinging here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think Horizon Forbidden West is the best game ever made, mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't think that at all. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, interesting. I think we might. I don't know. I'll be curious where we agree and disagree. Yeah, I'll me say too. this as as my transition from my depression of Dying Light to <laughs> yeah, Horizon Forbidden West. I was obviously extremely excited for, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say... The last two years have been very long and exhausting. And Forbidden West felt like the first... I don't know. The first, like... Oh, I'm actually enjoying something again. Oh, yeah. uh, it was... Oh, it's so depressing to say out loud. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, no. You don't even have to say it. Forbidden West is probably like the... The happiest I've felt in like two years. <laughs> I will say, but also I have many, I have many constructive, caring criticisms. Yes, that I hope yeah. someone at Gorilla, at some point, writes down, or maybe they already did because there are a lot of smart people there. They probably know mm-hmm. um, that yeah. we'll we'll get into. But um, yes, yeah, I, I was very happy playing this video game. Oh my god, the the first f- 10 hours of this game are euphoric because I would say the daunt, the opening chunk of this game is borderline perfect. It flows perfectly, it's the perfect size, it looks incredible, the side activities are minimal and paced really well. Um, And th- some areas are not so well paced and not as uh held not held back uh i don't know i'm trying not to spoil my thoughts here i'm trying to do this in a more let's 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 start with something let's start with the most positive thing about the game which no one can dispute which is that i think forbidden west is the best looking game ever made in the video game industry and I yeah. don't think it's even close. Yeah. And for people who have just watched videos of 
you know, the game looking all shiny and look, it's a PlayStation 5 game and the graphics are good. Uh, yeah, the graphics are absolutely unbelievable. Uh, yeah. It feels like a game which is from five years in the future. And, and it's something it is, that YouTube compression absolutely yeah, destroys. It like, is yeah. utterly mesmerizing for the entire time you're playing it, which is, it can range from 50 to 100 hours. Yeah. But it's more than that. It's like the direction of the art, the way they yes. use light at specific times and in specific locations. And I don't want to like start like listing off everything, but it goes into like character design, location design. Everything is so well thought out from an artistry point of view. Animation, detail. It is unfucking believable to look at, especially if you have the right setup for it. If you sit down in a nice comfy place, put it on the 4K TV. Jesus Christ, man. It is like a religious experience at times. And, you know, it's shallow to say, but sometimes something looking good kind of helps. Oh, yeah. Kind of helps, man. But like you said, it's not just like a graphics technical showcase, you know. Um, The first note I have written down is, in all caps, the artistry. Mm-hmm. of everything yes yeah the the landscape design and variety the just the fucking the clouds mm. the the visual density of every single thing like every rock and tree uh but then you switch into like wow look at the design of plain oh. song oh look at plain the, song never-ending variety of costume design, which is something the first game was incredible at as well. Yeah. Every single person you meet in this game has their own unique costume, and the costume speaks about them and and looks... Yeah. And it makes... It tells you about, like, what culture they're in, but also their personality, and there's... And then the animation and the cutscene animation, and oh my god. And then you have the robots walking around. And they look oh, unbelievable. And the new yeah. robots are amazingly cool. Yeah. And then you have the music. Oh, my oh, God. The, the music, music is so yeah. fucking it's good. So Every good. piece of music is so good. Yeah. And everything sounds amazing. There, There is so much ambient, natural noise in this game. It's crazy. If you just stop and stand still and listen for a few minutes, uh, the like, it just goes on and on. Uh, in a way that is hard to grasp without playing it because it's sort of got like the cyberpunk witcher sort of thing where it's like, you know, okay, I can show you my five minute beauty video and be like, yeah, that's a good looking game. I can show people it in real, you know, on the TV. I can be like, look guys, look at what games look like nowadays. And everyone goes, holy shit. Mm -hmm. But what you don't understand is you can play it for a hundred hours and see new things all the way through, see new little areas, talk to new people. And every cutscene is like meticulously animated. Every area feels unique. The like v- infinite variety of time of day and weather and place combinations. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to grasp when it's on a scope that's like that. That is like The Witcher, where it's just like, or or Cyberpunk we talked about last year, where it's just like every square inch of it in every aspect is kind of mind-bogglingly well produced yeah. in terms of the visuals and the art and the animation and the music. Uh, the, they're 
out of their fucking minds at yeah. Gorilla. <laughs> I think like any category which you could put under <clears throat> just artistry, music, yes. visuals, well design, uh, like even like the thought behind how towns function and how cultures would evolve in different directions. Gorilla is the best in the world at it now. They are firing on cylinders which no one else can reach. Uh, I used to think it was Naughty Dog, but they look like children now compared to what oh, Gorilla yeah. can do. They, they look like they're from like 10 years in the future compared to the next people who are in second place. Yeah, It's just everyone who worked on this game is doing the best work of their life, and they're doing it like this is the last game they will ever make. Right, um, yeah. You know, we're going to get into other things. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when it comes to a technical display of video game artistry, this is like a magnum opus piece so far, I would say. Yeah, and, it, and, it's, and it's, there's like a level of imagination that mm -hmm. is really obnoxious because everything <laughs> else seems so lame after. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And even like, I was gonna, uh, I don't know, even like Elden Ring is just like, there's some good, weird, dumb fucking shit Ooh, in Elden you're, Ring. You're, you're treading on dangerous ground But like, here, there's man. still like this like level of like, it's a dragon, yeah. you know? But then they're, then they're just like, in Horizon, it's just, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. They just, they just go for it. And yeah. they just, it's like no idea is rejected. And it does, it comes, it's not in, incoherent. It, it feels like, the absolute end game area or even the cultures that are perhaps not immediately located near where we start the game let's say without spoiling things uh everything feels like it's it exists in the same universe in a way that is uh, really really amazing yeah uh, there's so much like thought and respect given to every faction and part of the world yeah more so than zero dawn i would say I oh, like absolutely, 100%. Zero yeah. Dawn still has really great world building, but I would say that some of the factions in Zero Dawn still can maybe be kind of bookshelved into some kind of fantasy stereotypes. I know it's not fantasy, yeah. it's sci-fi, but, you know... Well, the, it's still fantasy as well, yeah. You know, there's the clan of people who just drink beer, and it's like, oh, these are the dwarfs in this world kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. And then there's, like, the, the you know, the Nora, who are the... the nature lovers the yeah. elfish sort of yeah and then the, like the karja the are the warrior race and you're like okay yeah but all the factions in forbidden west are so thought out and interesting and their customs are fascinating and some of them their history is like it not only is it fascinating you look at it and you're kind of like this is a weird thing for a culture to spring up around i get yeah. it but it's kind of fucking weird in a oh, way yeah. that makes sense uh as well um, i mean the whole nora religion was based around the door from zero dawn right yeah and, the, and the the entire the um oh my god i'm having a brain fart on their name the 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 who are the main faction in this that have their three sub factions uh oh yeah i was literally as i was saying i also forgot and i didn't oh wanna... my god I'm, <laughs> I'm this is so weird the, the, the tanakh oh, the tanakh that's it, is it the tanakh have like four sub factions or three the mountain the high, yeah the three three but and they, then the utaru and then are the utaru is a different one yeah okay the utaru are not part of the tanakh they're their own thing but like okay. the utaru have these three subdivisions of their civilization and each yeah. of them have their own interesting uh history and and 
culture and all these things. But then, like, the entire faction of the Tanakh are based on, like, old military propaganda. And you're just like, oh, Oh, this is a little awkward. Because, like, you know, us playing the game, you know, you look and you're like, this is, like, weird U.S. military... What? But... But then from their perspective, a thousand years later, they, they're like interpreting lost messages and, and they are like, oh, inspired by brave warriors. And you're like, I get it. That's this is so weird and, and fascinating. That uh, stuff and that continues to, to be everything. like God tier level writing where the influence of our world and the effect it has on a new population of people without the context of how it was used in our world. That stuff continues to be like the best thing in the entire game when it comes yes. to storytelling, I'd say. For sure. And how every faction has maybe found something different and how that has affected their way of life. Because, you know, if you were a primitive civilization or a society and you dropped one piece of technology on the ground, it would change everything of how they lived and how they looked at the world. And every faction has like a different perspective and a different angle on that novelty. And it's just, I don't know why, because it's just such a unique piece of like sci-fi writing. I I haven't read every piece of sci-fi, but for me, I haven't seen anything like this or, you know. Yeah. And yeah, oh, it's, God, it's, it's just so good. I love it. Primitive and, civilization encountering different pieces of ancient tech, and then you fast forward 600 years. Yeah. And they have all these, there's so much history going on there. And yeah, that's one of the things that I think this game does so much better than the first. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the modern day story, the present day story stuff, and factions and characters and all that is so much better than the first game. Yeah. Uh, especially just like the general sense of identity that everything has i would say yeah uh, yeah it's really 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 impressive and there are some really exciting new factions that come in near the end in terms of where they might go for a third game i would say that well there's i'm talking about the quen specifically i oh I, yeah I, uh, not the others, which we'll get into, but the uh, yeah, because the Quen felt underused. Like they just were introduced, and then I don't know. They felt yeah, that was one part which felt a little bit underutilized, or like you said, maybe it's going to be more utilized in the third game. But I think yeah, the Quen stuff so. felt a little odd to me. I will say everything else, like the Tanakh and the Utara, felt like super thorough and grounded. And then this faction that just kind of has arrived, and well, you're because, not in I their land. They're exactly. On, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that that stuff like, didn't feel as grounded to, for me. They their existence answers some some like lingering questions I had from the first game of yeah. of just like is this a worldwide world that we have or is yeah. this a North American world that we have? And I like uh, the idea and, of the Quinn a lot. Oh yes, yeah, and that's why I say like for a third game, it's probably there's probably going to be a lot of good shit with the Quinn. Mm-hmm. That would be my prediction. Um, but yes, that the the just the world of Horizon is so good. It's so that good. So it good. pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, it's still for me the best video game world that ever has been. Yeah, I know that's like you know, but I, it's too. A good. note I have it was it's the last thing I have written down, <gasps> and it's just. I can't believe, like, we had no fucking idea what we were in for with Horizon when it was announced, like, seven or eight years ago or whatever. And I just kind of can't believe, like, the course it's already taken in just two games, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, when they announced it, we we're like, ooh, dinosaur, cool, primitive, yeah, di- okay. And then, you know, just the journey of, like, oh, we're discovering the first game and it's out of its mind. And then the second game, they do so much good stuff with their world and it's just... I like when we get 
stuff like that where it's just like oh this looks neat and then it turns out to be like one of the best things ever and then yeah and you get that every like four year or five years for 10 years uh it's i want more like that please video games <laughs> uh easier said than done of course yeah uh, um, i don't know where to go to next uh maybe transition into another positive let's keep it positive sure. for a good chunk of time because dying light 2 was a little bit more on the negative side uh i think the combat system in this game is the best improved part of the game uh, I think it's absolutely exceptional this time around. Um, I think I kind of have to explain an addition because it really changes everything about how the combat system works. And that is the simple addition of detachable parts on robots and the fact that you need to detach specific parts from a robot before it dies in order to receive that part. Yeah. Because uh, the first game, I still like the combat in the first game. I literally just wrapped up my PC playthrough before I started. Forbidden West, but uh, just like with, I don't know, something like Doom, when you know the counter to one of the machines, you kind of just get out the counter, you kill the thing once you have the knowledge, and then you move on. Um, it's still fun, you're using different tools all the time, and you have to personally learn the counter to each of the machines, and each of them have a different way to take them down efficiently. But in Forbidden West, you don't really just want to murder everything this time around. You kind of turn into a bit of a hunter. You kind of skulk around in the bushes, you analyze your targets, and you look at specific elements of the machines. You will look at specific parts of the machines because you need to detach specific parts to upgrade weapons and armor, which is a fundamental part of the progression of the RPG system and getting stronger in the game. So no longer can you just be an absolute machine yourself, destroying everything in your path. You have to like think about how you're going to take these machines down. And it makes the fights like much more stressful and difficult because you mm -hmm. can't just kill these fucking things that are trying to rip your head off. Like I remember early on, one of the most aggravating things to do early in the game is to try and take the teeth out of the hippo boys. I can't remember what the hippo boys oh, are yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. The wide maws? Yes, wide maw. Yeah, they're big tusks. And the hippos early on when you're not powerful are an absolute nightmare and you're trying to hit these teeth which like half the time his mouth is shut. And that's just one example of like and you have to like huge... bait out a certain attack where he, he opens his big dumb face up for you yeah. long enough for you to shoot them. Yeah, yeah. And further into the game, there's an extra mechanic where you have to take down a machine without destroying a specific part. Oh if my you, like, god, it's so difficult. Yeah, if you burst a specific part of a machine, you don't get a attribute, not an attribute, a drop from the robot. Yeah. And it just changes the way you approach combat for the entire game. Because if you want to, you can still be an absolute lethal lady and just take down everything but you get less loot and you get less items to increase uh, the power level of your gear. So you're encouraged to like, think about the way you're going to approach the combat. And the combat was already fun in Horizon because the robots look incredible. Uh, it feels great to play. There's a good variety of weapons, but it just adds this like needed depth to the game to make it fun for like 80 hours. And yeah. for me, outside of obviously the game looking incredible uh, and better than Zero Dawn, this is the part which is the best improved uh, from the predecessor. I think the combat system in this game is just really, really good. Really clever game design and just fun to play for the entire time. Yeah, I I, I agree, definitely. The, the the combat is just, like, yeah, it's just fun all the way through. Yeah. Um, and it of the three in this video, it had the best power curve for me. Mm, yeah, um, for sure. Dying Light had none. 
uh, Elden Rings is sort of like a like a heartbeat. It's just like oh, oh, up down up down oh down yeah, down yeah. up. Anyways, but uh, I played her. I played this on hard. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> plug your ears at thirty fps. Oh. So it was it was a good challenge. Uh, I did that knowing that I like I have played through Horizon, the first game a few times and at least once, if not, I think I did. A very hard on PS4 and very hard when I played it through on the PC and it, it wasn't a problem. Um, so I went with hard and it was great because it's fucking hard. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it makes it so that the machines really feel like a threat. And that ramp up was really nice in this because I was getting my ass kicked by the burrowers and the scrappers for the first 20 hours interesting yeah and then they they introduced the little the little fucking jumpy kangaroo guys oh my <laughs> god yeah and and i like that because that's mainly what you're fighting for the first 10 15 hours and it made it so that every encounter with them was challenging but then that just applied to every machine up until about the I would say around the... It was 90 hours for me to play through the game. Mm -hmm. And I would say by about the 70-ish, 75-ish is when I had gotten to the point where I'm like, everything's just dying easily now. Yeah. Uh, But up until that point, it just followed this really nice, smooth ramp of, okay, I fought the burrowers. They're not a problem anymore. But now we've got the medium tier guys. They're kicking my ass. And then we go on to the big boys near the end game, and they're kicking my ass. And it, it just... It lets the combat system sing in that game. Harder difficulty is is the way to play Horizon, I think, because you get the the like the sort of lore side of oh the machines are a threat and they actually are challenging, but then you just get to it gets you to engage with all of their combat systems uh, at a deeper level, trying out you know focusing very heavily on elemental stuff, parts, uh, making use of your valors and your heals and mm-hmm. all these things. Uh, so I really liked the power curve in it. I will say, uh, I might, I'll probably say this line a few times throughout this. One of the things I said about when we talked about the first game that I hoped the second game would do, that's the line I will probably say a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted them to do more Monster Hunter stuff right. for their second game, and they did. They nailed it. I mean, I have never played a Monster Hunter game, but in my head, what I imagine Monster <laughs> Hunter is, is... I got to go and hunt this specific thing off this monster. Yeah. And Horizon uh, Forbidden West nails that. Yeah, that's what the, I'm saying. The part you, system. You're not yes, surviving or destroying stuff. You are hunting. Yes, exactly. And it's, it is a phenomenal addition. Absolutely. Um, it's not... The combat systems are not without issue or complaints yeah. for me. Uh, I mean, which I, I, should we stop? I'm just go into them. <laughs> well, I mean, every aspect there are going to be things of like, I love this, I want them to improve this, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. back and forth. So, combat wise, like, I agree, it's amazing, and I have so much fun playing it. And my favorite combat systems are ones that when a fight ends, I realize I've sort of been holding my breath, you know? Mm. Uh, like, Doom is so good at that, where it's just like, <gasps> Okay, I can breathe again. Oh my god! Uh, and I get that with Horizons Combat on higher difficulties because it's just like I, you know, everything clicks really nicely. But one of the downsides of the, the the harvesting parts is cool, but it's not as useful as you would as I wanted it to be. Okay. In the sense that upgrading gear is good, but it's not that useful. Yeah. I and at a certain point, 
when you want to go from purple gear to orange gear, upgrading orange gear is a mega grind. Uh, yeah. Too much. It's too, too much. And the rewards are not so worth it. I, uh, yeah, I actually got like three pieces of legendary gear and I never even equipped them because yeah. at the moment they were worse than my like four leveled up purple gear. Exactly. And I looked at the requirements and I was like, I can't be bothered. I mean, I was playing on normal as well. It's just like, why would I, you know? It, right, yeah. And even, you know, I, I did some farming near the end game where I dropped it down to normal. And just because I'm just like, ah, eh, I don't want to beat this game yet. I want to fully upgrade some of my gear. Like the spear, orange spear max leveled is pretty good. Uh, but I didn't need to. And that's something that I think would make the parts harvesting more interesting. Is just... <laughs> uh, more of a payoff for your work. More of a payoff, more upgrade, less work for the super high tier stuff. And then also maybe like, I don't know, maybe like a little more customization of the gear with mm. those parts. I, yeah, I'm not sure because cool. I, I, I remember seeing all these, you know, Monster Hunter World things of like just all the crazy gear that you can make and sort of customize. And I would be interested if they did a little bit more of that for the second game. But it is... It is a phenomenal system, um, yeah. and I'll, I'll be curious to see just even how they, if they tweak it over the next month or two, because they, they have, they've been patching this game a lot, not just, you know, bug fixes, but they have introduced a few balance changes and also one or two major new features, one in particular that I wish was there when I played the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, at a certain point, the, the hunting system is sort of just like, eh, I don't really need to engage with it anymore. Um, but yeah. it, it only hit fairly late, which is a good thing. So, um, also combat related. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they definitely have made machines a little, maybe even a little too aggro at times. They are really up in your face, close range. Well, I just finished the Frozen Wilds with the Scorchers and the Fire Claws, so everything felt like nicer compared to those assholes. Right. Yeah. And and you know, but I I, it's been maybe a year and a half since I finished my Horizon 1 PC replay, so I, I I can't remember exactly, but I did feel like things were getting close to me a little more often than I liked. Uh, and I know I could have been using a rope caster, I suppose, but... Yeah. Uh, and then, again, I, it can't be certain. I'll be curious to see how it feels on a PC, you know, uh, in a year or two. Um, but the main side effect of things getting close to you is you getting knocked on your ass... And yeah. I don't know who at Gorilla had their finger on the dial for amount of time Aloy lies there doing fucking nothing, but they turned it up by about 90% from the first game, and I hate it! Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> um, I hate being knocked over and interrupted in games so, so much. Literally, my entire Elden Ring playthrough was built around <laughs> yeah. not having that happen. Literally, I'm not yeah. fucking kidding. Um, and so there were some major and it happens you get good at dodging obviously right um, i just want to like but, interject and say that i've always found in these games in horizon i find the dodging strange because there's definitely iframes in there somewhere like you can dodge through attacks i'm pretty sure oh yeah 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 but i don't understand it because sometimes it doesn't work the way i think is gonna work or some attacks i dodge and i still get hit by them like, I, I know for a fact that like, a Stormbird will dive at me and I will dodge and, like, the AoE will not hit me. And it feels good. Right. But sometimes, like, a Ravager will just, like, swing at me and I'll dive and it will still slap me and I'll get knocked down. And 
I don't know. I just like couldn't quite figure out the rules behind Horizon's dodging, uh, and I felt that way for both games. I just couldn't yeah. quite figure out how it worked, and it results in some frustration. Yeah, and I they got rid of the long dodge from this game as well, right? Right. Because in the first game you could hold to dodge for a, roll like ten feet instead of five feet. Um, I don't know if that actually matters, but yeah, the the like the iframe window is hard to read. Yeah, even I couldn't quite figure it out. You know, I mean, I've played through the first game several times, and even 90 hours into the second game, I would still just get knocked on my ass by a lot of attacks because I'm like, I, where was the dodge? I thought I dodged that, but I didn't. And it, it's more so just the fact that she spends so much time lying on the ground and and spamming B, <laughs> and it just doesn't it just yeah. doesn't do anything. She's just yeah. lying there, and you're just like. Aloy, I got fucking things to do here. Can we move it along? Like, uh, and, and it's just, it's the most obnoxious, most frustrating thing in the world to me <laughs> yeah. in all of games of being interrupted out of an attack and then just lying on the ground like I'm having a little nap in the middle of combat. It just ruins the flow. Mm-hmm, uh, and I've, sure. I've definitely seen people complaining about that. And I would, I, I kind of hope they adjust it. Even you know, not for oh three, but God. four here. For if I this close my eyes, I can hear the sound that she makes. That one sound she makes when she gets knocked down. Oh, yeah, I can hear it. It's like stuck <laughs> in my head forever. Yeah, yeah, and and it's so that is very frustrating. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. make the combat unenjoyable. It just it just you know is a, is a frustrating thing that comes up more. And I. I it came up more in this than I ever remember in the first game, even though you definitely would get your ass knocked over a lot in the first game. But it, yeah. was, it just feels like the the dials just a little, they're a little out of whack uh, mm-hmm. for, the, for that stuff. Um, just like another positive to list off. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, this game has an amazing variety of weapons and robots. Oh, yeah. And that makes the game really fun and varied all the way through. 35, 40 robots, something like that. 30. And the, the, robots themselves, the robots themselves have variants. So there's like a change in flow. You can see a robot and think, oh, this one is vulnerable to acid attacks. Uh, when it's not, because this one is a different version of it. They're usually small changes, so it doesn't like throw you off too much. But you know, it's just a, like a small thing which makes you think a little bit. And it's great. I, it, were it is. there variants in the first game? I no, don't, I don't think so. No, they weren't. No, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's like 35, 40 robots, there's and so they're many. all they're all amazing. There are definitely you know returning favorites for yeah. sure, but uh, a lot of them are new. Oh yeah, loads. and and uh, yeah, and then the weapon variety is tremendous. And I did the usual thing of you know the first 30 hours i use this set of weapons and then the next 60 i use the other set of this other set that i sort of honed in on and Mm -hmm. and just didn't touch probably more than half of the weapon types and i know that when i replay it at some point um on a pc i'll use completely different weapons and, and it and they'll all be fun that's the thing that i discovered replaying on the pc the first game was just like oh every weapon in this game kind of rules uh, you just have to learn them. And there's also the um the addition of the what's the alt power called? Is it Valor skills? The, uh, the Valor, yeah, Valor Surge. And then each weapon also comes with like a weapon art, a special oh, yeah, skill. Right. Yeah. And it really opens up options for you to kind of make like an RPG build within Horizon. It's definitely a modest like RPG element compared to obviously something like Elden Ring or a proper RPG. Mm-hmm. But there's enough variety in there where you really 
can make it your own and depending on the robots you are facing you will tweak and change that stuff i wish you didn't have to go into the specific menus to change yeah. those things i will I mean, say you can, you can hot swap the weapon arts right with yes, the d-pad but, but the valor, the valor you have to go the skill tree which is so weird it's very annoying and there's also no way to cancel a valor surge which is weird as well mm. like i i want to be able to pop it and then you know maybe it depletes to like a 30 percent amount or something right but right i might pop it near the end of an attack and or a fight and then just kill the last thing and then i'm just running around with my valor surge active for like three minutes afterwards and it's like well that's that's yeah but there's some like really fun stuff to experiment with in there and there's a lot i didn't even use so i look forward to like my pc playthrough in two years or so and i will probably mm -hmm. play a completely different way i mostly liked triple notch and I think there was one which I only started using towards the end where like a single shot is super, super powerful. And I really yeah, enjoyed I... that with the, the, oh my God, there was like a torpedo spear art. So I would put that on, activate like the mega shot and then do a huge weapon art torpedo thing. And those fucking spears would do so much damage. It was awesome. The spears are so good. The yeah. propelled spear where it explodes midair yeah. and like air strikes the them. Oh, oh my yeah, God, it's shit. so satisfying. It's like an RPG. Yeah. Yeah, and and the uh, yeah the power shot with like the longbow or whatever is also really good, and I yeah. only realized that near the end of the game. And and yeah, there's at least two, if not three, of those quote unquote weapon arts for every weapon type in the game, yeah. which is crazy. And I, I used maybe twenty percent of them, maybe thirty yeah, percent. Yeah. Like, and the valor surges, there's two per skill tree branch, and there's five branches. There's like ten or fifteen valor surges, mm -hmm. and same thing. I, I used a couple of them. I like uh, um I like systems like that where there isn't an overwhelming amount of options, but the options you have can marry each other into different combinations, and it's more about experimenting with a combination of what you have than you know a skill tree like Dying Light Two, where you have to think of like thirty different parkour moves on the go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that stuff a lot. And I like that they just sort of leave it up to you to decide yeah. how to play. Uh, like, I think you, at some point at least, said you were using uh, traps and stealth a lot. Mm -hmm. and, oh, uh, traps are, like, crazy good. Let me tell you, I never touched any of that because, I think I said it during The Last of Us Part 2 chat, I never want to hide in tall grass ever again. <laughs> Thankfully, can, this game just kind of... running. I know, I know, I know. But I'm t I also mean, like, the stealth stuff. And it's yeah. like, well, this game... It doesn't really ever make you hide in the tall grass, which I appreciate because I'm over it. Uh, I just want to play aggro all the time. And, you know, they just say, yeah, okay, sure. Go for it, man. Whatever. Um, God, and I, yeah. I, I am glad about that. Um, I mean, we're still talking about just the combat system. Like, there's so many things in it which just make it feel good and make it varied for your entire journey. Like, I've got one small little note here where... One thing I noticed from switching between Zero Dawn and Forbidden West is that machines have way, way more weak points on them. So like, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember in uh, Zero Dawn, there would be these frustrating moments where uh, yes. a robot would have like one weak point and he'd have his like ass to you. And you're like, would you just yeah. turn the fuck around, dude? And you'd run around and he'd be turning around. But in Forbidden West, there's all these weak points. Uh, sometimes it's a little overwhelming when you like unlock a new machine and he has 20 parts on him. But the point of the design is, like, no matter where you are in the fight, there is something you can shoot at and tear off at all times. And it just makes the fight flow so much better in this game. You're never, like, looking frustrated unless, again, you're trying to get a fucking hippo's teeth out of his mouth. But apart from that, there's always something that you can specifically shoot at and aim at rather than just, like, I don't know, the body of the machine. Right, yeah. And they have the armor stuff is a lot more 
thought out here mm-hmm. I, I, where you can you can really peel armor off and reveal even more weak spots. I yeah. definitely remember like uh, Thunderjaw fights where in the first game you'd knock off the antenna, the two guns. Right. And wait, let me look at my Thunderjaw model. And then the other thing, right? And the side and, panels and to the heart. The side panels. And then you'd be out of weak points. And then there's that one in his belly. And I'm like, I'm never going to fucking hit that. I have to strip armor off. I have to get him on his back. It's yeah. never going to happen. And then you just you would just chip damage him until he died. But in this game, yeah, it's just you scan it and there are 75 yellow spots that you can work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it makes, yeah, it just makes it flow much better. The only enemy I can think of that doesn't have enough is the, uh, the fire claw and frost claws there. The fire claw, especially. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to get that sack webbing and not pop his belly, you really don't have anything to work with and it's just pure chip damage and it's not very fun. Uh, yes. But... I will say like the mechanic of don't destroy a part was definitely not as fun. I mostly would use, um, what's it called when you take over a machine overrides mm-hmm. because the fellow robots when they were fighting you you know that robot wouldn't pop any of their special whatever you call it and i would just kind of sit back and watch them like rip into this thing and then maybe finish it off with an explosive spear when i try to do it myself there'd be like sometimes moments of frustration where you would hit it by accident and you're like oh for fuck's sake i mean fighting this frost claw for like 10 minutes i just broke his stomach yep yep it's a fun it's an interesting idea. It is. Being like, it is. Don't destroy these things, but I think they just need more of those sacks per enemy, really. So it's just like you can still work with. You can still maybe pop one of them, uh, like the the um, what are they called? Like the giant alligator boys with the with the big sacks on their back. The those guys. Uh, the bellowbacks. The bellowbacks. Like the yeah. bellowbacks are good because they have the the front throat gullet thing that you can still pop yes. and, and you don't lose anything but the the, the fire claw really is and the frost claw are mainly the the two frustrating ones for me yeah it's just like their only weak spot is the giant sack and and they're it's so easy to burst it so yeah it, it was definitely a bit frustrating um i didn't um use it a whole lot but i do think melee combat is better in this game um mostly i just use a charged attack and I would smash an enemy to the ground and then kill it. And I was like, that felt, that felt good. That was satisfying. Okay, interesting. Um, I think the melee combat is fucking terrible in this game. <laughs> well, are we talking about the melee pits or just like using it in combat? Nope, just melee combat okay. in general. I think, it's, uh, I think it stinks. Uh, that was, again, one of the things from the first game that I really wanted to see them improve was the melee combat. They tried. Uh, because... They tried. And yeah, you know, when they showed the state of play, they were like, you know, showing off some new stuff. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay, if they're going to make the melee combat way more engaging, then that's cool. But I just think uh, it just is not... It does not feel good. It is not fun. Uh, the, the, like, just connecting with enemies is hard to do and doesn't feel good. The combos... Yeah, uh, combos are nah. a nightmare to pull off. The, like build up charge and then transfer it to an enemy interesting idea but it takes forever to build up the charge and then transfer it to an enemy to then hit it with a bow shot um i didn't really use the combos i liked integrating it into fights for the heavy smack on the smaller guys to knock them down ah okay like even for like the little velociraptor guys you could like hard smack those guys to the ground for a finisher and it was really helpful uh, interesting okay that yeah I um I 
it's definitely one of the major things for the game where I'm like, I really wish this was better because I, I just, I tried not to engage with it as much as possible because it just sucks. I, I just don't think it feels good mm-hmm. or is fun in any way. And I can see uh, that. I can see it. I pretty much never meleeed anything, any machine in combat. Uh, it's kind of it useful. I will say it's kind of useful. Most of the time it would just miss or do nothing or I'd be smacked back for trying to hit someone and I would be lying on the ground looking up at the sky. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was and, just like another piece of variety to mix into the flow of it, you know? Yeah. I, I think they have the potential and the 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 like in-game, you know, world stuff to make a really, really, really cool melee combat system and, and have that as an additional thing to all the weapon combat. But I uh it was it was one of the sort of three big pillars I would say that I was hoping to see improvement on in this game and uh it did not improve for me. In, <laughs> That's uh, fair. That's uh, fair. I would actually say of the main three pillars, none of them improved for me, but we'll get to that as we tr- as we traverse our way through this conversation yeah. if you if you will um and yes also the melee challenges are atrocious they're like the most oh my God, unbelievably yeah. shit thing i i don't i looked up yeah like i would read youtube comments on videos explaining how it would work and i would still not be able to do it uh it, they were baffling they're absolutely yeah. baffling I and did feel like complete one shit. and then i quit the second one because i thought it was horrible and I feel like we're going to naturally transition into this, like, there's a problem with open world games where I feel like developers feel like they have to try and do everything ever for open world games. And you have strengths and weaknesses with what you know and what you don't know. Uh, You know, we just praise the combat system mostly for, like, 30 minutes solid. Uh, You know, Guerrilla are very good at making, I don't know what you want to call this, an action bow shooter whatever yeah. rpg they're very good at it it doesn't mean that you're good at melee boss fights um, i would say that even from software can make shitty melee boss fights sometimes <laughs> oh yeah and it's all they yep. do um it's a really hard thing to get right um i think obviously the the souls genre is the thing to look at the most and i have seen i think we've all seen people that have been trying to make souls like games uh, for years, because they like what From Software does. But the more you play of those spin offs, the more you play uh, The Surge, the more you play. Uh, I, I actually haven't played a few of them. I've kind of more like watched that genre and seen other people try them. I remember, what's that one that came out a while ago called like Mortal something? I can't remember. Mortal. Yeah, I know which one you mean. Anyway, let yeah. me skip forward <laughs> to what I'm trying to say is that most of them are not very good or people don't like them very well. And it, I think it's because with melee combat, if something's like a little bit off, it hurts more than maybe like a shooter game does. If something doesn't flow right in melee combat, it feels bad. Uh, and that's going to come up even in Elden Ring chat. Let me tell you that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you are not really good at designing melee combat, I don't think you should do it. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. If also... <laughs> If you don't make racing games, you probably shouldn't god. make race. <laughs> you probably shouldn't make fucking. Fuck race- man! <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh I god. won't lie. Like, look, I love this game Me with too. all my Me heart. Too. I do. I love this game. And we'll talk about um, you know some of the like story progression stuff, but like we they introduce 
the, they introduce one of my favorite things of all times in games, which is the Normandy equivalent, aka a home base you go back to talk to, and, and we'll get we'll come back to that. But oh, the yeah. first fucking thing you do after leaving this base, that I'm like clapping like a child at, like, yay, I have a base. That's so sick. And then there's just like the first thing you do when, for me at least, I walked out the base into the grand open world that's finally opened up, and the first thing I see is. We've added racing missions to this oh video game. God. And I was like, oh, no. The races are so bad, dude. There are only like four of them. Oh, my God. Um, I did one. And the second one was so broken, I couldn't finish it. There are, I think, four of them. And there's a weird like story payoff at the end uh, with a character. Um, I did I did do all of them like a sicko. But um, uh, they are fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Terrible man. Racing missions in all open world games are bad. They sh- they're they've never been good unless it's like Burnout Paradise. But that's you no, know, it's other... another it's another genre which is actually quite hard to get right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the races in The Witcher Three is just like oh my god, they're Ugh, so shit, man. Shit, yeah. And 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 yeah, that's one of those things where it's like. The game would be better if this wasn't in here. It's a small part of it. Yes. And it's optional. It's optional. And all that, of course. But it's just like, you don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it stinks. The problem with like saying it's optional is there's so much good stuff in side quests. The characters yes. are all so good. The writing is great. Every performance... Well, 95% of the performances in this game are exceptional as well. Everyone is acting their heart out. So I kind of wanted to do everything in the game just because I want to be around the characters. I liked the setup for the racing missions as well. There's like this build up towards this expert racer who never says anything and has a mask on. And I want to see what happens, man. I don't want to go on fucking YouTube. I want to see it myself, but they sucked and I don't want to play them. I feel like <laughs> we're going to like transition <laughs> yeah. into side activities because this yeah, game yeah, is yeah. of like such a quality in certain areas that you want to do everything. So the argument of, like, it's optional is definitely valid, but certain elements of the game are so good and you just want to be in the world for as long as possible that you want to do everything. And I think a large, large amount of the side stuff in this game is just not good or interesting. I wouldn't say a lot of it I found actively frustrating. I'm going to limit that to the melee pits and the races. The majority of the stuff in this game, I just don't think is very exciting or good. Mm -hmm. And I... That it's not a very negative thing to say because, you know, having like a fine time is fine. But the problem is, is that I think when this game is firing on all cylinders, it's one of the greatest games ever made. When everything comes together in Forbidden West, when the combat is firing on all cylinders, when you're seeing these giant robots, the music is there, you're doing a side quest, a main quest that you care about with characters you care about. When it is firing on all cylinders, this game is out of its mind good. And then I would set aside a whole night. And I would play five hours of this game and I would do drones and black boxes and scavenger stuff. And it just like wasn't that fun, man. And it felt bad for the pacing when I would be like, I'm going to clear out this chunk over here. And it would just be like metal flowers, which gave me nothing I needed. And whatever the red gleam is called. And man, this game, I think, has too much stuff in it. And I think a lot of it is just not that fun. And I think it's a detriment, even if it's optional, because there's such a high quantity of it. And because when the game is at its best, it's amazing. 
And you kind of long for those moments again because of how much of the stuff I think is just a little bit meh. Not bad, just average. And this game, I just think shouldn't be average at any times because it could be exceptional at all times, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I completely understand and I would say I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pillar number two of I wish they, I wanted, I want to see them improve the side content. That was like from the first game. You're like, the side content in the first game? Meh. Yeah. Um, the side quests in this game dramatic improvement yeah, they're enormous good. They're really fantastic good. there are a lot of really fucking good side quests in yeah. this game um and that stuff is in it's just a huge leap over the first game which i don't remember any side quests from the first game at all and, mm-hmm. and if i if i you know when i replay because i will replay the first game many times uh, over the the next 20 years or whatever but like i just go through the main story like i i the side quests are not interesting so but we'll put that at later for story stuff mm-hmm. but yeah the the side activities are not, I agree, they're not terribly interesting. I would say, you know me, I like to just sort of do everything when it's a game I like. Yeah, I can be the same. And yeah, so like, I did everything. I did almost everything. I didn't do the melee pits or the races, but I did all the the fucking drones and the vantages. I fucking yeah. hate the vantages, man. I hate the vantages. Oh my god. They were... Yeah, the va- I liked the vantages in the first game, but they were not as fun in this. The vantage- for in the first game, you just go to the spot and you get the flash into the, the past. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's cool. And I like that part in Forbidden West when you see the past. But like just like walking around and like, finding being, like, the spot was oh, really finicky. God. Yeah. And the drones, you just climb a thing and wait. That's all you do in the drones. Yeah, the drone. Yeah. Ugh. What I appreciate, I will say, about all the side stuff is that they do have. And it's your complaint as well, is that they do have story hooks and rewards I for know. completing all of them in terms of story stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, like, the finale of the racing mission is weird and interesting. I bet um, it is. Yeah, I bet it is. And you meet a, an old character from the first game <sighs> who was weird and interesting. Um, and it's kind of dumb, but that's okay. That's The whole game's kind of dumb, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, like, the the reward for doing all of the major rebel outposts is like a full mission, like a loyalty yeah. mission with Erend, basically. And it I was, did do that. I did do that. And like the mission wasn't very fun because the human combat stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the story rewards were things that I, I liked and cared about. And so that sort of made me just sort of go through the motions with those activities. But I agree that they were not particularly inspiring. and. The worst one for me is, oh, I hate saying it because I was so like into the idea when it was uh, introduced okay. with, with the relic ruins, which in the first game, oh, they're the just ruins. Yeah. The ruins are just icons on the map in the first game. It's yeah. just like, here's the ruins of a city. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. But here they, they turn it into uh, like an exploration and, and puzzly sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, this is a cool way to sort of get more out of these ruined areas. Um, but unfortunately, it's a Sony game. Yeah. And they didn't get the memo. Neither did Naughty Dog, though, as we talked about. Um, that box puzzles fucking blow mm-hmm. ass. They suck shit. I, when I was doing them, I was thinking about your complaint of the oh dumpster stuff in Last of Us 2. Like, fucking Chloe in... 
uh, Lost Legacy in 2017 or whenever, 18, said, we're done with box puzzles, right? And, and Nadine was like, yeah, they suck, man. And then The Last of Us 2 came out and was like, just kidding. And this game, it's like, our innovative new thing for these side, this side activity that is kind of interesting on paper is yeah. box puzzles. And they are bad box puzzles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're I, so yeah. again, it's like you keep saying, they're they they're trying to do everything and they're not they're they're not focused on what they're really good at, which yeah. is like combat, world building, character work, that sort of stuff. Like puzzle and design is difficult. Puzzle design is very hard. Yeah. yeah. And the puzzles in this are like unintuitive. It's unclear where you're going, what you're doing. Oh my god, that and the one of the last ones in um near the destroyed San Francisco. Where it's like multi-layered in two different buildings and you're swimming in it as well. I was so confused and couldn't figure out what to do for ages. There's like an oh, elevator, yeah. there's an underwater part, there's two different buildings. Oh my god, it was a nightmare. Or the one we got to like drag that train carriage slowly with the, the wire. That one is such a pain in the ass. Oh I actually like soft-locked the one in, the, uh, in Las Vegas where you flood it. Right. Um, I flooded it and... One of the boxes like moved in a weird way, and I am it. I needed to unflood it, but I couldn't because they were both floating, and so it, I I think it was soft locked. Yeah. But me being a cheeky little climbing asshole managed to find a a very very specific little path <laughs> where I could jump glide and then land on something and not have any not like any magnetic climbing. It was just. Lucky oh, landings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I managed to exploit my way to that ornament and get it. And you know what? It felt good because doing things the wrong way in games is satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, but it is. Uh, again, it's an idea that I, I like. I like the idea of you get to actually explore these ruins, you get lore, and there's puzzles there, but the execution is just not yeah. there. And so I, I don't know what the solution is. Yeah, I don't know, because it's kind of essential for the pacing of the game, right? You don't want to be just fighting yeah. robots for 50 hours straight. You need these little detours. Yeah. But most of them weren't very good. Uh, again, it, the world is beautiful. Uh, I think at the beginning, I kind of teased the fact that, you know, the game being amazing to look at does help carry it through some of that stuff. And I would say most of it was not like, I wasn't annoyed. I wasn't like, oh, this is absolutely terrible. It was just not excellent. It's and because it's Horizon and you want everything about it to be 10 out of 10 all that, the way through. And this game can be a 10 out of 10. And it has these yeah. moments of glory. And you kind of start pining for the, that feeling again. And mm -hmm. just a large portion of the game, depending on how thorough you are, um, is just not up to its own standard within the same game. It's kind of yeah. a bit odd. Yeah, I, I do. I agree. And I think I sort of wrote off a lot of stuff when they said it's coming out on PS4. Mm -hmm. um, I think I sort of immediately when they said that, I'm like, it's just going to be the exact same game again. And in a lot of ways, it kind of is. Uh, except they, yeah. you know, they, they try, they, they expand. And I mean, they, they do improve a lot of things as we've oh, yeah. already discussed. and and. Um, but the in terms of side stuff, like when I saw all of the same things, I was I, I'm not really surprised by any of this, and I I don't know that I can blame it on PS4 because who knows? Um, and also again, two years of COVID, I don't know. It's hard to say. But um, two games now, it's like okay, the third game, I want some major 
changes to yeah a few different things and side content is one of them for sure um, it just feels this format feels old man it feels it really old it does can we just yeah. at least get rid of the fucking like question mark format i hate the question marks you climb up all this shit and it's just something you don't care about in the when you get there can you at least let me know what it is so I can ignore it. I hate the question mark stuff. What's it going to be? And it's just a metal flower with stuff you don't need. And it's like With like blue loot. And it's oh like, I don't need any God, of this shit. Dude, what yeah. a waste of my time. Yeah, I. it's a formula that works in terms of uh, player reception and sales and all these things. And so I, uh, I, We're in a post-Elden Ring world where even the normies have played that format now, so... Yeah, but I mean, like, the next Assassin's Creed is going to sell 50 million yeah, copies, right? You know, dude. like, at the end of the day, that that is sort of, like, the biggest concern about just Sony in general mm-hmm. is that, like, their games are amazing when they're... when they, Well, most of their games are all sort of very similar, but, like, yeah. when they pop off, they really pop off. Horizon, God of War, amazing, obviously. Oh, yeah. But you, I do worry that, like, this sort of homogenization is just going to continue, but it's... It sort of feels like yeah. a false worry because we're just we're, we really haven't even started this generation. Like I know, but if everything it works. is cross gen. I, I know, but that's the thing, right? So like, if it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it or whatever, right? Or if it, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, man. But I'm I'm fucking sick of it, dude. I'm I know. I am. I agree. I agree. Like I didn't like it in this game, and like the core gameplay of this game is fantastic, and it looks the yeah. best I've ever seen. And I still didn't like it in this game. So if Horizon can't carry the format, I don't want it anymore. Yeah, and that's why I say, like, I think... I, I desperately playing it, hope... like, side by side with Elden Ring. Like, oh my god, it was rough. Yeah, I desperately hope that when we get to a third game and the next God of War game afterwards as well... Granted, we... I, but I'm just sort of presuming Ragnarok is basically going to be identical to the first game, which is fine. We're in this weird transition phase. I desperately hope that three, five years from now, the open world formula is very different yeah. because this is the formula it's been since i mean you're talking about the question mark thing skyrim was like the one that really nailed that in and mm-hmm. made that was like what made the game so addicting at the time it's just like oh there's a question mark what's it gonna be what's it gonna be? and then you get like 50 meters from it and you're like oh it's a it's a dungeon i'm gonna go in yeah. um it's a formula that works but it's been so long of the same formula that I, yeah it, it does need to Go really? away in it. Yeah. I hope Ragnarok doesn't adopt it because I would say Forbidden West does it more than Zero Dawn did it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, like you said, let's just hope Sony isn't in love with it so much because when I actually played the beginning of Forbidden West, I would say the Daunt remind me of the flow of something closer to God of War. And I really like the way God of War did it. It's like a minimalized, cut down idea of that format. Mm-hmm. That is like it's sort of like a and- linear. F- focused open world yeah and, and it's like War, digestible yeah. and nice i like yes. that approach and i kind of wish forbidden west was more like that but it was very like ubified yeah for sure and uh, yeah it, it's a tricky thing because it works so well in terms of financials and reception and, and you can see the game's like 90 hours long and people love it exactly yeah good value and all that shit so yeah, yeah i i hope there are some changes in direction and 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 I also, yeah, I hope Ragnarok isn't just the same thing. And it, it Horizon, both Horizon games are the, the like oldness of their world are highlighted by the weirdo Japanese open world game that came out one week later in both yeah. games cases, you know? Yeah, so that's so weird. 
Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring both came out a week after Horizon and Forbidden West, and both of those games really do highlight like how different an open world game can flow when the handholds are taken away. Mm-hmm. And sure. um, and that was something we talked about with in our in our episode of this where we talked at this in the same episode about uh horizon one mm-hmm. and zelda yeah and i wanted them to take lessons from zelda because there is a lot of good lessons to learn from that game and from elden ring about just like let's open things up let's push things to the side let's let people like figure their own path through it um and they they definitely didn't do that here and and i i really hope they mix it up for the third game because if we have a a horizon 3 in 2025 that has that's just a ubisoft open world uh, again for sure yeah um there's one last thing we have missed by the way before we move on to maybe talk about story stuff okay yeah that one thing that isn't story yeah i I, yeah the climbing sucks dude <laughs> it's sort of related to breath of the wild yeah the climbing uh, the sucks climbing in this, game. in this game is atrocious oh my god it's so bad i hated it so <laughs> much too, man, man. and it. like i i figured you would hate it but like i you know you do you like this style of climbing more than i do i know dude um i, and I like I it hate in the it. first game because it's just like the follow the the giant yellow bars in this game, I hated they, it. Oh my god! Uh, I did not like it in the first game because it's that magnetic climbing. I just <clears> hate it so much. I've been saying for years how much I hate it. Um, and the second game, you know, I appreciate the fact that they're the system allows for them to not have big dumb yellow painted bars everywhere. It makes for a more natural I mean, looking environment. Unless but, you get the focus. Then it is just yellow bars all over a mountain. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when you're just like walking around, it's like, right. okay, you know. But um, the result is just they overcomplicate the climbing and also the magnetic climbing just still doesn't work. In fact, it's less reliable than the yeah, first Yeah, it's worse. Uh, the number of times I'm in the one position moving to the only other position you can possibly move to, and the jump fails. Yeah. And I fall down. Uh, I, that happened probably every 45 minutes yeah. for me. I, um, it's just like every single climbing puzzle, there's at least one jump that you are going to make, and it's literally the only path, and it just fails. And you just fall. And you're like, what the fuck? Oh, How a does a magnetic route? climbing... And she just magnetizes to the alternate route, which is the one you don't want to take, and literally right. no direction on the stick will make her take the other one. There was one cliff oh, I just couldn't so I just couldn't climb a cliff because because she would follow a route which led me back down. Yeah. And like no matter what I did, she always went to that route and I couldn't go up and I just gave up and left. Yeah. Both both versions of the climbing are really frustrating. The like open world uh handholds are literally everywhere. Yeah. Uh climbing stinks because yeah, you're you you'll be pushing up. And it's you know completely mindless because you're you're literally just pushing the stick forward and and I guess that counts as gameplay. Uh, I've been complaining about that for too many years. Please, Sony, for love of. But then you'll just hit a spot and she's like, "No, I'm not moving." And I I scan and there's just like yellow everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like just and and then you try to go left and she's like, "No, I'm not doing it." 
And then you try to go right. She's like, no, 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 no. And then you go down one and then she, and then it works. And you're like, okay. Or, or you'll push left and she'll like do the leaping jump like 30 feet away. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Where, where are you going? Or sometimes you'll try to use like your natural intuition and be like, oh, I'm going to climb up this mountain. But the whole thing is red. And you're like, why is this mountain red? Why can't I right. climb this thing? It looks climbable. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I appreciate, I like this about both games. You can get up into some, you can get up into a lot of places that you, that they don't, it's not that they don't intend you, well, there's no path to them. And you mm-hmm. can get up into a lot of spots that like, and I know this from filming the beauty videos, like you can, you can Skyrim your way up some mountains that oh, you're yeah. not meant to go up. And I, I like that they just let me do that and that it's all, uh, finished and traversable and there's no invisible walls and in some cases actually that was easier than actually just climbing it well yeah in some cases it was easier and in some cases there are actually like uh green green shine rewards for in some of those weird Hmm. spots which is cool that's sort of like you know the mario style thing but um yeah the climbing is abysmal and it's the more frustrating ones are the ones where you're on a linear path and there's only one way to do every jump and and she's like reaching out to make the jump and i had this happen with probably half of the drones i would i would go to jump onto the drone and she would just completely miss yeah oh and, my uh, god did you ever do the thing where um you went to get your glider out but <laughs> it's the same button to let go of a ledge uh-huh. And you'd actually like magnetize. I magnetized the drone like twice because I didn't think I was going to make it. So I was holding the get up the drone. Oh, yeah. And then I drop all the way, dude. I fucking hated the yeah. drones. Most of the time, the drones, like she would be reaching her hand out indicating the jump is good. And I would make the jump and she would just fall. And I would lose all my health and, or in some cases, <sighs> just die. The, and drone, I would just... the drones are so weird because in Zero Dawn, the tall neck activities were not good because you would just climb up and wait for the tall neck. And it was just kind of yeah. boring. And in this game, the weird thing is they made the tall necks so, so much better this time around. They're fantastic. There's still a couple of instances where you have to wait for it to, like, come around. But apart from those few instances, they're, like, super creative and unique and different. They feel like their own, like, unique missions. Same with the cauldrons, actually. Same with the cauldrons, yeah, so... But if you're going to fix something, don't just put the ship version in from the last game, because that's all the drones (laughs) are. Yeah. You just climb and wait. It's the same thing from the... Oh, it's just so weird. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. God. And that is that is something side quest related that you know we forgot to mention is that like the the cauldrons are good even though there oh, is still great. platforming in them but they're all super varied and interesting and, and again the, the visuals carry it so far because like the the intricacy yeah. is out of this world in those places and the tall necks are really good as well they're great they're, yeah they're great yeah and so it's like you have these two activities that are unique to the to the to the world and to the game mm-hmm. and they're good and they improved them a lot in this and but yeah that all the other activities just weren't improved mm-hmm. yeah um and then yeah the climbing stuff is it's again i i remember saying this after the first game like just give us like real like real ass free climbing or uh why like is from no breath one doing wild. breath of the wild why is no one doing i don't it? know it i do don't it? understand i don't understand yeah like, it um, looks a bit well, goofy at times but it works assassin's creed did adopt it um hmm. But no one wants to play that. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, everyone does. And uh, yeah, I getting around the Horizon world in both games is frustrating. I think mm-hmm. the mount. Oh, the mounts the, suck as well. By the way, the dude. mounts are a fucking pain in the ass. They sucked in the first game. They get and they stuck are, on everything. 
they get stuck on everything here. And so I just walk. I yeah, just me walk too. Everywhere too. I go. Um, it's a shame because the new mounts, I won't spoil them in case people haven't played them, but the new mounts are super cool to look at. They are. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the, the, the really new mount um, is a game changer. Yeah. But you get it like an hour before you finish the game. But I think and that makes sense because it would trivialize. Like, it, you zip around so fast on that thing. I know. But again, it's sort of like the Dying Light thing, you know, where it's just yeah. like, it's such a great addition. It's, I, del- I knew it was coming uh, because I'd been the game just, of Twitter. I had read it before the game was out, but it was from like a sketchy leak. And I was like, I don't think that's real. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, it just makes, the game makes it very clear that it's real. Because um, you get every which, single unlock except for it. And, and also like there are quests where it's like, I have no idea how to get up there. Maybe later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, you, that's sick that you're going to do that. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, great. We all we all know it's coming. Great, but and I left some quests to deliberately so that I could take advantage of it. Yeah. And I get it, you know, like you said, it would trivialize it all. But also, that would have been great because the traversal sucks, and having oh, yeah. it trivialized is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's a game changer. I'm with you. And having it for the third game is going to be a. That's that's what's exciting about the third game is like. It's like the opposite of the dying light. You're going to lose that power for sure. (laughs) No, there's no fucking way. There is no fucking way they go into the third game. And you you will be able to swim and do other things in the third game from minute one. There's no way they take it away. They are too smart for that. No way. No fucking (laughs) way. I walk. I walk away from Horizon because it makes it it makes designing the game so much more difficult when you can't control the direction the player comes from. That's good. That means they have to really change up their formula for the third game. I think they're... It's too early to talk about that. I know. I think Gorilla is smart and they know... I think they have a trajectory for their third game and and there's a lot of exciting potential for it uh, in terms of mechanics and and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, the traversal is such a nightmare. And it's like probably the biggest thing for me that I don't look for. Like when it comes to a replay, ah, I'm going to get so annoyed by the traversal so many times all yeah. over again. And it's, it's, oh, Cause everything else you can ignore. Like I wouldn't do the side exactly. again, but exactly. Yeah. Unless there's a mod that unlocks flying from the get go, yeah. which it would be kind of, kind of great, honestly. Um, Another small thing. Uh, it's really not a big deal cause you don't have to do it much, but, there was like some stealth stuff with swimming, which I was like, eh. I just wasn't really like into hiding in bushes and waiting for crocodiles to swim past. Yeah, I only feel like I had to do that a few times. Yeah. But it's just sort of like, it's the exact same thing. It's hiding in tall grass. I'm not interested. And you have uh, you can't counter it. There's no choice. You just got to kind you of... You just sit there. Yeah. Just It's a small thing. The underwater stuff it looks amazing again. Oh, God, yeah. I like, I think like just swimming underwater stuff, it feels good, which is not a small thing because underwater levels are shit. Uh, And it, it really, when you look at the map, you're like, this is a huge ass map. And then you also remember, oh, also there's all this underwater stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's cool. I, it's, it's a good addition and I like it, but underwater stealth, eh, we can do without that. Yeah. Again, I have like, we'll get some eventually, but I have like miscellaneous notes I've written down. Yeah, yeah. But um, I would say outside of story stuff that we're... I, I feel good about yeah. moving into story stuff. Yeah, Again, I have uh, some miscellaneous notes, but we can leave it to the very end. Yeah, I, I don't have any other major points uh, beside the story, I would yeah. say. Yeah. 
I think for the story, I think a good place to start, because it's an area I think for me is overwhelmingly positive, is uh, the characters. Yeah. I think it's the best part of the entire game. It almost is like a meta commentary on solo video game heroes that feel like they have to do everything on their own, which I thought was kind of clever. I'm not sure if it was trying to be meta, and it was specifically talking about Aloy trying to do everything on her own, but it kind of felt like it was addressing these open-world RPGs where you're just one guy, and you're just mm-hmm. doing everything. Uh, and again, I don't want to spoil too much about the plot, but uh, like a big thing when it comes to Aloy's character specifically is about her allowing in more help, allowing more people in to help on her journey, and not feeling like she has to carry the burden of the world on her shoulders. And I think it does that stuff really, really well. I think, I don't want to, again, I won't go into too many details, but every character gets a moment to shine. They really feel like they have their own like depth and their own personality, their own backgrounds. Uh, everything is fleshed out more. Like, Eren isn't just like the funny drunk man anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their own thing going on. There's like inner relationships between the characters. And I think they do a really good job of making Aloy more interesting. Because I, I think she's kind of flawed in certain aspects of this game. She's stubborn. And at one point, she's kind of intolerant of a character who obviously, I think, is quite hurt from their past traumas. And she's like pretty abrasive about it. And I found her like a little bit unlikable in certain aspects. And the way that comes around to a like nice conclusion, I thought, was well handled. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's probably a lot more you can say about the characters, but I'm trying to kind of skid around some things. I don't want to spoil it in case people haven't played it. But uh, every character gets their own moment. Uh, and it's just great. The, I, I don't know specifically who does the performances, but they're all wonderful. Uh, they all should be very proud of themselves because they have great chemistry. They're all unique and they do a great job. And I love the band of characters. Yeah, that's probably the biggest point for me, I would say, with the story stuff in this. is The, the first game was a story driven by the main plot. Yeah. Actually, I would say even less. The main modern day plot uh is not very interesting in the first game it's fine you're just seeking uh, out I, knowledge for most of the game really yeah there's you know like the the like karja and the 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 the, the, the evil faction yeah i can't even remember their name um, shadow karja the shadow karja yeah and they get sort of wrapped up in this as well with side stuff which was nice but um yeah the first game was very much just like i am going into the main missions and i am uh, reading diaries yeah. and, and, and that stuff is amazing. Um, but I didn't remember really much of anything with the characters from the first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aloy is just kind of, just kind of like a basic nothing character in a lot of ways. She, she, there are interesting things about her, but she, it doesn't come through so much in the first game she's a fairly stale character. Yeah. Uh, and then all the side characters I, I don't really remember from the first game. I remember... Pretty much just Erend for me. Yeah, I remember Erend, and it was because he was kind of a goofball. But, he, you know, he there was some side story stuff with yeah. him that I also remember. He's good. He's good. He's good. Um, but, like, when I started playing Forbidden West, uh, and Varl showed up, and I was like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. From, from the first... From Yeah, I think... I remember him, I think. Um, and what was interesting to me about the, f- the, the, what I found compelling about the story stuff in the second game is that it sort of transitioned from like, 
early on, I was compelled by the sort of main world plot stuff. Mm -hmm. But it switched at a certain point into just being like, I'm just here for the characters. Yeah. And that's a big surprise for me. Mm -hmm. I I did not expect it. I think you said it well about uh, everything they do with Aloy and her stubbornness and, uh, you know, solo go doing everything solo. Uh, and, and it's really the thing that stood out to me is like, it's a game about like, ah, she's yeah. Asking for help, getting the friends and family she never had. And it's like, that stuff is all really good Mm -hmm. and, uh, handled nicely. She is sort of obnoxious and frustrating at times and it's, but it's serves a purpose and it's, It it gives you character growth and uh yeah i was surprised by that switch for me because the first game is so so driven by the main plot and the early parts of this game for me were so driven by the main plot yeah and, and then the main plot kind of just starts to get really fucking stupid and i was into that as well but <laughs> not more in an ironic sort of way um but yeah that switch over at like the tw- 20 hour mark into being like we're actually going to really spend a lot of time with the characters and that that's what what mattered to me all the way through to the end was was caring about the characters uh which is a great switch um like i said they they give us the normandy equivalent of a base that you get to go back the to the base and talk is great and i only got to that 20 hours into the game like yeah. i feel like we never talked about just the the slow unraveling of this game because it is fucking gigantic mm-hmm, it is um even if you just did the main plot it it is long like a 50 and, hour game minimum probably yeah and you know i got to the base 20 22 hours in and i was like oh they're just they just finished like the prologue of this game and set up the the entire rest of the game yeah and uh it's it's a small thing having a base with all your mates at that you go back to talk to after every story mission but i love it so much yeah like and it's done as the game goes on exactly yeah i love it in this game as well i i like it in every game i liked it in guardians of the galaxy that was you know i talked about it when we did our discussion of that i was like it's got a normandy equivalent yay Mm. yeah uh but but this one is really good yeah it visually evolves there's constant unique banter between everyone and then you can after every story mission go back and spend an hour talking to everyone there was so i mean it's optional but man there's a lot of chatting and it's good. I it's liked good. it. I liked it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I went back for all of it. Absolutely. I live like that is that's the shit I like about games more than anything else, yeah. really. You know, like it's it's why The Witcher stands out so much to me. It's just like, I just want to talk to these interesting characters and, and yeah. see the and story. It, it's stuff. immersive. Like the more characters talk about yeah. recent events, the more just organic everything feels, honestly. Yeah. And yeah, that that's that's probably the highlight that is definitely the highlight of the story stuff for me is the the switch into it being more of a character driven adventure yeah uh, and i i'm the cast is great the diversity is great everyone does a great job uh all the writing is super strong and and the voice acting is tremendous and it's an, an ex, again for the third game it's an exciting it's a good gang and yes. I'm excited to see them all again, you know, and that is not something that I had with the first game whatsoever. And so good on them for sort of transitioning or, or putting a lot more focus on like, Hey, we want to build a good cast of characters. And they did, they did a really good job with that stuff. Uh, <sighs> yeah. The main, the main story stuff. I didn't mind, 
But like I said, I sort of, my brain sort of switched into being like, the early parts are fascinating because they, they address very explicitly the big lingering questions from the first game, right? Mm-hmm. About uh, Far Zenith, the Signal, the Odyssey, all these things. Yeah. They explain, they cover all that. That very stuff explicitly. is very, very exciting and very yes. cool. And it, yes, yeah. Um, and then at a certain point, it sort of starts to transition into like a big, dumb summer blockbuster. And I sort of just switched into being like, ah, okay, sure, whatever. I'm here for the characters. Let's just do it and have a good time. And I, I had a good time all the way through the main story, even though it's severely lacking compared to the first game but i also think like that's inevitable in a way because the 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 discovery part of the first game is so hard to beat it is it is hard to uh, beat i yeah uh, you go ahead i thought the main quest of this game was a little odd uh, i thought the pacing of it was strange because it felt like it was moving along at a really nice rate for like the first i don't know 40% of the game you get that big reveal, and after that you meet a new character, and it's like super exciting. And then it kind of felt like I wasn't interacting with that part of the main quest for a long, long time. I was doing side quests and character stuff, and you obviously are doing a lot of stuff with like the current political issue between the Tanakh and this uh, rebel clan, which I liked. I liked that stuff. That stuff like is better, stuff. yeah. Like That's something yeah. that is better than the first game is like the tribal stuff yeah yeah, and then i was excited for the build-up towards the end of the game and Mm -hmm. i thought the ending sucked dude (laughs) i thought the ending of this game really sucked and i was immensely disappointed by it it just how do i how do i talk about without spoiling it they set up a lot of interesting new characters in the game yeah and I, I was really into it. I was like, oh my god, I want to know all about these characters. Um, yeah. Let's just say we won't be knowing anything about any of those characters. And I still don't know really anything about those characters. I have a million questions. Yeah. I would love answered about those characters. But I'll never know, I guess. Probably I thought, not. I thought maybe Silence plan was just kind of fucking stupid. Because it just at some point doesn't make sense why he keeps Aloy in the dark at all. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense why he just doesn't tell Aloy stuff. And then, like, the new doohickey, they just pull out their ass at the end, where they're like, no, this is the new bad guy. <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking about? How is this a new I bad no guy? I have no idea. And then one of the characters is like, I want to save you, so she fights you. And it's like, why are you fighting me? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were literally, the whole thing was about Elizabeth Sobeck and that she wants to save Elizabeth Sobeck. And her whole thing was that she's going to take you off and she's going to save you. And yeah. then she fights you. It's like, it just absolutely crumbled and fell apart for me at the end. And I really expected more from Gorilla. I just thought the end was bad. I thought the end mm. was bad, dude. Like, really low tier stuff. And I was really disappointed by it. That's too bad. I was yeah, really like, disappointed by it. It, like, it kind of made me less excited for the third game. I will say it. Because the, insto- inter- yeah. the story was so important to me. And mm-hmm. for me, they were the best sci-fi writers in video games. And after that, it's just like, nah, I just don't think yeah. they are. Well, or they yeah, ran out of time. I don't know. It's well, just... also the the guy who was the main who wrote all the main stuff for the first game. Yeah, uh, he he was the narrative narrative director for the second game, uh, and it you know, but he did de- he is gone from Gorilla. He left about a year and a half ago. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, you know, I, I mm-hmm. it's interesting though, like this is why I like our chats because your brain and my, we sometimes diverge in what yeah. uh, we remember and, and it's, and that's great because like the things you just described, like with uh, Carrie Ann Moss's character at the end, I was like, did that happen? I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was just like, I was into the character. I stuff liked the I'm character like, as well. I don't really care what plot happens. I just am here for the character stuff. But I do agree. Like it, it, I it is. I like their sci-fi writing. I think they're good at it. Or they were good at it. Yeah, I think they're good for the first half, and then yeah. it just—it's not even the first half. It's like—it's quite a large chunk of it is is good. Is quite good. But then, yeah, it's the last third of the story really skips along uh, i don't like the setup for the third game it's just so uh, it just feels like another x-men apocalypse thing where it's like there's something that's gonna destroy the entire world and it's just like yeah how do we make it bigger how do we make our version of thanos and it's like oh yeah god yeah. man it's just like all right here we go again i like the third setup from the idea of like just gathering allies that's what i think about. yeah like, i like oh, that. all these interesting characters and places we're probably gonna go but, but, but also, I, when, yeah, it, when they yeah. showed whatever they called... I can't remember what they called the thing. You might have to cut some Nemesis. of this out. Nemesis. Yeah. I was actually kind of excited because I was like, oh my god. I, yeah, I know. In my brain, I was like... I had this idea. I was like, holy shit. Did Hephaestus create a space-faring robot to wipe out the last of the humans because they deemed the Farzinus as a threat? I was like, that's such a fun idea. And then I Ka- have no idea what it even is. It's like she said it was their digitized memories, their conscience? consciousness yeah. that went rampant. And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" It's such <laughs> a better know. idea that Hephaestus made yeah. a space robot to chase down the Farzinus, and they've been running around trying to get rid of it. That's like such a fun idea, and I'm an idiot. These guys are sci-fi writers. Like, yeah, it's such they- a better idea. That is probably the most frustrating part about the main plot is that like there are so many. F- crazy good ideas and a lot of them in the game themselves were great like the zenith is so cool and i also think the idea that the the arch nemesis for this entire game is a a faction of ceos from the modern day that have lived for yeah it's a fucking hilarious it's great great thing and every and even though we don't actually know basically anything about any of them but like the one thing that does come across about all of them is they fucking suck. <laughs> because they're a thousand years old, so they've lost their morality and their... Well, lust, they lost you know. their morality a thousand years earlier because yeah. they were tech CEOs, and that's funny, and that's good. It's but, such an and, interesting and, idea dealing with people that have lived for that long. Like, what would it do to yes. your mind? And what, I want to know their history and everything, and they're just gone. And the fact that, like... I think I, think I messaged you when we were like... I, I was like, I bet they are... I bet this is them, and I bet, like... Yeah, you, this, you did guess it. And I called all that. And I'm like, that's yeah. crazy. And they, yeah, they just sort of don't do anything with it. And maybe, you know, maybe we will get to learn a bunch more about them in the third game. But it is something that should be in the second game because it's the main plot of the second game. It's the main driving force yeah. is this Farzinus. And that bit at the end, like, I mean, I like the part where there's just a bunch of dumb robots yeah, fighting in cool. the background. That was pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. But the bit at the end when, like, 40 of them of the Farzinus just like hover down. I was like, there's more of them. I yeah. didn't even know. I thought there was just these three assholes who I Gerard, like who the fuck is Gerard and, and it felt Eric? Weird like, that there was such a small amount of them and that they were so like clumsy at all times. They were so useless. 
And then yeah. you just kill one with a bow. It's just like, oh, I don't know, yeah. man. It just, I know his shields were down, but it, it just it felt so weird to just, like, it's such a cool idea. And then they just cull it from their own game. No, I, I'm not, I, I think you're totally right. It's just one of those things where it's like, I, I wasn't really bothered by it, but I agree that, like, was. it's a massively underbaked part of their world that they, and again, yeah, like, maybe maybe some of it comes up in the third game and you learn more, because, you know, that happens here with the first game, for sure. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, like, it's such a crazy thing to add into the Horizon world mix, mm-hmm. um, and they don't spend enough time fleshing any of it out for sure yeah they seem like really cool characters like the main four three bad guys i was like really interested they, they seem like real fucking assholes yeah. that's for sure but I like yeah carrie ann moss as well yes and also you know she did a good job she did shout out to carrie ann moss yeah. she can still do good video game acting she was pretty good in the mass effect games yeah she was great uh, also, shout out to uh, Angela Bassett, who played what's her name, who is like barely even in the game, but she was pretty good. Uh, she played Regala. Ah, Regala, yeah. And Regala is basically not in the game unless you do something to have a very long conversation with her, which I did. I don't think you did. I'm not sure I did. Uh, no, I think I killed her. Killed her ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was but annoying, uh, it's she might she that conversation with her might be like one of my favorite conversations with. Uh, someone at the base in the whole game honestly mm, she her her writing and voice acting is good mm. it's good it's it was so when you replay keep her alive okay uh, i i recommend it she, she does a good job but yeah the uh, i was so into the main story stuff in yeah. the early game because like they open with the far zeniths you know, and, and, and they answer so many of the big questions from the first game really quickly and that was very satisfying oh yeah um and yeah, they 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 have a lot of great ideas that are just executed, uh, are not executed f- properly with yeah. the main with the main stuff. And then yeah, I agree that like the end, the villain introduction at the end is corny and dumb. But also, if it just means a big adventure for these characters, I like. I'm I'm into that. You know, so it, it felt like something that was shoved in by like some executive at Sony. Where they're like, there needs yeah. to be an ultimate bigger villain. And Gorilla were like, no, please. We have like this thing planned out. They have, the good guys have to kill all the bad guys. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. It, you know what? Oh my it God. It feels like a Marvel ending, it. man. This game, I just realized, this game is so much like Mass Effect 2. Not only do we have all these like Carrie Ann Moss, Normandy, but the main plot of Mass Effect 2 is so fucking bad and stupid. <laughs> I can't remember honestly. And the end of it, you fight this giant Reaper Terminator thing, and it's just like, what the shit is going on? And then the entire thing is like, oh, the Reapers, the the ultimate threat, they're finally coming. And you know, right. that's the third game. They have to escalate, have but to it's like, going. and and yeah, that that escalation is very frustrating. It always has to be like the world-ending thing. That's yeah. the only plot in AAA products anymore. But uh, much like Mass Effect Two, this is the game where it's like, oh, the characters. The first game, Mass Effect One, world yeah. amazing. Second game, oh god, I don't want to complete this train of thought though. Hmm. Hmm. So, Mass Effect Two, oh, the characters are so good, just like Horizon. Mass Effect Three, <gasps> Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh my god, no, no. Every, anyways, anyways. <laughs> Three and four Horizon will be amazing as well, for sure. Uh, uh, oh, God. I'm oh, fuck. Shit. Uh, cut all of that. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to say when it comes to the story stuff. Half, oh, there's half of the main yeah. quest is great, and the characters are phenomenal. There are some really, really great main story missions in the game. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's worth saying for sure. Like some tremendous one. I think the whole Poseidon quest into Las yeah. Vegas is like one of the best game quests I've played in years. Honestly, yeah. Like when I the... uh, when I earlier said that this game is sometimes at its peak the best game of all time, that's what I was referring to. The main. Oh yeah, the main quests. Most of the main quests are really good. Oh yeah, uh, up until like the very end, and I think the tomb mission is just a fucking mess. Yeah, let's uh, not dive into that again. That tomb but, like, is it so doesn't weird. Matter. It's so weird. It feels like something that they probably could have just like cut that whole story. Like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but, um, it's strange. And you know, yeah, I do wonder about some of those things where it's like, were they rushed? You know, COVID. I don't mm, know. Yeah, you know, maybe. Last two years of development or COVID work from home stuff. Who knows? It's hard to say. Um, but I would say, yeah, overall, I was uh, I was very very content all the way yeah. through. And, it's definitely uh, like less like the intricate sci-fi behind Zero Dawn was out of this world. Like when you oh, read yeah. in depth about the different systems in the Zero Dawn system and like all the like the DNA storage for Apollo. It's so it's just, crazy it's so thought intricate. out. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, the whole of Forbidden West feels a little bit more schlocky. For it, sure. It really leans on what Zero Dawn built in that area. And I liked all the AI stuff in this game. I After the interaction with Hades, I was kind of expecting each individual sub, whatever you call it, to have mm. maybe a little bit more personality. I really like that weird Hades scene where you like go into the, his environment yeah. and talk to him. I had to turn on subtitles to understand what he yeah. was saying as well because it was so garbled. Yeah, yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah, Maybe I, they yeah. wanted to because I, I think... Um, fuck, what's the main AI called? Um, uh, what's she called? I forgot uh, her name. Uh, oh, Gaia? Uh, Gaia, Gaia. Yeah, yeah. I think she says, like, every AI is going to put up a fight and doesn't want to come back, but there isn't mm -hmm. really an interaction with them. So, again, maybe there is something behind the scenes where they had more ambitions in this area and just didn't have the time. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I still I still like that stuff a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and all the missions related to getting those AI functions are, are all really good. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and all the, most of the main... Yeah, I would say the, the, almost every main story mission is just like, ooh, I'm finally I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna do a main story mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah, is gonna yeah. be like two hours of gold, and yeah. it, and almost every single one of them is that. Yeah, uh, there's like sure. one or two that are a little short. And I'm like, what the fuck? That was only twenty minutes long. This yeah. is bullshit. Because the majority of them are are probably like a full ninety minutes long, mm -hmm. and and are just so so well made. Uh, oh, this is not related to story, but I do have. If we should probably start rattling sure, shit sure. off um i forgot to mention one of my favorite things in the whole game huh. uh and it's one of my favorite things that the great open worlds do which is interconnectivity okay okay uh, between side activities relating into main activities um i especially like things that change over time there's some uh, environmental stuff in the game that changes over time which is cool and and they they never really make a point of showing it but like mm -hmm. the blight the storms the red rivers like all that slowly goes away oh um, right right yeah yeah did you did you go back to plain song after beating the game and it's after beating the game no or or did but you I did like see fully the crops, finish the... I, yeah so when the crops yeah. were like back to normal and the 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 what machine gods were still going that was cool yeah i love the the way 
that the settlement forms in Vegas. And, oh yeah, I went by there a few times. And there are quests, and I love those three characters. Oh, that, and then there's great. also, like, if you go to other Osram camps, even I went back to um, uh, the, in the Dawn, uh, Barren Light. Yeah. People in Barren Light Osrams are talking about that yeah. settlement. I, I did and, see that. Like, that stuff is so good in this game. And, and there are so many little things that change throughout the course yeah. in the world that they never shout out and or pay like the the uh the the flooded uh area in the north that you do a quest in you come back 10 hours later and the settlement's being rebuilt oh and, i didn't see that i didn't see that yeah or or there's a uh, in the daunt at the very back of the map right at the entrance to the caves yeah there's like an abandoned lumber yard and there are um bristlebacks uh, there once you've cleared all the bristlebacks yeah. yeah you come back and the the logging functions are up and running again and, yeah. and it's got a name and there's no quest or anything it's just it's just there maybe that was uh, like the design philosophy behind the metal flowers just to kind of make you go backwards because yeah, you, know, you don't get the metal flower thing for ages and then you like slowly go back to the beginning of the game and you see all these things yeah i did like i did like that part it was nice to revisit the areas yeah i love going back to areas and seeing things changing it just makes the world in this game is just so much more living in yeah and, and very fluid reactive the to the in-game quests yeah little dialogue yeah. things everywhere and this this game has like the best, um, uh, like dialogue sequencing mm-hmm. I- I've ever seen in an RPG. Like every time I did something out of order, it was always addressed in dialogue. Yeah, uh, and and that is, you know, it's a small little thing, but it just it adds a lot of production value. Of yeah. just like they thought about this. They thought, oh, what if the player does this and this, and then comes back and does this? Well, we should we got to write dialogue for it. Uh, and it, it it goes a long way. So that that is. Probably the last thing that I wanted to make sure we talked about is just like that areas changing and interconnectivity is amazing. There's a lot so. of great little like NPC dialogue things that get triggered by your actions. I can't mm. remember what it is. There's like one <laughs> one specific shop that you like blow a wall through, and the guy's like, "Yes, Jesus Christ, man, you could have just asked or something like that." And it's really good. The, the game has a good sense of humor. It's not trying to be like a quippy Marvel. Uh, movie at all times it just like every now and then it drops like a really smart little fun line which i enjoyed or when you like jump around in a settlement and someone's like what the fuck why are you jumping yeah. around what are you doing <laughs> just use the paths you weirdo <laughs> it's great yeah i i i love that it, it those are the little things to me that stand out in an open world game and make them stand up above the rest of them like it's the like that, those are there are so many little things like that in the witcher 3 where things change over time or there's smart dialogue or like just things are laid out naturally and red dead as well i mean jesus christ and horizon is one of the first ones in probably since red dead where it's like they really put so much attention into into the open world part of the game yeah in terms of just like making it the world believable we probably haven't like praised the like entire um environmental and town designs enough either oh it's like, like the mechanical nature of some of these places where they have like machinery going on you can just sit and watch it for for like five minutes and, and like just like wait for the video game trickery and it can like really be hard to spot at times it's really well done i love that stuff so much yeah it's great games. yeah because usually I, you see like an npc do this route you're like oh here's the loop but I mean, they hide it so well in this game. Yeah. And also just the the scale of the world itself is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's huge. And, and slowly like realizing how big the world is was quite 
a fun part of the discovery of the game for me. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And and they they like they pack so much into small areas. Like there are little there are whole quest chains that happen on a map an area of the map that's like one square centimeter. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I didn't even know this was here, but it's like this whole little cave system or or abandoned village or whatever and uh yeah that that stuff is excellent um if you have any miscellaneous i'll, I'll just think if i have any others uh yeah i wish i did them early now because they are complaints and we were ending oh, yeah, on such yeah. a positive and this game deserves to end on a positive because overall it's just crazy good um i wish there were no fights near the edge of water because fuck man if you get near the edge <laughs> oh, of water yeah, in the yeah. middle of a fight and you start swimming it's just so frustrating yes god have you ever tried like accidentally started climbing a cliff while in combat as well and oh god it's infuriating get her off the cliff oh my god it's so annoying yeah um this isn't like a big deal but the compass sucks in this game i don't know the The compass compass. is so weird i I, yeah i never saw it i had my head off so this game acts like it's grand theft auto where if you mark something on the map it would be like it's two thousand meters if you follow this road Right, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I have a glider, and I actually, I think I recorded one clip because it made me laugh so much. Where the the game was like, it's two thousand meters to your destination, but if I walked a little bit to the left, it changed to like hundred and fifty meters. Could it realize <laughs> I could just go down this wall? That's so funny. I just don't understand why games like stick to a road like it's GTA. I have yeah. a, I, I can climb mountains and I have a paraglider. I do, I don't, I don't. That guidance stuff in uh, open world games is always so weird. It's all, it always just sticks to the roads, which I guess makes sense from like a computer logic point of view. But I don't have to stick to the roads, right? It's you know the trouble. I, I think um, some games, I, some games do have like a beeline path, you know, distance that they tell oh, you. God, if there yeah. was an option, I'd be mad because it was it would literally send me in the wrong direction, the compass. That's so because funny. that's where the road was. Yeah, it was. I had to like open my map and just look where it was. I didn't even engage with any of that. Yeah, I. I Stuff like this, I I like to turn the HUD off and just uh, like the the I use the little in game you know in world you can see the marker way off in the distance. I'm like I'm just gonna yeah, go a, towards that on my own. And it's a much better idea. There. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you use the potion system much, but it's really weird in this game. It's so clunky. You have like a satchel that can only carry eight potions, and you'll like auto pick up a potion, and it will take up a slot. So you'll try to craft. Uh, and the weirdest thing is I would unequip like stamina potions from my hotbar because I don't yeah. know what they're even for. I didn't even know there was stamina in the game. <laughs> so I That's just... for your weapon art uses stamina. Oh, okay. Anyway, I got yeah. rid of them. And then I was like, why can I only make three potions? Uh, yeah. Why can I only carry three potions? Because I should be able to have seven. And it's because I picked up four different potions and they're like stuck in my bag and you can't stop that from happening. And you can't even see them. Yeah, because they're not on your bar. Yeah, that that It's really yes. weird and clunky, specifically that like hot bar potion stuff. I don't know about that. It's weird. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because, yeah, it, it, it bothered me all the way through, especially because I only wanted health potions. Like, it's yeah. all I ever wanted. It would get to the point where I'd, I'd have to like, you can't drop them, so you have to drink them. Yes. You'd have yes. to equip it's them so and stand yeah. and drink four potions like an idiot. It's so stupid and weird. Yeah. And it's too bad because like there are a lot of good quality of life improvements, and especially the stash is yeah. a great, great improvement. But yeah, the uh, the hot bar managing that, micromanaging that all the way through yeah. is fucking annoying. Yeah, I've got two more. I'm gonna end with a positive. Um, I I thought the visual design on the armored canisters was sometimes a little hard to decipher. 
Sometimes I'd be armor looking. Canister. Yeah, so sometimes like an elemental canister needs you need to like knock armor off before you can trigger. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I like wouldn't be able to tell if it was armored or not because some of them had like a little bit of armor around the canister, so you can still see what the canister is, but it's armored. And then I'd be hitting it with a fire arrow, and I'd be like, "It's not triggering. Is it armored or not armored?" I just like couldn't tell sometimes. I thought the visual mm -hmm. design of that was a little weird. These are really this is like bullet points, but oh, you know. And the last one is, uh, I thought the headshot sound on the humans was fucking awesome. Huh, I don't even... You don't remember the sound of, like, blasting someone in the head in this game? Like, <laughs> it was fucking Maybe, disgusting. Yeah. Like the skull was cracking open. <laughs> it's the best way to deal with the humans is just shoot them in the head with an arrow. I love the sound of it. Sure. It was, it was, oh, kind, of, it was yeah. kind of gnarly, honestly. It, like, sounded like the skull had blasted open. It was grim. Huh. Yeah, I don't really remember that. I, I noticed it enough to write down a miscellaneous note. <laughs> That's funny. And that is my last note of the <laughs> Forbidden West. I like the way it sounded when the human's head split open. I like the skull cracking sound. It was good. <laughs> hey, a good headshot sound goes a long ways. For it me. was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I have closed my notes. I, me, I too, feel like, me too. I mean, there are, I'm sh I think there are many other little oh my God, there's so moments much in that game. and things that I could be like, ooh, that was so good and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. But... Uh, and I, I think that was a good that was a it was a good chat because uh you know we we agree we disagree we yeah. vary and all of the criticisms come from a a desire for the game to be the best it can because we care about it a lot absolutely sure. yeah absolutely yeah I am like, um, like overall it's a wonderful game it yeah. really is the stuff it does well it does better than most other games ever to exist. Yeah, and the stuff it does bad for me is not like super super frustrating it's just like i kind of was expecting and hoping for a bit better yeah and i i definitely have pretty much the same list from the first game that i from this game that i hope is in improved in the third game mm -hmm. the the big three or four things that i wanted them to do better here were not done better uh and i really hope they they change it up but um even with the many ups and downs and and the many times where i was like this is so fucking infuriating especially the climbing uh i still just was so content yeah all the way through mm -hmm. it's just it's so refreshing it, the, the everything about horizon is still even though there is a lot of stuff that is old every, it just feels so fresh still yeah uh in terms of just the combat in the world and the the storytelling if you just, like, admire and like video games, you should probably play this game because it's, like, it's a celebration of aspects of video games, really. Yeah. Like, and I think it is sort of a shame that it came out a week from Elden Ring because yeah. there was, like, no discussion of Horizon. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, not only does it deserve a lot of discussion in terms of, like, it, well, it obviously deserves all the, all, a lot of praise and a lot of stuff, a, a lot of the positives were not really... I feel like no one but you and I played this game, and it's it like feels one like of, it, yeah. You know, like it was one of the most positive gaming experiences I've had in a long time, and there's so much about it that's just like mind-bogglingly good, and no one fucking talked about it. But yeah. I also am disappointed because I want the discussions about things that need improvement to happen. You know, yeah. I, I, and and I just it just feels like it just came and went. You know, and I'm sure yeah, it's it'll sell millions and millions of copies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Horizon is one of Sony's biggest IPs and it's, you know. They got to stop releasing it one week before the biggest open world game of the last five years. They got to stop doing yeah. that. Don't put 
Horizon 3 out a week before Elder Ring 2. Uh, <laughs> Elder Ring 2 or um, Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. Because no matter what Elder Scrolls 6 is, it's going to get, it's going to overshadow Horizon 3. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so you have to imagine the people at Guerrilla are actively deep inside the Elden Ring well and the discussion of Elden Ring. Because they were probably yeah. hoping that it was going to be their time. Uh, so, you know, they're going to be looking at everything that was praised about Elden Ring. So, maybe... I don't know. I'm, that I'm, is good. For I'm just future. fascinated to see where open world games go in general because I feel like Breath of the Wild was, like, this moment. Yeah. And no and, one except, did yeah. anything with it except for Elden Ring. Five really, years later. Right? Five years later, Elden Ring came out. And again, it's Jap- Japanese studio. And it's not like these games... It's not like Breath of the Wild or Elden Ring sold poorly. Um, so I and I think Elden Ring is definitely more of an aha moment for the industry, probably because it's multi-platform and the yeah. sales can be so much higher. Um, but I, I really do hope that we start to see some new ideas with open yes, world game design. For sure. Or you focus down into like the way the first God of War is in a lot of ways an open world game but there's like you know it's focused it's it's more precise um but i think just in general we can all move on from a lot of these open world yeah. design pillars absolutely uh i mean yeah. like not I mean, we don't want to get into it like right now but like nothing no. that elden ring does is that like revelatory it's just the no, fact that it doesn't hold your hand and it lets you find stuff on your own that's like the main core principle of the whole game yeah, and it's sort of like a specific combination of a lot of very familiar principles. Yeah. And, and making something feel very different. Uh, yeah, so... It's like how, how more, like, how many more of these games have to do well before developers understand that discovery is something that people like? Like, right, natural exactly. discovery. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it is weird. Like, it's um, right there. It's so obvious. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, for Horizon, I would say it very much like it reminds me a lot of The Witcher 3, where it's like, The Witcher 3 is full of, like, bad open-world activities, yeah. you know? And the combat's not very good in The Witcher 3 either. But none of that matters to me, and, and that's yeah, kind of how I felt at the end of Horizon. I was like, when the credits roll, and even the credits are beautiful in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched I was it. like, man, that was one of the best game experiences I've had in a long time. Yeah. Even with all the issues and complaints that I have with oh, it. for sure. So... Uh, yeah. Good on, good on them. It I, is an excellent game. The highs yeah. of the game are some of the highest I've ever had in any video game, and mm-hmm. it's just an exceptional piece of media when it comes to like professional artistry. It's just like so impressive. It feels like the first and only pe- like next gen game that has ever yeah, come out. It really like, does. I, I, I don't know when the next thing is. You know. Yeah, um, and like, like Ratchet was like a nice nine hour tech demo but that's kind of all we've had aside from horizon yeah it's weird i feel like uh horizon is like the new benchmark for location design for me oh yeah and not to skip ahead but elden ring does not dethrone it i will say that no there's a lot of great art in oh elden my god ring so much good art yeah i would yeah it it's been such a weird ping-pongy month where it's like Dying Light was just like, video games, yeah. no! And then Horizon was like, oh, you know what? Horizon and Elden Ring both sort of are just like, oh yeah, games are just getting started. Yeah. Like, like the, they, they have so much room to grow and, and amaze. And, 
And and we, I wish more people. Good, they're real fucking good. Yeah, I wish more people had played both Horizon and Elden Ring because they're actually very interesting to play together. Yes. Yeah, they're really they're a really interesting contrast. They are because they're both excellent and they both have problems. Yes, I, I and I think actually Dying Light into Horizon into Elden Ring was a fascinating trio of open. It world was, games. yeah, it was just from yeah. like an academic sort of discussion perspective. It's like the same uh, genre but three radically different things. Yeah, yeah. You have like the the Eurojank <laughs> mess yeah. interpretation. You have the like homogenized a <laughs> margin yeah like homogenized sony and then you have like a crazy peep the crazy people yeah japanese nightmare game <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> which we'll get into later yeah aka right now all right finally oh, finally <laughs> we have been waiting to talk about elden ring for well, it's late February, right? March, April, May, June. Almost four months? Maybe mm, yeah. almost exactly four months. Yeah. yeah. Almost. In yeah. fact, yeah, pretty much. Dang. And this should be interesting, actually, because I don't really know how everyone feels, and I don't know if you guys know like my conclusive thoughts on Elden Ring. We obviously talked a lot as the game came out, and we went along yeah. playing it just because mm-hmm. it was such a moment that you kind of had to discuss your experience but when it comes to, like, I don't know, the specifics, I, I don't really know where you guys landed on it. So it mm. should be interesting. Um, and also people... we have quite different general experiences with FromSoft games. Yeah, what speaking. I was just about to say yeah. is in case people are like, I don't know, skip past the intro because they want to like get to Elden Ring specifically because we're timestamped and all that stuff. Yeah. Just quick clarification. Uh, ben is joining us from the podcast. Hey. Hi, Hi Ben. Hi, guys. Hey, Ben. Hi there, everyone. And all three of us have different experiences with the franchise. Uh, this is kind of why we waited for Ben to be done with it, because we thought it'd be interesting. I am... Um, I wouldn't say I'm like a super hardcore fan. I'm not someone who... I don't know. The hardcore From Software fans are crazy. I guess relative to us, I would call you a super hardcore fan. But yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't really play all of them to like New Game Plus 7, and I don't right. have tattoos mm-hmm. of Bloodborne, and I don't play PvP. You know what I mean? Like, that yes. level of stuff. Yeah. I've just yeah, played yeah. all of them. Uh, mostly once. I played uh, Dark Souls 3 a couple times, and Sekiro twice, and that's pretty much it. I have, like, quite mixed feelings across the franchise, but overall, I, I really like the From Software games. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to speak for you, boys, so I'll let you go. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> like the FromSoft games, uh, historically speaking. I liked Bloodborne a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've tried all the Dark Souls games to no success. I think I put 90 minutes into one. I think I actually put like six hours into two. What? And about 90 minutes into three. Six hours into two? And uh, I don't like any of them. I don't think they're fun at all. And Sekiro is sort of somewhere in, in between. But I respect all their games a lot, and there's a lot of like design stuff in their games that I think is awesome. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, for the most part, uh, I don't like melee combat. I don't like boss fights. I don't like getting frustrated. <laughs> so it's like yeah. it's like the perfect trifecta of all my triggers in one game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, extremely fair. Yeah. Yeah, and Ben. Um. Uh. I pretty thin CV for me in regards. This is to why we wanted games. you here. Yes, I've. This is my first FromSoft game. Um, mostly just, you know, when I think about it, I I think it 
has to do with like I just didn't have the right platforms at the right time, mostly, mm. or or yeah, I didn't. It uh, something about it did look too big boy gamer for me. I don't know. Even I don't know whether it was a te- going to be a, too much of a test of skill or just frustration that I didn't want to take on. But there was always yeah. something about the Souls games um, that uh, that that felt a little bit impenetrable for me. Oh yeah, uh, the market, marketing yeah. can be like a little bit gatekeeping and obnoxious a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Oh, extremely. Yeah, like prepare to die edition. Yeah, I think they're always portrayed as like less welcoming than they can be. I they're would really agree. like not that bad. They're, no. they're difficult, but they're not that bad. And I can't. I certainly would not fault FromSoft. Like, they, uh, that's up to them. But like, I think sometimes the megaphone makes can make things a little bit obscure mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, like yeah. the community is so obnoxious, and the marketing departments <laughs> do their weird things. But when you talk, when you like look at what FromSoft, like how they actually present their games, is sort of just like I don't know. It's sort of hard, I guess, but we just are making the thing we're making, yes. and everyone else is freaking out over it, and it's like, okay, yeah. And like the previous Dark Souls games have always had magic and summoning real players, so there's always been ways to circumnavigate like it being a pain in the ass. Totally, Except for yeah. Sekiro, which doesn't give a shit. Mm. Yes, yes, that's true. No way to get around that guy. We haven't all finished, you have not finished the game, Ben, but you are like, you're at the final boss, it doesn't matter, like you've I'm seen I'm very everything. satisfied, I'm very satisfied Yeah. With- and I know, and I, and I know, like I know my ending and everything like this. Like, yeah. Um, and Joe I, finished the game like what a month ago, mm. or a uh, few weeks ago, maybe, and then yeah. I finished it like Time over two months ago. So it's a little bit. Everything's a little spaced out here, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I did. I think I tapped it on at the end of the last podcast. But it's a game that I definitely am glad. We, like we did. Well, obviously, we would never or could never. <laughs> Russia conversation about anything i don't think but no, uh no. <laughs> let, let, let alone getting together to do this podcast or uh sorry this program and uh we do we do call a podcast it's the big true. It does end up podcast. There. my apologies uh but no uh so i i'm 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 satisfied with the amount of time we took to yeah, get around yeah. in this game uh regardless of how long it's been yeah. since it's come out yeah there's always such like a bum rush with Souls games anyways, you know, with the the critics, and this show is always late totally, anyway, totally. so. We call it a review podcast, but it's mostly like a retrospective, not supposed to be like super topical. It's actually, it's actually just called the Big Roundup Podcast now, mm. so we're just rounding up our chats, right? Oh, I, I can't remember I know. It, things, shit, we do We do this so infrequently Things have changed now. so much as well over the years, so, but yeah. I do remember we dropped review. Yes. I remember now because we were so slow. Thankfully, we've dropped the dates. Uh, totally. Months, so it's just the games now. Yeah. Uh, gosh. So I don't know. Like Joe, I feel like you should just lead it because you're the Dark Souls guy. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I guess. Yeah. How? How'd you feel about this? Where do we want to go here? How? Like, <laughs> how did, how, I. Yeah. I, I feel like starting with game feel. I don't know because you can. If we start in the map, that's like the map's the map. <sighs> Or, like, like, start at high-level opinions? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'll, I'll give a high-level opinion. All right. I, like high, I love opening with high-level opinions. It really sets the, the mood. Cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll, but I'll be, like, loose and vague about sure. it. Um, I, think, I think Elden Ring is, uh, in some regards and in some aspects, one of the best games ever made. Uh, I think in other aspects, it's good. And I think in other aspects, it's not as good as other stuff that From Software has done uh, by possibly quite a long way in certain yeah. areas. Mm. Yeah. And it makes for a, like, 
just kind of a strange experience of extreme highs and I would not say extreme lows for me. Uh, there are definitely middling parts, but um, it was a real roller coaster of emotions, this game. It has some absolutely incredible moments. Maybe the greatest, actually I'm going to say it, the greatest open world map ever made by Miles. Um, and, I mean, everyone's talked about it, but the scale of this game, we'll get into the scale, but it's just like in another league compared to everything else. Um, but I also kind of found myself consistently frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, not like other From Software games. I know From Software games are hard, and that obviously leads to moments of frustration. I've had those in all of the games, boss to boss, Sekiro especially. Um, I don't want to like give away too much because it's a very specific point, and we mm-hmm. will get to it. But there was something in the game which consistently irritated me throughout the entire experience which kind of soiled it a little bit so i come out on the other end uh, feeling just like really mixed and confused overall it's definitely an amazing game parts of it are just undeniably incredible and i don't even know how they made some of this to the scale they did yeah and other areas are just like still problematic in a from software like way and other parts, I just feel like are a downgrade from Sekiro. And yeah, it's, it's, it's confusing. It's, it's hard to have a like, conclusive thought or opinion on a game when some parts of it you think are a masterpiece and are better than anyone's ever done. And part of it you don't like as much as the previous developer's own game. <laughs> yeah, I would pretty much... If, yeah. I would say we're probably pretty similar on that. Like, I, I would agree. I would say there are certainly parts of it that are quite astonishing uh, mm-hmm. and like staggering, and you just sort of worry about how the people made it in four years <laughs> because it was probably yeah. a nightmare for them. But um, was it really four years? That sounds undoable. that sounds crazy. Uh, yeah. It sounds like I think it was actually. It sounds like it was more like it started pre-production stuff in like f- about five years ago. So that's still crazy. Wow. Think yes. about other AAA stuff because they, it's not like they didn't ship games right in the last yeah. five years. Anyways, um, so yeah, I would and agree. A like. A lot of it is amazing. Uh, other parts suck shit. Uh, <laughs> other parts are kind of just like, okay, we're still, we still have all these problems after 15 years of these games and they haven't fixed anything. And I would mm-hmm. agree. Like, I, I don't... I think I'll... Yeah, it's, it's very c- confused is the perfect word for me, I would say. It was just like, oh, a lot of it's really good, but, like, my heart isn't in it, you know? You know? Mm. Uh, but also, I... Like all their games, I respect the hell out of a lo- so much of it. And oh my god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this should be an interesting chat. And then Ben, how was it for you uh, as the first go? I, well, it, it, you could definitely see its roots. I mean, you can, if you follow <laughs> the gaming industry, oh, it, yeah. it, it is a from game through and through down to the UI and everything. Um, I was, uh, if I can go off UI, taken by it. I loved it. I did love its fade away. I didn't think it was too busy or anything. Anyway, I can't get too granular about that. Um, I think this game is... I uh, don't even know where to start. Do you like it? I do like this game quite a lot. Yeah, he does. I've watched him play it. I know he likes it. <laughs> this, this game is pretty good. Uh, I guess to the tune of this is my most played game. My most played single player game since Dragon Quest XI. Um, yeah. Which, uh, I, What's your playtime at, by the way? 160 hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's impressive yeah i'm at 160 uh damn yeah i think that's about where i'm at now but that's been like three months of 
making other videos in totally. it. Totally. So that doesn't yeah. count at all. I think yeah. I was 110. Yeah, I was just looking. You were 111 and you finished mm-hmm. a little under a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, to that point, I'm very much satisfied with the nooks and crannies I've explored across my 160 hours. Like, I don't, Yeesh. not immediately compelled to jump into anything right away other than just like to see the power jump in a new game plus. But um, I was I was pretty thorough when it came to this game. I was yeah. compelled from the jump to explore um, everything I wanted to. Um, they direct, the direction is really, I was, I was quite impressed with the direction. I, I, whether it was a goof at the end or an, like, a, or an actual cave door or something, like, there was always something at the end of somewhere. Um, yeah, for sure. I found, anyway, I didn't really bump up against anything else. No, the, the map design is just ridiculous oh, in this game. Yeah, yeah. Like, Volcano Man. Even just the way they, like, again, where, I don't know, it's, this is going to be so all, all over the place this yeah. time, but even just the way they, like, they make the shadows on the sides of the cliffs look like there's something there until you get right up on them and then the shadow goes away and you're like, oh, there's nothing here, you fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, they, they like, they have a good sense of humor. So well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do, but also they, they tuned the exploration such that really quickly your brain is trained to just look everywhere mm-hmm. for something. And sort of in the way that like our brains are doing that for tunic right now, Joe, you know, where it's just like Oh yeah, for sure. Like the, everything is scrutinized in a and it gets you exploring a map in a way that you pretty much never have done before in an open world game, which is cool. Yeah. Uh I don't remember I what like, game um, it was I played afterwards, but I, I briefly was like exploring it the way I was exploring Elden Ring and then I had to remind myself like, no no, what are you doing? This is not <laughs> it's not the same type. Of, it was the same thing like we had. I remember. I think we talked about it Joe years ago after Red Dead Redemption Two. Playing like I think it was oh, Hitman yeah. Two came out right afterwards. Like going up and trying to hold L Two to like talk to everyone <laughs> in Hitman. You're like, wait, I can't yeah. do that anymore. That's <laughs> yeah. a crazy. People made that game. They right. Okay. <laughs> I think the map, like Ben said, it does a very good job of. It uses sight lines and perspective and hills in like a really clever fashion where your eyes like will naturally follow a route and a path. And like Ben said, you're always kind of rewarded with something. But also there will be stuff where you will stumble upon and you're like, how the hell was I supposed to know anything was here? And once you find one of those, then you're suspicious of everything. Oh, yes, this is true. Exactly, if you're like, yes. if there's something down this tiny little nook behind this tree, there's a whole cave and a whole dungeon, mm-hmm. then it could be anywhere. And it, it turns you into a crazy person. Yeah. And I will admit, I think you guys know this, but... Uh, by the end, I did start using a completionist map when I was feeling like it was time to move on. Right. Just because ugh, totally. I, I feel like Ben was maybe a bit more um, natural with it without looking up guides. I was too. I, I, I never looked a single thing up playing through this game normally. Oh, interesting. Not yeah, I, I, I looked into nothing. Like the only, and I stayed completely blind on it all. The only, like once or twice I would find something like a, a key item or something that I just, I couldn't figure out what it was for. I'd look that yeah. up on the wiki, but I never once sought out destinations or pathways and, and missed some things because of that. Mm. Uh, especially yeah. all the night bosses. I, I saw almost none of them because I didn't like playing that game at night because it was dark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it but is yeah, dark. I played that game completely blind and solo uh, and, and yeah. that was cool. Yeah. I would say I did mostly. And then once I was mm. like, I think I'm done with Kaled. I've seen everything. Then I would open up the map and be like, oh fuck, I've missed like 17 little things over here because i want to do like a thorough completionist run i would read almost every note i would come across as well and those do such a good job of pointing you towards everything oh, anyways yeah, so. i did not read any of those i read i read like almost every note yeah mm-hmm. interesting uh, yeah, I did yeah. The, 
did as well. Yeah, they were they had great piece of advice. Some very some very key intel. Yeah, that's something I'm not very good at in in these games is reading or listening to people. Mm. I don't <laughs> want to do it. Yeah, I definitely like I definitely like reading things uh, in the game, but listening to people is something that maybe we'll talk about at some point, or we won't mm. because like we just don't give a shit about the stories in these games. Sorry to everyone that does. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Ben was quite thorough with the quests. Um, we were definitely yeah. talking about true. true. I find yeah, the story yeah. quite compelling. Um. <laughs> yeah, people who yeah. love it love it. I I just say I never I have never once been able to skip dialogue in this game. I don't know oh, why. That's right. That's right. Um, and so you know, at a certain point, like the for the twentieth time that I heard the blacksmith say his jingle, um, <laughs> my brain just like broke and and it turned every spoken line of dialogue into just it went it went in one ear and out the other for the. Yeah, what for is it? I took you for dead. Yeah, where Something have you like been that. hiding? I thought you were dead. <laughs> Anyways, oh, let's man. get smithing. <laughs> Yeah. I've never once been able to skip dialogue. I don't know why. It's so weird. That is weird. That is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how early on did you guys get into Kaled? I tried to go into Kaled early. I got it. Well, I mean, technically, like, like twenty minutes into the game, I think. Mm, Goddamn! <laughs> I that's got early. teleported. Oh, yeah, teleporter, that was like the, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I pretty much immediately went and found that teleporter and went to Kaled. Those God. are great. Those are great moments. Yes. I went like, um, you know, the natural route into Kaled from Limgrave. And oh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think I did quite a lot of Kaled really, really early. Because one thing, I mean, like you said, this review is going to be all over the place, but one thing we probably should talk about, uh, which, you know, everyone's already said this and talked about this, but it is balance. Um, the balance in this game <sighs> is a little bit all over the place because they don't do scaling, uh, which... Right. Scaling is always just like a complicated thing because most of the time scaling is is shit. I don't it's like shit. scaling. I hate mm. it. Yeah, I, I never it, want scaling in a game. I think people would rather feel powerful than neutral the entire way through a game. Yeah. Um, but for me, the balance of the game made it so that I didn't very often get the the encounters or the boss fights that I really want from a from software game. Mm -hmm. um, mm. In in that them being mostly really easy. Or you get to a point where they're so, so hard, you're like, I have to turn away and leave, uh, which is very unsatisfying to do. But I mean, it's an open world game and I appreciate that they allow you to go into bosses under leveled and that you have to make the, the smart decision to be like, all right, I'm coming back later. But um, finding that sweet spot, that Goldilocks spot, just didn't really come around very often because of the way the game is framed. And I don't know how they would fix that while also allowing you to have freedom over where you go. Uh, and I think that's why I went into Kayla quite early, because it was difficult and I enjoyed it, uh, because a lot of the game isn't really that difficult until the very, very end. And yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything more to say on the balance, except for it didn't really feel the way I wanted it to feel for a lot of the game. And I'm not sure how they would fix that without some sort of scaling, mm -hmm. which has its own problems, you know. Mm. Yeah. And the game is so wide and big and thick. And you can go in like quite a decent amount of directions, especially when you know a few shortcuts oh, right yeah. out of the gate. So yeah, I don't know how they would do it, but for me, it was like Limgrave was was like, was a Goldilocks area. Uh, then Kaled was really really hard, but I enjoyed it. Then Leonia felt super easy. Uh, Mount Gelmnir felt super <laughs> easy. The capital felt super easy. Uh, Mountain of the Giants felt uh, kind of frustratingly difficult. Mm. 
And then everything after that was like mostly fine. It was just all over the place and I don't know what they do to fix it. Uh, but it was just like a little bit of a problem for me and just like a lot of... I, I just don't like going into a boss fight and killing something in one swing. I, I know some people find that like hilarious. Um, yeah. I don't. Uh, it just makes you feel like, fuck, I missed this boss in Limgrave. I wish I found it earlier and actually had a boss fight. I feel like I missed the entire fight. It's kind of irrelevant now. Right. And yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say in the balance. I just, I don't know what they do about it, but for me, it just led to there not being like a huge amount of fights which felt just right to me. There's definitely probably like a a perfect path through that game that gets you that in that keeps you in that Goldilocks zone for yeah. pretty much the whole, but I, there's no way to, you know, they tried to sort of funnel people that way with the, the little like light trail, but no, mm -hmm. no one plays open world games that way. No one does it. Like, it, no. and I was being super yeah. thorough. So I think I was leveling up like above the zone quite quickly, yeah. mm. but like, should I be punished for being thorough? Like I, I want to see the no, content yeah. in the game. So I don't know. It's, I don't know it's how they a tough it. thing for sure. And I kind of want, to just like not say anything and let Ben comment on balance because if I start talking about balance, <laughs> I, I've got I've got a bit of a tirade for here for balance here because it's okay. probably my biggest problem with the entire game. Oh, interesting. So, okay. I yeah, would, I would say um, I would say their curse was making it a game with so many play styles. Like they yeah. they yeah. really did have to like cater or like whether they wanted to have a have bosses with a lot of systems. When you think about it, a lot of the bosses or a lot of the bigger fights, they really do just boil down to like four or five moves. And like, uh, not and and I did I don't necessarily not enjoy all or didn't enjoy any of the boss fights. I've found mm -hmm. them pretty interesting, but uh, yeah, it's I can totally see how um I, in a game that's more curated like a Bloodborne or a Sekiro, um, you, it's easier to control. Yeah, it would be, and you would they could design like by specificity they could design bosses or bigger fights to be tailor-made to, like, a specific play style and not have to consider yeah. so many more variables. Um, yeah, but I... I think, like, one magical moment sure. in, like, the what, what, whatever, the zeitgeist, yeah. were, for me, was Margit, because it felt like everyone mm -hmm. kind of had a similar experience with Margit because no one had figured out how to kind of break the game through different, you know, builds, etc. Yeah. And everyone kind of got funneled towards Margit around, like, a similar pace, because you couldn't really get into Kaled. you I mean, you could get into Leonia, but most people didn't figure it out. So I, I really missed that this kind of like zeitgeisty community feel where it's like, oh man, did you get to this boss? How hard was it for you? Mm. And then like Jameson, Ben and Annie were like, <laughs> I killed it in two hits. Like, I spent two hours on this boss. Yeah, uh, I'm, I remember specifically us commenting on Margaret and saying like, oh my God, this is like one, this is, it's like the first boss of a hundred. We're all, we're going to have this moment over and over again yeah. for a hundred hours. And we were just sort of shocked by that. And then that just did not happen at all. Like I <laughs> yeah. never heard about anyone talking about any boss ever again, except for Radon and Melania for different yeah, reasons. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And I, yeah. I really miss that. Like, yeah. I, I love like Sekiro when you're excited about someone like uh, beating Genichiro or getting to the owl boss fight, you're like, oh, you're in for something now, mate. Right. Let me know how it goes. Let me know if you need any tips. And it, that wasn't really there. Like you said, there was like the milestones, which I remember clearly. I remember everyone get to Margit. I remember Radan. And then, yeah, just like Millennia. And that was kind of it. It's kind of it, yeah. That's what I remember people talking about. I would, I, I would say I was most taken by Rikard the, the most. I thought his, I thought his design was uh, impressive. Oh my god! The, yeah, uh, and then yeah, and then the Radon fight was really cool. That's it was. That's it was really cool ones. Uh, yeah, I, I was imagining. We're gonna leave bosses for a bit before we segue because I've got some things to say. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, let me let me get my balance yes, out of the way. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so like the first twenty hours, I hated this game so fucking much, and I oh, almost talked about it a dozen times. And you, I was bitching constantly about how miserable I was because <laughs> I didn't especially, remember. So especially the first ten hours, it was just it's just like so. I'm like I just don't. I fundamentally don't find Dark Souls style gameplay fun mm-hmm. or enjoyable and or satisfying. Like I I don't know if I ever felt that like ooh that was a fun fight in this game just because it's just something about the animations and the sluggishness that it feels sluggish and all these other factors which some of which we will talk about separately in this discussion because there are uh oddities with the controls and things like that in this game that are not present in some of their others um but yeah i was extremely put off by the first 10 hours because of how dark soulsy it was i didn't watch anything of this game beforehand and I, I had different expectations for what it was going to be which I don't need to get into because it doesn't matter um, mm-hmm. but th- that was sort of part of my problem with the first 10 hours of like oh this is just it's just a fucking Dark Souls game in oh, yeah. every way possible oh, and yeah. I was really disappointed by that and still am a, a little in a, in, a, in a way because like I had thoughts about what an open world game could be like with stuff from Sekiro, like the grapple hook and and the flexibility. Anyways, Joe told me to find the fucking plus eight halberd. (laughs) Yeah. And I found it around the level uh, hour 12 mark and was sort of in that Goldilocks zone from about hour 12 to 20, where I was like, oh, I'm I'm working. I'm putting in the work here. You know, Margaret, I spent about 20 minutes on Margaret, you know, and I had to like sit up straight and and play properly. Mm. Um. And so that was that was cool. But then around the 20 hour mark, I was just like I'm really tired of being interrupted when I'm swinging my sword. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. Try not getting hit, bro. Yeah. I hate it. I'm I also I don't I don't like dodging, so I'm going to get hit all the time. So, how do I counter this? Oh, I found the way. It's called a giant great sword mm-hmm. and a jump attack. Mm-hmm. And I love jump attacks. A couple of buffs mm-hmm. and Every single enemy in the game gets interrupted by that attack <laughs> and it deals so much damage. And though, so from about the 20 hour, from the 20 hour mark to the end of the game, it became a cakewalk mm-hmm. in a way that I found bizarre because I, mm-hmm. it's not like I looked up a build and it's not like I'm good at these games at all. Uh, I was terrible, but I used everything that I was given, including summons, which is another conversation for later. But if you use everything this game gives you, it's a cakewalk, I found, mm-hmm. in my experience. Totally. And so I have 80 hours where I was playing the game pretty much the exact same way. And granted, I could have mixed it up, but I had no reason to. And it resulted in most of the game just kind of becoming a blur, uh, where I had no real like standout fights or funny moments it was just like i run in i poke at the boss i get killed and i run in and then i kill the boss and each Mm -hmm. fight is three minutes long and i'm like okay that was interesting next (laughs) Uh, and i appreciate you know and i'm appreciating many things along the way of course but it just sort of resulted in this weird like the whole game becoming a weird blur and then there's one spike in difficulty near the end basically just with Melania. She was the only boss I summoned on, um, summoned humans on. 
And I was, I'm also disappointed by that because I really like summoning humans in these games. Uh, when I went back and beat Bloodborne a couple years ago, I got through the back chunk of that game by summoning people uh, and helping, having them help me beat the bosses. And it, it's a delightful. I love it. I love all the weirdos that were still playing that game six years after launch and oh, yeah. getting like broken English messages from Japanese players, you know, congratulating me on defeating uh. things. And, and like, that's a, it's, a very unique and enjoyable experience for me, and I was saddened by the fact that there was, in a game so long, there was only one single boss that was hard enough to make me want to summon something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a, it's a bummer to me, and I feel like I'll probably come back to that a few times throughout this in different, from different angles, but yeah, that's probably my biggest complaint is that the game just felt like a blur to me for a long a long period of time because it was i spent 20 minutes on margaret three hours on melania and literally every boss <laughs> else was under it was three tries or less <laughs> and yeah. and it just sort of like i wish i know how satisfying it can be when you get like a good story out of a boss um and i i did get those like doing facebook videos but those are sort of just like a i don't i can't count those as part of my my main experience because they happened after the fact. Um, and it's, yeah, it was just, an, it was, I was surprised to find the game so unbalanced in that regard. Even yeah. though I know that from watching, that's not the case for a lot of people. Uh, well, you really have to kind of bend the game to get that experience, in my opinion. It's probably no, a good No, I disagree. To- well, I, I'm talking about the fact that I had to like use no summons, no magic, and oh, no shields. Oh, yes, yes, yes. To... You had to bend the game to get the hard experience. Yeah. Mm. Yes, 100%. That's... You're going to have like, real self-discipline about not using all these things. Yes, and... totally. I mean, ah, God, we should, let's go into like how we played the game because that will also go into balance because we have a good range here. We have Jameson, who I you know, just said used a massive strength build. I... I went Dex for most of the game, and I believe Ben was a magical boy. I was a magical yeah. boy. I was a magical prisoner. Yep. So yeah, we we get into like how the game was in our playstyles. So I went in. Um, I as I just said, I didn't use any summons. I didn't use any shields. Um, I didn't use shields out of like a, a thing of pride. I actually really liked in this game how there's like a, a new system where if you have two of the same weapons in each hand. They have like a unique different moveset where block is replaced by a special attack mm-hmm. uh, that is brand new to Elden Ring. So, you know, as a, as a Dark Souls fan, I was like, I want to use this new skill. And yeah. I'd also use shields in like Dark Souls 2, uh, 3, 1, uh, my first go th- through Demon Souls. So I'd always kind of been a shield boy. And uh, I think for the Demon Souls remake, I didn't use a shield for the first time and I, I really enjoyed it. So... Mm. I kind of made my my rules, and I was like, I'm going to use double whatever you call it. I can't remember what it's called. It's called like a it's called like weapon arts or something. When you get power stance, power stancing, yeah, yeah. Um, and the summons thing just came about because I don't think they were very fun. Right. Um, I used them at the beginning because they're like a big part of the game. Um, but I just found that when I used them in boss fights, uh, my stopping place was Margit. That was the last time I used them. There's the boss fights in this game. Again, I don't want to go too fond of bosses because I have a lot to say about bosses. But the bosses <laughs> in this game are, from a design perspective, incredible. 
uh, and they're insanely cinematic at times. And I just thought the summons made it look fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah, looks totally stupid. Oh yeah, they, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like when I was doing my market fight, I did it like I don't know. I was doing it for like forty minutes, and she was killing me. He, she, I don't know, she's kicking my ass. And then I come in and I summon my, I think they were like the three little demi, demi goblins. They look mm. like Planet of the Ape guys with clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it was just dudes. this stupid shit fest where there's like <laughs> there's four of these chimpanzees punching Margaret and like staggering Margaret. Margaret's not even looking at me. They just stab Margaret in the back and Margaret dies. And I was like, that. I was like, that sucks, dude. I, I really wish I didn't do that. Because I, I was having this epic fight, and I was like, well, there's a new mechanic in Elden Ring. I'm going to try it. People, people keep saying, use the summons. They're cool. And I thought they were goofy. I thought they looked stupid, and I thought they broke boss fights in a way which isn't satisfying to me. Totally. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. You know, uh, don't use things if you don't think they're fun. Totally. But also, I do feel like certain parts of the game are designed for you to be using summons. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I beat every boss in the game without summons. Um, so it's obviously doable. You can do it any way you want. But some boss fights just don't feel right or fair. And it can be really frustrating to try and play the game the way I did. Even Radan? And Radan was a fucking nightmare, dude. I didn't summon for Radan either. That was, that that's was pretty, horrible. That's pretty fucked up, yeah. 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 And a lot of these boss fights also just feel weird for melee builds. Like, again, oh, yeah. Radan, you're, like, you're, you're down by his little cankles basically between his cooch and he's just slamming on you and I can't see what he's doing. Um, yeah, the final, the the final game, boss is atrocious for melee builds. I'm sure. Yeah, weirdly, Elden Beast, I didn't, I think I might have got lucky with some of that stuff. I did too, I, but just, yeah, having now done it a few more times with different melee weapons, yeah, it's just like, oh, let yeah. me just sprint for 40 minutes across the arena here. I'm on my way. Uh, <laughs> yep. not, yeah, not so there fun. are some, there are some amazing boss fights in this game that work perfectly with melee builds, but there's just a lot of stuff along the way, especially bigger enemies. Uh, I don't know. This game just, I just felt at times that I was being punished for playing the game in the way that I. I don't know. I, I thought the way I'm playing is like quite traditional and the way the mm-hmm. games, I don't want to say the way the games are supposed to be played, but like the OG, mm-hmm. you know, original way they're played. So it just felt weird that the game, I mean, it's a new franchise, I guess. So maybe that's not weird that the games are pivoted in a different direction, but I just don't think, in my opinion, magic from a distance and summoning little ghouls and jellyfish that fight a boss for you is that fun. Mm-hmm. So when there was numerous fights where it felt like I was being punished for playing the game the way I chose, I don't know. It just it felt strange to me. It felt like a weird build to be punished for. I expect people to be punished for like a, using a bubble blower, not for using two swords. Well, let know? me tell you, the bubble blower punishes. It ain't, yeah, you're true. not getting punished. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that like you have that love, that sort of side of the unbalanced experience right mm-hmm. by doing that and then the opposite is well i'm gonna play the game the way they intend it to be played really which is using the tools you are given yeah. uh especially the new stuff and when you do that it trivializes it and becomes unbalanced in the other direction mm-hmm. uh and which is odd and i mean there are arguments to be made that like it's actually brilliant how much the summons just make the game more friendly to people to the casual audiences and this is such an accessible game for newcomers totally uh well yeah in 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 some ways for sure Mm -hmm. uh in terms of like in difficulty wise 100 percent. like it's it's the easiest game they've made Mm -hmm. i think it wasn't Uh, for me from you know from my experience um i don't know where i was going with that ben do you have 
can you save me? <laughs> I I want to hear about how difficult it was for you to get used to it, Ben. I would agree to the. I would agree yeah. to your point of it becoming trivialized in a certain sense. Um, I but I, uh, I, I find myself totally. I find myself agreeing a lot with what you guys are saying in, in regards to the experience that you had based on the experiences you have in from soft games, mm-hmm. uh, relative to Elden Ring, and so it uh, it was interesting feeling like i was curating my experience uh naturally just like and then it feeling okay but then yeah fights kind of feeling like i ran magic i eventually started to run magic i started out i picked prisoner just because i wanted that helmet so bad um (laughs) yeah did not really consider my i did not consider any of the stat numbers or or care about anything it was either gonna be prisoner or wretch um because i wanted to build the wretch up from nothing or yeah, but that helmet was couldn't say no. That it was is a cool helmet. Yeah. Never, never it's took. Ne- I never took it off. It's still on. Yeah, in fact, it's the only thing you're. <laughs> it's wearing. It's the only now. thing on me right now. <laughs> nice, I am, nice. Yeah. yeah. I, so yeah, to explain my path to uh, a naked prisoner with a helmet and a wand, uh, uh, I uh, I started as prisoner. I just started leveling up. Uh, you get a a pokey sword, an S duck, um, and and eventually I equipped it with uh, blood a bloody or blood loss um mm-hmm, weapon yeah. I like that um one. yeah and so it became um it became a dungeon clear for against those like stone goblins pretty it became very efficient i could stun them with thrust um but i wasn't using magic at this point i like i think i started out with a um it's a stone no it's not a stone seal what's it the the rock oh jeepers it's a rock pretty much that you hold in your hand not a crest Ah, oh, jeepers! I can't think of the name of it. The seals? <laughs> it's, no, no, you hold you hold it in your hand to like heat. Anyway, I feel I like, haven't done magic yet. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I feel like a fool. Anyway, yeah, essentially, there's two physical uh, magic weapons. There's stabs, and then these small like oh, it's almost like Is a bless. Seal? It's almost like yeah, I think they are seals. Yeah, it's seals. Crimson. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and so I uh, I eventually found a wand. Or a staff. I maybe, yeah, I remember you talking about this. I forget where I found the first staff. I remember where one of them was. I didn't get the meteorite staff early. I had a glintstone I staff. Like a... I had it was the glintstone staff. I mean, I remember finding that one. And I just started using it a little bit, and I just the range was doing it for me. Like, oh yeah, just uh, at the at the time, my first spell was like a hold to charge glint blade. Like that would f- like it. It would take three seconds to manifest and then eventually shoot at enemies. Um, so you kind of had to watch to make sure that they weren't run at you because they, if they started to run at you, they could easily dodge your magic and then you're kind of shit out of luck. Um, eventually, get powerful enough that you get ones that just instantly fire off the top of your staff, um, and then eventually get ones that fire a dozen off the top of your staff. <laughs> Um, and the game certainly becomes a little bit easier as time goes on. Um, I didn't find myself using summons until... Until I corrupted you. Yeah. And then I... Well, I, yeah, I, was, I think I had... No, a, that's not true. No, I, no, NPC summons, I had my Sweet Knight Engval. I just yeah. started using... Uh, so, so being a magic range user, I was trying to find the, like, the tankiest boy. And so I, yeah, I chose the... There are legendary summons. Is that what they are? Um, I think so. Yeah. And so like that. and so yeah, I had my big knight guy, 
and he would go in with his very large uh, dual uh, dual wielding hammer blade or halberd and just tank damage and I could just feast on magic shots over and over and over again and then upgrading him made him even more stupid so I would just I, as soon as I would walk into a boss fight I would just yell ring my little bell and go Engval <laughs> and, and get Engval in and he, he would go to work and, and we, we got through a lot of fights uh, together um, I mean, did you enjoy it? I did, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I did absolutely enjoy it. Yeah. It, it felt very curated, and it just felt natural. Like, I felt like I just naturally found magic as a playstyle I was enjoying, and then summoning uh, Engval was all this, like, just as fun, because it was like, I'm just some magic idiot who's summoning a big guy to tank my hits, and I'm just rolling <laughs> around eventually naked, like, avoiding... <laughs> All damn, like just I I ran low vitality, like I still only have twenty one vitality. Um, yeah, so like <laughs> that's I, why you took the armor off because it doesn't matter. You, I have, you yeah, I'm as well once be na- you're dead. I'm as well be naked. <laughs> right, yeah. that's, that's balanced, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, so I'm light, light as hell now. Um, that's great. But yeah, I which just started pouring my um my level ups into intelligence. Um, one thing I will say in regards to balance and leveling really quick is I definitely did farm experience, um, a lot of experience early in the game, um, in the East grade. Yeah. That East Kalid plateau. Area yeah. The East Kalid plateau. All the little goblins. Yeah. The little goblin. Yeah. The, yeah, the, uh, the vulgar militia scattered throughout the hills. The little- there. <laughs> yeah. They're worth, uh, they're worth over a thousand, uh, runes early on and th- so i could just i ended up getting that thing down almost blindfolded like <laughs> which is bad uh yeah. and then i would just i would just farmed intelligence levels until i could get the spells i wanted to push a little bit further in the game and so it, it was good to have that because i'm just i'm the type of person who can do a monotonous task repeatedly like that over and over and over again and and to at least get reward out of it that way like it didn't feel too tainted <laughs> it felt yeah felt not too yeah. bad i but. mean yeah but uh, it's it, weird. I we still have this the mystery of like I did not farm, but I was very strategic about my runes, about making sure mm. I wasn't losing them, and I ended up like thirty levels higher than everyone else when I finished the game, and I'm just still like sort of fascinated by that. I don't yeah. know. How. I don't care about runes really. You just like just I just play the game. You just get them naturally anyway. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I would just you know if I went into a boss. And I was close to leveling up. I would just make sure to level up before I went in. So I, I mm. did not lose a lot of them. Uh, and I remember what I wanted to say, Joe, when you were saying how like you don't enjoy uh, the the way that summons sort of, I don't know, take away the Cinematic. essence of the boss fights and yeah. cinematics. Um, I, I wanted to clarify that. Uh, I, I really like taking the piss, as you would say, yeah. out of these games, uh, basically. That's part of the charm for me is just being like, how many, like, I'm going to summon this other person and, uh, and you know, this guy and we're just going to run in there and fuck him up really quickly and it's going to make me laugh uh, because uh, these games have been giving me the middle finger for so many years. <laughs> Why don't I get the upper hand and uh, give them the middle finger? But it did, uh, unfortunately, sort of wrap back around to being like, oh, I'm not really getting anything out of these fights at a yeah. certain point. Yeah. You know? It's definitely a tricky game to find that sweet spot. I think But it's- also, yeah, like, I don't want to hit my head against the wall because i just don't like boss fights right so it's like i don't know <laughs> yeah. like this is the only way for me to have gotten through that game is just by doing that i and i say 
I think what I really wanted was just more more bosses like Melania, where I'm just like, ah, I got to get some humans in here as well. Then we'll have a good time. Yeah. Uh, because I would have thrown my computer out the window trying to play this game anything other than the easiest way possible yeah. because the bosses are so fucking obnoxious. <laughs> I think when it comes to the balance issue, I just I don't know how they ever accomplish it because... Yeah. One thing that's immensely commendable about the game is just the unbelievable variety of ways to play it, from weapons oh, yeah. and armor, mm -hmm. uh, magic spells, shields, uh, new ways to use weapons, weapon arts, jump attacks, all this stuff. There's just so many ways to play this game that it just, I don't know, they probably did their best, best and it's just like not a feasible thing to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like in the hands of the player to figure it out on their own. And uh, sometimes it's going to come together for some people and like maybe not for others. And some bosses are going to work for you and some are going to feel weird and janky. And yeah, it's again, it's just so hard not to segue around. But this game, I think, crumbles under its own scope at times. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Like the balance issues come out of the game's incredibly commendable range of items, weapons and ways to play it. Totally. Which, you know, for, for every like great thing they did when it comes to scale and diversity, I think it comes back to bite the game a little bit. Um, you know, there's a, there's a debate to be said, like, did they go too far with these things? Or is it always good to get more for your money, more areas, more, more places to explore, more weapons? Mm. Uh, you know, maybe that's a debate for another day. But I do think the scale of this game comes back to bite it. Uh, I don't know if you want to say anything more about magic times, Ben, because we're kind of skipping all over the place here. It's hard not to. I can't disagree with that point. Like, I think the and uh, yeah, jumping all over the place is probably yeah. just how it's gonna. It's jazz, baby. It's always jazz. So jazz, baby. It's all jazz, baby. Uh, I, like the mountaintop, like felt like it could have gone. Like I probably agree. Like it, yeah. yeah. If you either like either take the time to put a bit more up there, uh, but like. There's an entire western half where there's nothing to do other than the invisible assassin city. Uh, like <laughs> that is so fucking annoying. That place, I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I I had a great time going through it. I think they probably could have cut twenty five hours out of this game, and it would have been way better. Jesus, like, uh, I did I think... sixty hours of Limgrave. Limgrave could have been a goddamn game, and I'd have been satisfied. <laughs> could have been, yeah, like, yeah. It could have been. Yeah. Like I think they, I think they either needed to just cut. Maybe, yeah, 15, 20% of the game or delay it by like another eight months to make the last 20% yeah. have like literally anything yeah. new in it because it doesn't. Like after the capital, the game for me really went downhill after the capital. Mm. It's just, yeah, it ran out, com it completely ran out of ideas after the capital. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would not... say that the Limgrave, mm. Kaled, Liernia, Mount Gelmir. Oh. And the capital stretch is like one of the greatest segments out of crazy. Like, in video game history. It's just like yeah, almost crazy. Flawless. Well, because also incorporated in that section is like my favorite part, which is the big underground journey you go to oh, yeah. once Radon yes. is defeated, where you, yeah. there are like four or five different areas that all lead into each other. But yeah, that's all sort of included in that. And then the capital or post capital is just like we have no new enemies. We have no new bosses. Well, that's not true. There are some, the main the story bosses are new and they're good, uh, but they, they just felt like they really ran out of ideas uh, to flush yeah. that back third or quarter or even less of a quarter of the game out, uh, which is too bad. I wonder if it was COVID related. They're like yeah, very I would, quiet yeah. about the development stuff, so we don't know. But there must say. have been some effect, right? 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. At some definitely. point in the game, it gets like borderline suspicious when you're just fighting like <laughs> two Earth Tree avatars together now. Yeah. <laughs> two of these fat trolls together. Two trees yeah. Two crystal knights. Godskin duo. Two of them. And it's and like, it's oh, like, here's uh, one of these little fucking stone imps jumping out from a, around the corner of a of a fucking catacomb wall and you're like oh i haven't haven't seen that dragon, trick in oh wait six left. minutes since you last did that yeah. trick on me like come on guys what are we doing yeah and this is you know we're kind of naturally segueing that segueing yeah. that way but as i was saying the game kind of crumbles under under its own weight a little bit yeah um the duplicating boss fights go too far this is not a oh, new hot totally. take i'm sure everyone talked about it in their reviews but it it's not just repetitive because i actually think i think there's some merit to repeating boss fights because you get to feel yourself get better at the boss fights i i quite mm-hmm. enjoyed my second encounter with falling falling star beast i think it's called mm-hmm. right because my first uh Oof. first fight took two hours in the mine because yep. I, I had a shitty pokey weapon and he was borderline immune to it but i was like fuck it the balance has been so weird with this game i will take a difficult boss fight and then I found him on the mountain and it took me like 50 minutes and it was satisfying because I had learned every single one of his moves and it was right. rewarding to be like, oh shit, this guy again, I'm in for hell. And then be like, oh wait, no, I know every single move he's going to do and I just destroyed him. So there is merit to repeating boss fights, but there's, there's like repeated boss fights in this game, which I don't know if I just don't understand the lore, but they just seem so weird. Like when Margit just appears in a field... And Godfrey is just in an ever jail, and it's like, huh? What the fuck is this? Is there law behind this? Oh right, yeah. And then like Astil of the natural born void mm, or whatever, yeah. that giant alien thing, is like a super yeah. cool moment. And then just and there's just a second one, and it's like, she's oh, just there oh again my god, I couldn't in, believe, in cat, I could yeah. not believe it when I saw her the sec it the second time. Yeah, could and not it, believe it. That's like a quite a special moment. Yeah, and the yeah, because that for first me, moment you, where you see her is like, holy fucking yeah, you're shit, in the look wrong game. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. But yeah. the worst one for me, which I was quite sad about, is I think one of the most amazing moments in the entire game was when you first met the dragon in Limgrave. It's mm-hmm. a really dramatic and unexpected moment. Oh, and yeah. It's, even though yeah. the game is running like shit in that area, which, I mean, we can kind of touch <laughs> on if you want. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that moment has been a little bit soured forever after fighting 17 of them. Like, when I do a new playthrough, I'm not fighting that guy again because I fought 14 dragons and I don't want to fight anymore ever mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And again, like, maybe it's COVID stuff. I would actually just like if they were, like, more honest about that stuff, but I don't know. Japanese developers are quite tight-lipped about practices. Yeah, they're kind of a black hole. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, if it's COVID, fair enough. Um, but this game just feels like the map designers ran away with it and everyone was trying to catch up a little bit, and they didn't. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it for sure. Well, I would say, yeah, the map designers and the combat, like, weaponed people were just like, we're cranking weapon out every day. You guys <laughs> yeah. want to keep keep up with the enemies in the balance? And the balance team is like one guy just being like, oh my god, what are you doing? I can't. There's copy and paste, copy and yeah. paste, copy and paste. Oh fuck, oh fuck, how many hours till launch? Uh, and that's too bad because, yeah, it's, oh yeah, like... The, like you said, the variety of combat options is staggering, and I feel like at some point we just need to have like a dedicated level design. Just like you could talk about the level design in this game for the rest of time, probably. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Holy cow! It's remarkable. It's, it's unbelievable. Yes, truly, truly astonishing how well designed every square inch of the world is. It, um, it might be the greatest map ever made in video games. I, I cannot believe it. Sometimes, still, I'm looking at it yeah. right now, and I yeah, oh yeah, and I just yeah. can't. 
believe every part of it and then it's all connected <laughs> like yeah, what right the... without loading well more or less, yeah. yeah 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 the catacombs there's a tiny load no there isn't no what am i saying the no, lifts no the loading. lift no the lifts the lifts are no but there's like load. no loading screen is what i mean yeah i do think that each individual player's revelation of the map size might have been the greatest moment in the game because <laughs> yeah. like, i looked at playing the, the game the night you posted that image, I looked at it, and I was You're like, like... You are fucking joking. It can't be that big, me? right? Yeah, and I, I, mean, I enjoyed watching... Uh, I watched Seagull play through that game when I was working for a lot of stuff, and, and like every three days he would find a new map fragment and just be like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. <laughs> what? How it far north crazy. does this go? It, yeah, yeah, it was, oh, it was wild. This is where like, like, the game gets hard to review because parts of yeah. it are just unbelievably incredible. Yeah. Like, but also the vastness and like the it's value problem. for money you get is like problematic to some other areas. Totally. But it's like, should we be criticizing it being like the greatest and biggest game map and like the biggest amount of content in this like format of game ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's still you know you can still critique something while also mm-hmm. saying it's the best that's it's yeah. ever been because totally. nothing's per- ever perfected and and this despite how truly remarkable the level design is all the way through to the end of the oh, game. Yeah. Like God. it's not like it falls apart in the last 10 or 15 hours. No. Like they, they keep the secrets going right to the very end. And mm-hmm. um, that's I think all even amazing. the mountaintops is still pretty cool. I think yeah, there's some really is. cool design in that area. Oh especially, yeah. Yeah. Especially when sure. you're, especially when you're heading up towards, you know, when you're heading up towards fire giant, like it gets a little bit, oh, more, yeah. it gets a little bit more intentional when you see, like when you actually see the graveyard of frost giants up there and you're, trying to maneuver around and, and go across a little bridge yeah and there's giant halberds and yeah it's yeah and then hands yeah, and then you like go into Ferramazula and it's and it's oh my this god ridiculously complicated visually astonishing thing mm-hmm. uh and you know so yeah they keep it up all the way through but it does come at a cost and it's n- the level design i don't think is ever the problem it's other things reacting to the level design other parts of the game design having to react to the massive scale mm. and failing to properly fill out the level design i don't think the level design itself is ever really anything less than incredible yeah it's just that like they it's but yeah i know what you mean it is the map is too big because they they ran out of ideas and content in areas so it's like mm-hmm. Do you cut something, or do you ship it, or do you delay it to to fill in those gaps better? Uh, I, I don't know what the answer is for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, this yeah, is the just, first attempt at doing an open-world game, so this stuff will probably get refined as this franchise obviously goes on to continue in Elden Ring 2. I guess. I don't know. But yeah, yeah for, probably. For a first attempt, I think, yeah, they maybe just bit off more than, than they could chew in certain areas, or, you know, the art designers or just COVID. ran away with it, and they're like, uh, I don't know, put yeah. a nerd tree avatar there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a ghost. I think Blue my dragon, favorite thing. My, <laughs> my favorite thing about the level design is like there are numerous zones that feel like uh like arcane levels, like dishonored or prey. Like th- here are these huge chunks of Elden Ring that feel like half of a whole standalone other game. Oh. You know, where it's like the interconnectivity of Stormvale Castle. Of, oh, yeah. of the the downtown capital region uh of you know here's mount gelmir and it's not a very big area on the map and then the volcano manor is like two square inches on the map that's a hundred square inches or a thousand square inches and you're like 
well, this shouldn't take long. And then you spend seven hours there yeah, because yeah. it's so interconnected and there's so much verticality everywhere you look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you eventually, like 20 hours into the game, you realize there are entire under, there's an entire underground map as well. Uh, and it's also full of crazy shit. And the, the way that they let you see stuff that you can't get to for 80 hours. And then when you finally get there, you're like, oh, shit. I'm finally at the blood palace that's I've seen off in the distance mm, for so oh, long. Oh man! Oh yeah! That was like I, when I saw it, I was like, "Sure shit, sure shit." I'm getting over there. Like, oh yeah! I couldn't believe actually getting over there, and it just it was over there. <laughs> like it looks like their staging, it, their framing is unbelievable. Yes, because yes, that oh, oh, like yeah. that thing it, looked unreal sitting over there, and then you are just on it and fight mom. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's cracked. I don't understand. Like it might be the, the tree for like fifty hours and then finally getting there in the capital. Yeah, yeah. It, it might be the only game that actually lives up to that like meme of if you can see it, you can go to it because like <laughs> in every other game there is eventually like a mountain you can't get over or a sea you yeah. can't cross. But in here it's just they they smartly made it just one big island, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's just ocean on all sides and. Every single piece of terrain you can see, you end up there at some point. And mm-hmm. that's uh, pretty pretty wild. And, so, and yeah, the ping-ponging around the environment and slowly mapping it out and figuring out how you get to, like, the starting zone eventually or, or you know, off to the, oh, yeah. like I said, the tree or... Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. To the that, level design is unreal. Yeah, it's to, amazing. To that point, I think what I'm, like, what I keep... But I get a little frustrated with almost I at almost out of adoration for this game is that it is just it is if you took the combat away it's kind of like death it's just Death Stranding really you're just walking around a big <laughs> you're just walking around a big map uh, so, yeah I guess so so that's not really resource intensive right oh, yeah but no here's here's the thing okay. Like, why aren't every like what what are we wasting resources on in other games? When it, like this game has a giant walking map and a dozen NPCs that can talk and they speak mm-hmm. like a dozen sentences. No, sorry, they whisper twelve riddles. And <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and so like it's 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 not a complex thing they have here. It is on paper. Yes. It is. Yeah, it I know, is, yes. and it isn't, and that's what I don't yes. understand. That's what I don't understand. I think, I think you're right. I think like the deep blueprints of the game are actually pretty straightforward. It's just like quantity, sure, and execution. Because like, yeah. yeah, you could have a big map, yeah, uh, and they, you know, and they we have see a big that map a lot. <laughs> we see, and we lot. see many big maps, but a thousand planets, <laughs> right? Oh, <God>. Yeah, <laughs> um, but there's there's a an intention with their design and a, and an intricacy with the design of the map that just <sighs> doesn't come across without you playing all of it. Mm-hmm. And it's something that no other open world game has because games are really flat. They're really, really flat, you know? Uh, and, and I mean that like fairly literally, even though like something like horizon forbidden West, the map is completely fucking flat. Like, okay. Yeah. You go up, a ma- you go up some mountains but everything is on just the surface level of the terrain is what I mean. Whereas this game, you know, yeah, there's, you see a little thing and then it turns out you can go up 
40 stories and down 40 stories and it's and then there are things designed all throughout that those 40 stories up and down uh there's a certain there's just a like a waviness to mm. the to where they put things uh, horizontal or vertically that is missing in most other games mm-hmm. uh, which is too bad breath of the wild was a little better at it um sure and that's part of why yeah. that game you know people love that design of that world so much there is a fair amount of more extremes but i feel like just the the addition of the underground really oh fucks my with things in this game and, yeah. and then also just the way they stack their building design on top of itself yeah. so it's just like here's a little square castle and then there's seven or ten hours of of weird hallways to figure out how to get around uh it's but it's not just that sort of stuff. It's also like we've talked about, just the way that they hide a pathway over here, mm-hmm. or the catacomb entrances weirdly hidden behind this tree, and mm-hmm. things like that. That are amazing. Ugh. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, just like before we move on from the map, just yeah, like the yeah. art design in this game is just off the scale when it comes to oh. variety, and also I just like love the. I don't know. Uh, it's just. Dark Souls is, you know, fantasy, medieval, Bloodborne mm-hmm. is Lovecraftian, and I just feel like Elden Ring doesn't have as many rules. It's it both. kind of it, yeah, it kind of does what it wants. Mm. Uh, and the I think, secret to the lore is that it's both of those things, and that's what makes it so cool with yeah. the design. Yeah. I think it has the best design out of any of the games in terms of I think everything. I like the map and the different locations. I think the enemy and boss design from just like aesthetics and what they look like is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and this game creates like a good sense of uncertainty and you never really know what to expect. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just, I think as the game went along, there was just like so many weird, gross, cool looking things throughout. Just cool art it's, everywhere it's you very, really look this game. It's very eclectic. It's just like, here's goblins, here's chival- chivalric knights, you know, uh, here's <laughs> yeah. giant spiders, here mm. are... Here's a hand, uh, but a big, here's a big, big oh, hand giant hand. Here are chrome blobs that look like they fell out of a 1990s like Windows screensaver. Like, yeah, yeah, here's those a ones giant. fucked me up. And those ones here, fucked up. here's a big <laughs> ant. Yeah, yeah, here's a big <laughs> ant. Uh, here's a here's weird you. like cat person. <laughs> here's you. Yes, I love that fight. It's so good. And yeah. and environmentally is the same way where it's just like ah fields and daisies and uh, sheep oh lovely and then it's like here's a weird manor built around a volcano here's this rotting yeah. pustule ridden landscape hell oh, nightmare Caleb is so good uh, oh, here's this um, beautiful beautiful over designed city you know that yeah. all these things it's it's it is so. Again, on paper, you're like, this wouldn't, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, you can't have all those things in one game. But they do it, and they, they pull it off effortlessly with that variety, for sure. It's yeah. Fantasy, I feel like people, I feel like I dislike fantasy because of how generic it usually is. Like mm-hmm. Skyrim, you know, it's just like quintessential fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a good reminder that, oh, actually, fantasy, like sci-fi, you can do literally anything you want with it. Yeah. It just you have to put in the effort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they have all they, you know, they've been slowly stepping up their art team just like oh, constantly over the last 10 years. We saw them really pop off with Bloodborne and they haven't disappointed since then. And mm-hmm. they just keep getting crazier. Yeah. I think I mean it kind of ties into the map 
I, I, I sure. do want to like talk about what's on offer to do. Mm. I love I, that. I think, yeah. You know, a big complaint about Breath of the Wild, which is a, a nice side by side people like to uh, compare it to, mm-hmm. is that it was just shrines and then the what are they called the legendary monsters or some shit. The divine Legis- beasts. Divine beasts. And, you know, you see the patterns emerge very quickly with the shrines. And I think Elden Ring is better. I, yeah. I like the catacombs. I, I really like especially the uh, hero graves with the horrible chariots mm. and lava. Uh, I like the weird, uh, like, magic puzzle towers. There's some yes. really strange ones. Yeah. But I do feel like the game needed, like, one or two more things to keep the magic alive throughout the game. Yeah, like, like activity said, types, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, Jameson, near the end, like mountaintops of the giants or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Around there, you just like, you've been with the game for so long that you kind of start to see the format unveil itself. You understand a hero's grave. You know it's what's going to be in there. You open up another crypt and you kind of know exactly what it's going to look like. And yeah. I don't think any of the side activities, whatever you want to call them, are bad. I, I think they're all cool. I just think maybe it needed to either introduce something new for the end or just up the variety within those because uh, the patterns emerge near the end and mm-hmm. some of the magic really did vanish in the end. I think a lot of people complained that the difficulty ramped up too high in the last quarter. Mm-hmm. And for me, I didn't mind it too much. It definitely was harder, but it was just seeing the patterns and kind yeah. of oh, knowing totally. what was going to happen. And I, I still think, even with that critique, that every now and then there would be something which broke the rules, like in Mountaintops of the Giants, where there's that strange village with the invisible assassins and the archers on the rooftops, which is a horrible fucking nightmare. But at least it's something like different and interesting. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the game needed a couple more of those because of how long it is. Mm-hmm. There it's, was a very, like, like, it's a very unpredictable game. And then yeah. having it become predictable is disappointing, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, when you see the mausoleum for the first time, it's a crazy moment, and the dragon and Limbo, yes. and you kind of yeah. feel like the game could do anything, and it kind of just treads the same beats for a little while. Mm. And I don't think those beats are bad. I just, I don't know, the magic of the game at the beginning is so potent and strong that losing it is, I don't know, you feel it. I think that's maybe a lot of where people's discontent of the back quarter comes from, is you just like see the same enemies, the same tricks, the same side activities. And there isn't just, I don't know, it needed like a moment, I think. A couple yeah. of moments to the end. I've been nodding my head a lot for the last couple of minutes while you said <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I, you get my the favorite... crumbling Farron and Missoula, and it's like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then just like yeah. four of the electric dragons pop down. It's like, ugh, God. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. And there's more talent, more uh, saber footed birds. Oh, and, man. Uh, those, I love those, those damn fuckers. Things. Yeah. Uh, birds with knives on their feet. Like, I loved the little chunk right around the capital where they there are three different catacombs that all really mess with the rules and what oh, yeah. and the expectations of what a catacomb can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all sort of fairly close together. Yeah. Um. And there's we, that yeah. one in the sewers that is like the wall yep. into the catacombs is broken, and then you go in and it's this very. Anyways, there's three of them all sort of in that area, and those were all amazing. I loved. Yeah. All of them because they're so weird and because they break the rules that you had expected, uh, and it's it is too bad related to what you just said. That like they all the catacombs after the capital and there aren't many. There's like eight, ten. Uh, they none of them do anything weird. They are all just yeah linear, shitty, annoying catacombs, and that it's, that's it's, yeah. yeah. 
it's not a huge area of critique. It's just something no. that I felt. And I feel like it's going to be hard to keep the feeling of like a fresh discovery through 100 hours. But I don't know. You just you just feel it at the end. And it's just kind of like a bit sad when you lose that magic and you feel this like, uh, I don't know. It just starts to feel familiar. And at the yeah. beginning, it was so new and interesting. And it's just a shame to lose that. And, you know, this is the first time they've ever done this. So I understand some of these things are going to be hard to master on this scale. But yeah, it was just a little sad. And that that was sort of compounded to, or additive to me with the uh, my fatigue with the combat and just the playstyle and just being like, this solution I found works for everything. And now also the game has run out of new things to show me and it's going mm-hmm. on for too long and there's the same enemies and it's more challenging. And, and it was just you like, probably like found your build and are not going to change your weapons because no, the exactly. materials are rare and... Yeah, and it's like, well, I can't, yeah, exactly, I can't, I'm not going to spec out into something else just to make the game more interesting to me, because A, I don't want to, and B, I can't, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that, those, those last, like, 20, 15 to 20 hours were really unenjoyable for me, I, mm. I, would, I would say. I was I just like, I couldn't agree. wait to yeah. fucking get, a, get the game done yeah. for, like, 20, the last 20 hours. I'm like, I was just running to the next boss, just being like, let's get this, I want this game out of my life, I'm so over it, <laughs> I'm so bored by all of this shit, mm. uh, and it's like, it's always a bummer when you degree. end on a low note, you know? Yeah. Uh, I definitely didn't get to that point, I, I still <laughs> enjoyed myself all the way through, but yeah. I think that has been said quite often. Mm. Uh, like, our friend Dawson, who was playing alongside us, didn't even finish the game, I think he oh, dropped yeah. off Mountaintop of the Giants, and I think a lot of people really really didn't like that last segment mm. yeah uh, i personally still had fun uh, but yeah for me just like the magic wasn't really there yeah. i'm glad we are doing this a long time after i beat it because it i you know that the heat would have been brought fades off yeah and i always like doing you know our top 10 at the end of the year especially when we're discussing games that came out quite a while earlier in the year because it's always easiest to just really figure out how you feel about a game for me at least after time and it's like mm-hmm. you know when i think back on elden ring in six months how will i what will i really remember about it and i'm still not 100 percent sure yet but if we had recorded it right after i'd finished the game i would have been like i would have been a big debbie downer for a lot of that i think uh, totally. yeah um before we can leave bosses is or is this the boss talk i can't remember where we are anymore. to you ben is there anything you want to you know say about is the game still like fresh and fun for you you've been over 160 hours so you played more than us uh, well at this point like uh, at this point i'm so deep in the spaghetti of the game <laughs> that it's like like i i don't have anything else to do like i am at the end and yeah um and so like that that is a little bit frustrating like i i would otherwise be exploring new stuff and having fun in that regard but i don't have anything else to explore like i do i love good sign loved every inch of exploring the world um some some catacombs i did have to bounce out of but i always tried to fuck around in everyone i got into um because why not but yeah to, to speak on formula as well knowing a mine from a mine and a catacomb from a catacomb from mm-hmm. a, yeah it was yeah it was i would agree that it does it does does get a little stale in that regard yeah but, um but not no like a huge complaint but it definitely does i found uh 
traversing the world and things to do. Like I like I love walking around these spaces. Like mm-hmm, for sure. Um, not to harp on the map again, but like I still can't like Leonie the Lakes is crazy. Like mm-hmm. especially when you uh, step out of Stormvale for that first time and overlook it, and then you can walk and anywhere you see when you overlook that vista, like you see the top of. Uh, uh, Ray Lucaria, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, and then, but like beyond it, you can see Galmir. Like it's that like a painting. Yeah, that it's spot yeah. is just nuts. Like mm-hmm. it's nuts. Everyone has a screen. Like everybody took their screenshot. Like it's that. Yeah, like, the, the share button exists for spots like that. Like it's crazy. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't say I found myself running out of things to do until there was nothing to do. Yeah, it's um, good, man. but it, I guess yeah, which is a, which is a good thing. Um, I was I did find myself quite thorough. I would not say I left a lot of stones unturned, yeah, except for night hours. Except for nighttime, to, like ex- I'm right there with Jameson, where um I just never found myself playing the game in its night setting. Um, yeah, it's a bit obtuse to just like yeah. change to night and look for bosses. I think I did see a message on the ground, which we could obviously talk about messages because holy frag, man, what. <laughs> Right, man. But uh, I did see a message on the ra- ground in a spot that said "Try Night," um, and mm-hmm. I did. And there was there was a giant boss, and I was like, "No, <laughs> I'm not ready." <laughs> no, yeah, a death bird. I think it was like along a beach. It was along the beach in uh, Limgrave somewhere. Uh, maybe uh, in the Weeping Peninsula, I think. Um, but anyway, hmm. yeah, I uh, <laughs> yeah, things because <laughs> I'm sure there's like a lot. I'm sure there's just so much that we have done that each of us have done that the other ones hadn't done and we would just have no way of knowing or explaining because yeah one thing the game does extremely well as well i find is just allowing you to go in any direction to its dead yeah, to its detriment or to its benefit yeah Be- being being allowed to go anywhere and everywhere off the jump is just nuts because yeah i found myself once i got into the challenge of caleb i did not want to leave it um, same same yeah I uh I, like uh, castle Redmane alone i must have sunk yeah so many hours in at a very low level too and then i left for a bit and then came back got a little bit further and yeah like i never even saw Redmane with enemies <laughs> that's crazy I think, can, I think you can go back after you defeat redan and i think it's repopulated I think I might have done that, yeah. I think I actually even might have told you how to do that. I think it's I did not, eventually go back and yeah. do that. But, not that but, interesting. It's just a bunch of dudes, but I think it opened yeah. some doors, I, th- I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I avoided Caleb for a long time. Sure. I love that place. Yeah, and I, I, I wish that there was, like, the Breath of the Wild, you know, track your movement throughout the whole game. God, and I yeah, wish. Yeah, that'd be so, so cool. Bad. And I, I kept a Photoshop document fairly up to date up until about the capital area with dates for each of the my like big chunks of nice. movement around so i can i could go back and check you know roughly when i got to caleb uh but it's a shame that they i would love to compare our paths because i bet they're completely different and i bet there's some big holes on each of ours you know where it's mm-hmm. like oh completely fucking miss that <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, which is man. great i love missing things in games honestly i know uh like i know joe you don't um, no, I've had a completionist but, brain forever, dude. Yeah, oh. I, I like, I don't know. That's just how my brain always has been. Where it's just like, I'm quite content knowing that, like, I'm gonna miss that thing or mm. not see this. Or depends you know. on the game for me. I'm getting better at it. Yeah, podcast. definitely. Yeah. Like where I played The Witcher Three and I missed, I skipped every question mark. I was like, man, I don't like these. If I sure. like, if I, if I know what it's gonna be, I'm not really that interested. But if it's like unique and interesting content, I want to see it all. Mm-hmm. 
Were there any side quests in the game that you gave a shit about this one? Um, no, I didn't really like listen, but yeah, same. I oh, yeah, I like that. Ship was fucked. <laughs> I just damn. wish they were more fun to like figure out and do. Because, like, yeah. the world seems cool, the characters seem cool, I just don't like the chore of, like, talking to someone. I really hate the shit where it's like, rest at the grace, get up, talk, rest at the grace. I hate that shit. Oh, I yeah. So unintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. hate just, like, checking it's locations. Fo- it's a bit phony. The, obviously, the update, which actually, like, labelled them as a good improvement, but uh, except for, I think it was Rani's that had that dragon boss quest. Was it Rani? Like, had that unique uh, lich dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did that, and I did a bunch of others that gave, like, good rewards. I, I just um, just don't really find them very interesting because there's not, like, unique gameplay elements to them. I did, like, the assassination contracts in uh, the... What's it called? Yeah, Volcano Four, Manor. Volca- Volcano mm. Manor. That, they, those were fun. I yeah, missed I just, that entire I need, chain. <laughs> I need there to be, like, some gameplay tied to the quest. I don't really just want to walk around and talk to people back and forward. Mm. Um, I, I appreciate that all that stuff is optional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people really like the law, and I think From Software have always done a good job of making it peripheral for people who don't give a shit, or people mm-hmm. who are invested actually usually get like a ton of stuff if they are interested yeah. in it, which I think is a good way of doing it. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would be more involved if the quests were a bit more hands-on with gameplay stuff, I think. Mm. Mm. I like the lore in all their games. I dislike their storytelling in all mm. their games. They ha- because... Their storytelling? The way they tell the story uh, through NP... Well, I like the way they tell the story of the lore through vague bits and pieces. I dislike how they tell the story of the actual, like, A to B plots of the game through their weird fucking stilted, like, creepy kind of slightly out of it dialogue where it's all just like, Greetings, Tarnished. What (laughs) dost thou want from me on this thine lovely day? I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm not listening. Like, I just... My brain just tunes it all out, and I—it's so hard to keep up with that stuff. Uh, and and it feels—it's always felt to me like a very disconnected from like what the actual experience of the game is in a weird way. Like, FromSoft games are very video gamey, mm-hmm. um, and then in the sense that you know you're respawning on these points, you're upgrading yourself, all these weird video gamey mechanics are there, but then they have like this these very self-serious characters talking at you and it's always just a one-way thing and they mm. tell you vague riddles about how to go do something and then you have to, like Joe said, you have to rest three times and find the item in your menu and then talk to someone about it and you <laughs> then you get another riddle from someone and you're like, I just, I just don't Here, hold this finger. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just don't care about any of it, but I really like the lore in all their games it's just that i don't get the lore from the game itself i get it from someone else's video about the lore basically yeah, uh, and the lore in this game was is fascinating it's bizarre uh and it's really really interesting but and i there were times where i was like i was enjoying reading the item descriptions because those paint little like mm-hmm. vignettes about parts of the world i like all that stuff a lot but the actual side quests i never paid attention to any of them i somehow just stumbled through the ronnie and fia quests almost completely by accident and had Mm -hmm. i looked up i think i had to look up like one step at the end for each of them uh and then you could name any character in the game and i don't think i'd be able to tell you who they are aside from those two people and (laughs) Blythe. like i Mm -hmm. i I have no idea who anyone in that game is uh 
Yeah, and I, I just did, don't really care. I did quite a few of them. They're, they're okay. I don't know. I think you went pretty deep, didn't you, Ben? I did Alexander's. I got Bach done. I did Millicent. And I did got Ron. I'm going to get the Ronnie ending. Yeah, I think I did, I think I I did ca- the same. I did. did yeah. So I guess this is. I guess yeah. This is all loose spoilers or mega spoilers. Oh, yada yada. Game uh, came out six months ago. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did kill. Yeah, I killed the dung eater down in the jail. Like, oh I yeah, didn't me think too. I ever found him. Which I. Or no, I yeah. I like I killed him dead, and I like that. Hell yeah. Like, that blocked me off from uh, the flaming frenzy ending, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I need to I look into him next time I play. Yeah. Um. Because he tells you, he tells you at the round table that he's down in the sewers, of the capital. Mm-hmm. And, and to go his corporeal uh, form. Yeah. So and he asks you like to join him and put his scourge over the world. And I was like, what, no, dog. What's the law behind that guy? Is he eating the poo poo? Uh, he, he like of. yeah, he like is the bad. Like he's <laughs> just like pure chaos and wants to kill everyone. And uh, it's too, Joe. It's too complicated to answer <laughs> yeah, that question. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Because, like, uh, everyone is trying to, when they die, is trying to get to the Erd Tree, so basically they can go to, like, heaven or whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. and he puts these curses on people that just stop, They it just, like, kills them completely, like, it kills their spirit completely, and he just wants to do that to the entire world, so that there's just, like, nothing left no, it can be of anything ever. Uh, nice. And <laughs> nice. also likes likes the poo poo. Yeah, definitely likes to eat it. Yeah, pilgrim. But yeah, it's uh... <laughs> uh, I, 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 I Hugh as well. Like Hugh and um, Hugh. Who's yeah. Hugh? Oh, is that the you black hate Hugh? Yeah, you hate Hugh. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Hugh I did, and yeah. Rodrika. I did like their. Rodrika. They had a really nice quest. Yeah, she's your spirit tuning. Uh, oh, okay, right. I think yes. I did that. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I did a, bit, a bunch. Their whole, their whole quest is you just talk to them back and forth a bunch, and <laughs> it's it's yeah. really sweet because she's like, yeah, he takes her under his wing, and then she's like, I'm really concerned about it. He like is obsessed with making the god killing weapon, uh, mm-hmm. he, and then he's like, it's all he thinks about, and then he forgets himself and why he's there, and she's just like, she's like, I can't leave him because he taught me everything I know, so I got to stay with him, and then like. The round table's on fire, and they're both still there. And you're like, they're both still here. It seems like there are some nice storylines. I've, I've definitely seen people get really attached to some of the character and stuff. I want to make you in a I way. Make, I want to make Hugh the Elden Lord, like the uh, the little the the weird snake daughter in the volcano manor. Yes, um, yes. Oh, like, yeah. What was that? I don't I, know. I didn't see. I missed that entire quest line because I had no idea it was even there. So yeah, she is. Yeah, she. Her mom who like runs the manor is talking to you basically like lied to her about uh her affliction like it being able to like changing from a human to a serpent <laughs> and anyway basically at one point you can ask she asked you to put her out of her misery it's like i did and it's like sad yeah it's but you can also free her sad. i think and and sort of like the, there's an alternative path where i think you sort of let like help her be I think comfortable just... with her weird snake person body, and she's like, "Thank you," and then Aww. she goes off on her own. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. God it, damn it. Yeah, you fucked up. You got to replay the whole game now. I will. I can't believe you killed her. I wasn't happy to do it. I tried to I tell never her that she was her, beautiful. So. <sighs> I tried to tell her she was beautiful and then she... with a knife. No. <laughs> oh god, no! Oh jeez. <laughs> oh god. Uh, but no, I I thought yeah, I think I think that's. All twelve NPCs. We talk- no, just I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything with Jaren. 
Uh, Blythe was cool. I did, uh, and then I did Alexander's Quest all the way to the end. Alexander the Great Jar. Oh, oh yeah, okay, he was cool. Jar, right? Yeah. Oh, I missed him. I went to Crumbling Pharaoh Missoula and I saw him. I, I just couldn't figure out how to get there. So I just I completely oh, missed yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I watched Ben finish that quest. <gasps> yeah. mm-hmm. You killed the man. I did. Yeah. He challenged me. a really me. powerful talisman out of that. Yeah. yeah, I heard. Yeah, buffs your weapon art damage by a huge amount. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, the, the weapon arts are great. Just gonna they are. They're very good. Drop that. That's such a cool addition. Mm, yeah. yeah. Sure. The only other thing I would say <laughs> about the story. Yeah. Yeah. Is like the nerdy part of me. We had this sort of discussion briefly in the Discord where it's like, I love how much some of the characters revere the their the world itself, if that makes sense. Like mm. the opening cutscene with that narrator is so fucking good. Oh man. Because Play he it. is like literally in a state of ecstasy describing how sick the world was before you arrived and mm-hmm. and you're just like walking through this crumbling hell you know disaster of a world but there was once something amazing there and I, they've always been really good at that in all their games they, they mm-hmm. have they take their worlds very seriously in a way that isn't off-putting because like serious tone can be really exhausting sometimes but like most games aren't worthy of being self-serious. The, their games, their worlds, they are worthy of being self-serious because they are so thoroughly thought out and creative and unique and clever. And uh, But also it's like I, not I, afraid to be goofy at times, which is what I like about them as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, or just outright weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all the gods in this game are fucking aliens. Like they're aliens mm-hmm. uh, in this weird medieval fantasy world that, and so, you know, yeah. Anyways, that that's the last point. I just wish more games struck that tone. Mm. Uh, it's hard to do because it requires them coming up with a really really cool world, and then also talking about it in a serious manner that isn't exhausting and boring in the way that probably like Starfield's writing probably will be. Let's say. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. What was? Yeah. We'll get to yeah. That. Well, or you know, there are other better examples of games that, or like Dying Light. You know, Dying Light 2, completely self-serious, the most self-serious game most of the time. And it's not worthy of that because it's just a dumb fucking zombie game. And it's like, mm-hmm. who gives a shit? Uh, anyways, that's that's all. I think that's for why me. for the, the scope of the game, for the scope of the game, the narrative delivery being so underhanded was just extremely effective for me. Like, I just, I was yeah. hanging on every word that everyone was saying to the yeah. point. Because, like, because there are so few allies, despite everyone. For sure. Despite a lot of folks, like, uh, at the at the risk of saying too much, helping coach you along, uh, I I would say that there is like a level of optimism within everyone you talk to, or somebody's just trying to figure something out, mm-hmm. one way or the other, unless they suddenly want to kill you. But it's uh, <laughs> that does it, go on. That does happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, I just I found myself yeah really like yeah turning up the television anytime so anybody spoke or I had That's the opportunity fair. to speak yeah. to, to somebody. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It's it was cool. I, I like. I am just in awe. Of, I'm in awe of the concept alone. Call my my brain simple, but to to stage the world uh, like after the cataclysm, essentially, and and then to have your own version of that through your story of the game is like just watching the world just be destroyed and reborn again. I guess in a way, it's just I'm. It's cool that we were here after the cool thing happened. Like, it, it yes. would have been nuts to see it before. Like, t- to watch a dragon pierce the side of the capital 
with a giant yeah, trident, oh like yeah, would have been it's wild, breathtaking. Like yeah, yeah. It's... Oh, when you climb up his wing as well, you're like, oh, you yeah, guys are out of your yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, that like the capital, the oh, capital just breaks my brain. It's so yeah, dense. It's, it's too good. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, the the capital is so dense and so bespoke. It's it's unbelievable and then mm-hmm. they just throw a putrid avatar at you like oh great and it doesn't uh, even yeah, get yeah. A, a boss Fuck. boss health bar it yeah. doesn't get a boss man i think yeah man. but yeah. no that that uh man the capital is unbelievable anyway yeah i love yeah all their all their games are post-apocalyptic games in in non-traditional ways yeah. which are, is really cool uh mm-hmm. and it's a lot of the time it's like a religious apocalypse has occurred most of the time where it's just like we were worshiping this shit and oh my fuck, it all went horribly wrong. Oh God, oh God. And like mm. the world is still intact, but everyone is screwed. And mm. uh, that, that stuff's really cool. And yeah, they, they are able to paint pictures of what was better than most any other developer out there. And I would say mm. that goes all the way back to even Demon Souls. Like the, de- like, you know, those games have extensive complex lore that you get hints of uh, <laughs> in, in really neat ways. Mm-hmm. Totally. I was, I was blown away by how they like yeah conversations with people like the world really did feel so ingrained it felt like like mm-hmm. Blythe felt like a Blythe felt mythical mythical <laughs> mythical and mystical <laughs> sorry I got the lispy in here <laughs> that that one caught me but um yeah there there were aspects of the characters that just felt so ingrained in the world already everyone felt like a survivor um yeah it was just crazy just crazy not not polluted with people um well except for you know people who just want to savagely rip you apart yeah yes, um, yeah yeah it, and it was neat also to like see the rem like you can if you know what george rr R. martin is into and what he likes to totally. write which i mean i've never read any of his books i've just read about him and watched game of thrones but like you can tell you can see his presence throughout this game big time for sure like he's that a big so. fucking history weirdo he loves like Norse Celtic. He didn't do shit, dude. He probably just made yes, the crab. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah, he made the crab. He made the the, the dog. Yeah, the dog. that's what he did. Yeah. He wrote <laughs> trifinger butthole and then said, "Here you yeah. go, buddy. See ya." <laughs> you know, Can we, Ben? You wanted to talk about messages for a second. I know Joe. You want to talk about bosses Man. as well, which we'll yes. do both. They. This is their best selection of words to form messages a, that they've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Like so, genius, genius this, level. The, the, the just... pure fundamental idea of messages is like maybe my favorite thing in all of the Dark Souls. Just like it's the best thing they've ever. That's one of the cleverest things that's maybe ever been put in a video game. Right? Is just player a messages. Game before Kojima, he got there first. It is. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just the <laughs> consistency with which throughout that series you find like hidden door ahead, and it's like no, there isn't. You fucking asshole. I hate that you put this there. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to give it a like so that the next person also thinks what I thought. Or, you know, try rolling on the edge of a cliff. Like, it makes me laugh every single time. Labeling uh, every turtle as a dog was my favorite. Yeah, yeah totally. and there's and then, yeah, just the selection of words they put in here. Like, someone knew what, exactly what they were doing when they put butt in and they put finger in. And it's like, okay, yes, I get it. It makes sense. Butt is just a common word. And fingers are all throughout this game lore-wise. But, like, there are just so many perfect combinations Fortnite um, was a good one as well. That Fortnite was, was great. I love the occasional Elden Ring ahead, and it's just like one, just like leads <laughs> to a, a hallway with nothing in it, and you're like, oh yeah, thank you. That's very, very funny. Thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, the messages made me laugh 
all the way through the game. Yeah, some really yeah, clever ones as well. There's oh. such a, it's such a great mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you get uh, someone likes your message, you get a health buff. It's good. It's perfect. Yeah, it's I had some, <laughs> had some clutch heals. <laughs> I bet, yeah. yeah. I don't think I put more than like three messages down, and mainly because I didn't understand how to do it until about mm-hmm. the 70-hour mark. So Yeah, the, the menu stuff is We'll talk about that cumbersome. maybe near the end. Uh, yeah. Oh. Like, I, or I don't know. You can talk, I, yeah, you could talk about it now if you want to. I, no, like I, don't, I don't really have much else to say, except nope. that I just like to do a bit of a mess. They're fucking yeah. terrible, yeah. Still just, like, confusing to use. I couldn't figure out how to look at weapon descriptions for, like, 20 hours. Oh, yeah. Mm. The UI is one of many things that I think they need to uh, spend some time changing going forward. The menu yeah. UI, sure. Yeah. That'd be yeah. nice. Bosses. But, Boss yeah. fights. Yeah. And the fights with the bosses. I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, I'm almost, I'm almost done. I'm yeah. almost out of notes and I'm into sort of like miscellaneous little things. So I think you should, I think we should talk about your bosses, Joe. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, how do I start this? I think I'm just going to dive in and say that, um, I think Dark Souls combat is starting to feel a little archaic and aged at this point. Uh, I like the new additions. I like the Ashes of War. The variety of weapons and playstyles is great. Uh, the summons, if you like them. Uh, and the jump attack was a nice addition. Although I will say, I feel like a lot of enemies don't know how to counter or react to jump attacks. 100%. It, it feels like a free hit very consistently, depending mm. on, I don't know, timing-wise. Um, I really enjoyed the combat uh, when I'm traversing the world and exploring. I think it doesn't matter how good the combat is when, you know, when you're walking around a castle fighting some random dude, you don't care if you're having like an incredible back and forth with random soldier number 29, you know what I mean? You're more just like excited about being in the world, exploring and seeing what is ahead of you and what is to find. And I had a great time throughout exploring the world, fighting the amazing designed enemies. But I found um, I just didn't really like the majority of the boss fights in this game. Um, mm. I think the design is outstanding. Uh, some of the most visually impressive stuff they've ever done. Uh, Rickard, mm. Fire Giant. Mm. Uh, there's mm. just so Even, many. Go going. Uh, well, I just I love how the they took the they took the like one of the greatest things ever put in a video game, which is the end cutscene in Sekiro when the fucking spirit of this bitch you know enemy that's a young pup guy is just like I'm the I'm King Big Dick, and then. His grandfather's just like spirit rips out of his own body and says, "No, no, 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 no! I'll do this." Oh, yeah. And I love how every like every other boss in this game has that moment in different <laughs> they ways. Keep, like, ripping themselves apart. They keep mm-hmm. ripping themselves apart and just being like, "All right, enough fucking around. I'm putting a dragon on my arm." Oh, or the cutscenes are so good as well. Oh, they're my God. so cool, man. Mm-hmm. Every one of them is just like it's so good. And there's like probably a dozen, maybe. At least a dozen that do mm, that yeah. gimmick, and they're all amazing. It's it's hard to like nail it down. I think Sekiro is partly to blame. Um, Sekiro's combat system was just so so much further ahead than Dark Souls in its back and forth and its flow state. And just going back to the very classical, you hit, you dodge, and you block, or you back off and fire magic. It just feels a little old. Um, and it just is such a significant step backwards compared to Sekiro. Um, I know this game was made alongside Sekiro, so it's not going to get the same treatment as, say, you know, in Dark Souls 3, kind of 
absorbed some of Bloodborne's energy and speed, and it went mm. on to make Dark Souls 3 feel like the best game in the series so far. Um, yeah, I just wish Elden Ring had kind of got that treatment where it had absorbed some of the better stuff from Sekiro's combat, specifically in the scenarios of bosses, because I just kind of found the cycle of dodging a boss's hit over and over again and hitting him once just a bit tiresome by the end of the mm. game. I think Sekiro has really spoilt us when it comes to flow state. And I've been recently playing Sifu, and I think that game has really learned mm. from what Sekiro taught the industry and has amazing backwards and forwards. And a lot of, for me, again, it depends on your playstyle, but for me, every single Elden Ring boss fight, I'm being exaggeratory, not, there's a good variety of boss fights, but a lot of the boss fights just felt like an enemy doing a 17-point combo. Swing, 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 swing. I had to dodge like 20 attacks and then I hit once, maybe twice, and then I just do that over and over again. It felt mm -hmm. like I was just watching every boss fight do some anime bullshit ballerina moves, and then I just desperately try to get one hit in without getting slammed in the face. And it, it just felt like I was doing that over and over again, and I just found it irritating, honestly. I just didn't have a good time in most of the boss fights in this game. I found them to all look amazing. Animation-wise, they were amazing. I found the act of fighting them just kind of frustrating, honestly. You didn't, you didn't mm. like the really long wind-up attacks? <laughs> no, oh my god, I can't believe I almost forgot about the I'm fucking so wind-up attacks. Oh. oh my god, it's so fucking annoying, dude. Like, I understand the idea behind purposely delayed attacks. You know, they have yeah. their physical tail, and then they hold the physical yeah. tail. So you dodge prematurely. Uh, every game's had that. That's not new. It's always been in Dark Souls, but they've always been like not that common in the boss fight, and it's always been like the one move where it's like, oh, the timing's a bit different on this move. I need to learn this move, and that's kind of the part of mastery in the boss fights. But it feels like every fucking boss's move in this game is just a delayed attack, and it's so annoying, and the timings are so specific that mm -hmm. it just it just feels frustrating to me to dodge attack that I knew was coming, and I'm still punished. Just yeah. because, like, I didn't get the tiny little, tiny little window because I haven't memorized, I don't know. I think the design is meant to slow down veterans of the series. I think that was a lot of the design philosophy behind Sekiro as well. And I like the concept of being able to play Dark Souls games forever and not just breeze through them because, you know, something's changed and I have to relearn a new skill. I don't want, I don't think that's it. I just think that's fucking annoying. Memorizing... A timing is, I don't know, that just doesn't feel like a fun skill to learn, in my opinion. I would rather get better at a combat system through mastery than just have to sit back and watch a boss fight and be like, okay, here's the slow ass swing up and this is when he lands it. I just didn't find it satisfying. I thought the combos were annoying. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I found a lot of the attack patterns of the boss fights in this game frustrating. All the large bosses have these explosive attacks. There's a lot of magic in the game as well. Mm. I just, yeah, there's, there, there are some good boss fights in the game. Uh, I actually really like the horse boss fights. I liked Margit and Margot a lot. I liked Tibia Marina. Uh, <laughs> Millennia was amazing, but again, Waterfowl completely ruins that fight in my opinion. I, I really like the god skins on an individual scale. Even though I don't like the fat noble one that does that spin move that just never ends. There's just like every boss fight I can name there's like something which I think is just kind of obnoxious and annoying. Oh, yeah. And every Souls game has this. This is not a new thing. 
Um, but it just felt more common in Elden Ring. Mm. Um, there isn't a Souls game out there where people... There's like a um, infamous boss fight in every single game where people are like, this boss sucks and is annoying to fight. But I just... I don't know if Sekiro has ruined the feeling of Dark Souls boss fights or if it was for playing the game for so long and the magic wearing off, the repetition of the fighting style. I don't know. I wish I could quantify it better. All I can say is I just found most of the boss fights to be kind of frustrating. Um, there were some which really worked for me. Uh, I, I liked Commander Nile. I liked the big Black Blade Kindred bird things. Falling Star Beast was pretty good, but like most of the bosses, I just found like fucking irritating and just like never stop attacking forever. And it's just I'm like I'm just gonna watch, I guess, until I maybe hit you once. And it got like that got more prevalent near the end when you're doing like um what's the big dog Malekith. You get Malekith into Godfrey into I actually, actually really like Radagon. Radagon's one of my my favorite fights in the game. <laughs> Yeah, Radagon, um, yeah, I like him as well. I, I didn't, I have only came to like him by doing the, like, helping helping people try to beat him. Yeah. Um, because I fought him twice and then beat the game. But, yeah, he, I like his moveset. And he's the one that I've learned the most, I would say. Yeah, like, but he's like he's, a classic design where you're learning his moves, because a lot of his moves mm, are, like, yeah. super stupid explosive stuff. But I don't feel like you have to learn this super niche timing for Radagon. No, you they're pretty You just need to, like, generous, play him yeah. and learn his yeah. set of moves, which is more satisfying. And he doesn't have, satisfying. like, one big stupid flurry attack either. Yeah, or something that kills you instantly. I guess depending yeah. on your build or if you're bad. It depends on your vigor levels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know if I did a good job of quantifying it because I don't know if I even know exactly what it is about the boss fights which are annoying to me. All I can yeah. say is that I found them annoying and I didn't find the combat outside of boss fights frustrating at all. I liked fighting all the ads around the world. There was just something about the behavior, the attack patterns. Yeah, I think I'll stop talking because you can tell I'm trying to figure it out, but I actually don't really know what it is. When, mm-hmm. they, have to, when they have to bring it all together like that, yeah, for boss fights, it feels like, like, like we alluded to before, or I alluded to, somebody, it was brought up before that when, like, the game is so wide, obviously, there's mm-hmm. so many play styles, when they have to bring it to a peak like this, yeah. Or some, yeah, yeah, when they have to throw all the systems together in a way, but lean it one way or the other, it just, it's it's certainly, the game is so, walks that line so well in so many ways, but that's just one where it just can't quite get the balance right. Of, yeah. Like, we have all these yeah. ways to do it, but we just can't make these bosses just compelling enough to, uh, to, to be just like one step further other than either being a high damage kill shot or just yeah or being a or having an ai trick like yeah the delayed radigan's delayed javelin throw like oh my god he just like <laughs> hovers there for an extra half a yeah. second just to, yeah. and it also like goes back to the the previous point of the balance issue where sometimes uh the most infamous one for me is margot where sometimes there would be an amazing boss fight and i'm like holy shit this is so cool and then they're just pathetic and they're just like mm-hmm. balanced weirdly because like yeah. margot was one of my favorites because i got so excited when they did that attack where they were raining swords down from the sky and it kind of segmented off the battlefield where you couldn't like move in certain ways i was like holy shit this is super cool and then i, I killed them first time because they, they're yeah. pathetic and they go down and they're like weak for ages and they're just like super easy to kill so yeah for me the boss fights are just all over the place in this game the, the balance is weird and as i said i find them frustrating and I think for me, it is a low point of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely like Dark Souls 3 boss fights more, Sekiro 100 times more. 
Mm. And yeah, I just I hope in the future this is a case where Elden Ring was made uh, not after Sekiro, but alongside it. So obviously, like the design teams are not gonna I don't know merge into each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because what's even weirder is Demon um, Elden Ring has a stagger system like mm-hmm. Sekiro, but you don't have a stagger bar, which is like the main right. point of Sekiro. You have a stagger bar, so you can actually incorporate that into your strategy. But in Elden Ring, it doesn't have the bar, so you, it's a really like fun and satisfying moment when you stagger an enemy and you have that amazing sound effect and you have the weak point. But sometimes I don't know if an enemy can be staggered at all because there's no feedback from the game about yeah. if they're on their way to being staggered. And that was like the whole thing in, in Sekiro. It was the whole game. So they implemented the stagger system, but not any feedback on how to like implement it like in a strategy. I don't know. I don't know. I just hope going forward, their next game, whatever it is, uh, I think it's Armored Core, so maybe that one would be a bit of a wild card. But when it comes the to like, the, knows, yeah. the traditional <laughs> mm. Souls game, that it like takes from Sekiro's back and forward, back and yeah. forth with boss fights. Because yeah, I think Elden Ring's just a bit of a step backwards in that well, regard. I think, I think two things. First, from what I've seen, I think a lot of people generally agree with that. Okay. That Elden Ring's bosses are not the top tier in the series. I mm-hmm. mean, it's hard to you know, it's a, it's hard to know, of course. It's hard to judge those things based on just commentary and things like yeah. that. Um, but I also think like we encounter things like this sometimes where you are struggling to fully quantify why mm-hmm. they bothered you so much. And that's it's always interesting when that comes up because it's usually the result of like six little things right, uh, yeah. all sort of working together to just result in you just not enjoying it and it, and you don't know what else to say other than like yeah i just didn't have fun with yeah. these fights and you're the guy that likes these fights right i, I love them so and there was yeah. a lot of good fights in there just i would say like probably like 70 percent of them i found kind of obnoxious and annoying yeah I, I think millennia like is potentially the best boss they've ever done it's just an incredible boss fight but I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with Waterfowl. It's just, like, not a fun move to combat. It's so stupid. Like, if there was a tell, then it would be, like, completely fine because I would just run away and it would be like, oh, I learned how to dodge Waterfowl. But the fact that it feels like a casino just ruins one of the best (laughs) fights they've ever made, I think. And it's just... There's always, like, one thing. Like, when they have Ulcerated Tree Spirit in a tiny room. And it's like, I like Ulcerated Tree Spirit. Most people hate that boss. I think it's really cool. Mm -hmm. I can't fucking see because I'm in a tiny room and I'm against the wall. Same with uh, the first Falling Star Beast. There's just, like a lot of weird rough edges with the boss fights and i think maybe again lack of time covid rush i don't know or or yeah or just there were so many that they can't polish mm-hmm. every one of them in yeah. a way that they can in a 30 hour game where there's like 20 bosses mm-hmm. and like you said um there's always like tiny minute things which will make these boss fights feel amazing or bad yeah that's why no one's ever been able to make a souls game that is as good as from software because every time you play these little indie steam equivalents just they don't feel right and the well, developers and Elden Ring is probably... sort of like a reminder that like they they from software themselves struggle with nailing what yeah. makes their fights so unique it's like a perfect mm-hmm. magic and just sometimes yeah. they don't hit it themselves but i feel like in previous games they've hit it more consistently than in Elden Ring yeah interesting but yeah i think that's all i really have to say again from a design perspective it's the best work they've ever done uh, not just bosses but world and just enemies around the the map which is just ridiculous stuff mm-hmm. so yeah like i obviously have a couple more miscellaneous things to talk about but i i feel like my general conclusion is from a design perspective this is like one of the greatest games ever made in my opinion um one of the best maps ever made uh but just from a souls perspective 
it's it's good. It's it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. It's just not their best work for me when it comes to like boss fights, combat. Uh, I mean, the weapon stuff's amazing, but the balance is weird. So yeah, I actually don't think I have a concrete conclusion. I'm just all over the fucking place. Yeah, I I, I have miscellaneous which we can talk about in a second. But yeah, I would again just echo that. Like I yeah, I think the level design is incredible. I would not call it one of the best games ever made because there are so many weird like. Yes, no, pull, push, this is good, this isn't, you know, everything is sort of so strangely interconnected, uh, but I think... I think I think it is one of the... Uh, I think it might I don't be know. one of the best games ever made, dude. Like, I've had many complaints, but this this game is going to, like, revolutionize the entire industry for, like, I don't years know. to come. It I really don't know is. that that's true, because people it said is. that about Breath of the Wild, and it didn't. Well, I think everyone's just trying to catch up with Breath of the Wild. I mean, Elden Ring is the first game to have, like, really learned a lot from breath of the wild it feels it's definitely like. it's, debatable i'll put it that yeah. way but yeah. it's fucking I, good that's for sure i don't know like to me best game is just like such a nebulous like whatever who the fuck cares and and also just it's a matter of what i like and and yeah, I, for sure. I i again i i i think i just fall back to i respect so much about from software's games and especially this game but i don't know how much i actually like it or yes, how much fun I had with it. I still don't quite know where I'm at because I'm still playing it and still being annoyed by a lot of it. So I look yeah. forward to like finally putting it to bed, no more work videos with it, and giving it a few months to like really mull it over because that's that's when I really land yeah. on how I feel about a game. And uh, I've just been playing it like once a week for you know six months almost and still am usually ending an hour session uh with higher blood pressure and annoyed <laughs> yeah um, because i i you know i just fundamentally don't find most of the game fun to play yeah like in a in a satisfying way but yeah i there's no denying the 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 quality of the level design yeah the combat the enemy design the art like it's when you put it all on paper it's one of the best games ever made. When I play it, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't know. I, it's hard to say. Yeah. So mm. I think, I think a it's, a, point, it's irrelevant to, at the end of the day. It is. It completely. Yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I think it would be like I, industry I, shifting type of thing. I think I would say this. I hope it has an impact on oh, other developers. Me too, because I, I hoped that from Breath of the Wild. Because I think there is a lot of amazing inspirational stuff in the way breath of the wild is designed mm. even though i didn't actually like that game the way everyone else did i still liked it a lot but you know again it's more of just like when i lean back i can see all the things that are amazing about this and i respect the hell of it out of it and i hope that other people learn a lot from it and in the five years since breath of the wild came out it feels like almost no one has learned anything from it yeah. and again now elden ring comes out sets the world on fire and I hope that people can look at it and say, let's shift what an open world game can be about. Let's shift it away from the fucking Ubisoft yeah. formula, you know? So, like, in that sense, it's a once-in-a-once-in-a-generation sort of, like, holy shit revelation game, for sure. 100%. Sometimes, like you know, nailing a coffin takes a couple of hits. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. I hope this is the final nail. This hope is the, the final one. Breath of the Wild was the beginning. Yeah. And finally, yeah, that it's... Takes, it takes time to react as well, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, in, but in, if in four years we're still seeing 
this type of the Ubisoft type of game outside of Ubisoft themselves, yeah. it's going to be a problem. And I don't expect every game to be Elden Ring or Breath of the Wild, but you know, this was a good reminder that like Step. people are generally smarter about they're smarter than than games give them credit for. I would yeah. say because this game is very hands off and people like it sold and 15 million copies already and mm-hmm. is the first like the first monumental game release probably since Breath of the Wild and then before yeah. that it was The Witcher and then before that it's The Last of Us you know it's like mm-hmm. one of five games in the last 10 years that come out and like shake the earth basically mm-hmm. for sure uh and mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily admire it in the way that everyone else does but i certainly respect it and i certainly hope that people <laughs> do something with the new knowledge that we have from playing this game for sure yeah mm, definitely yeah. well i uh it's no pac-man <laughs> <laughs> so tetris I'm right <laughs> yeah it uh you know i still too close to say where it falls in in the discussion uh, not not yeah. even for me personally i think like i think as as in in gaming right now it's just mm, the the that concept is so in flux these days because as technology is advancing every like we're making the best games ever made every every year <laughs> like yes yeah it's it's so hard to quantify in real time what is an all-time great mm-hmm. um but yeah to to jameson's point there is so much to revere here um, it is really from software, putting its CV on a piece of paper, warts and all, like, yeah. even if they yes, can't quite yeah. put it, even if they can't quite make it all connect in a cohesive way in, in some aspects, it's still an incredibly tangible, integrated world that just works, and you, you can just go and do anything in it. It's, 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 it sounds like we've said so trivial and so simple on paper yeah. to, to make this game. Um, but <clears throat> here we are when it's taken uh like uh, breath of the wild like i've balked at breath of the wild and have st- i still struggle conceptually to come around to playing that game because i i uh, equate it to sparsity and there not being enough to do in between the areas this game i never felt that way it just yeah. always felt like there was something around every literal corner or pathway mm-hmm. or brush or wooded area or blood swamp or yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. So it was, God, this game is it, so big. Fucking hell, man! It's ridiculous. I've had the map up the entire time we've been recording, just staring at it. It's just it's, ridiculous. It, it doesn't hypnotized it, by it. It doesn't help me try to keep coherent thoughts because I just keep looking at different spaces, yeah. being like, "Oh yes, I did." Oh, yeah. something cool happened there, and something cool happened there. I don't think there. it will like, like, ever stop being awe inspiring. Like it's just ridiculous, man. I think that's part of why it's sort of difficult to like come to a decisive conclusion is because it is so su- substantial where it's just yeah. like i need like a year to fully digest the whole thing mm-hmm. i still want to play melee like i still want yeah. to approach how, like because i'm sure i will now that i know how the world unfolds obviously approach it much differently and and how i access different areas and what i do in different spots at different times and what mm-hmm. i can do and it's just a new game, like, it does, it, it, my experience, despite being this close to the end at 160 hours and feeling fulfilled with the time I've spent in the lands between already, my, I, I still don't feel completely fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that's like that's not a detriment to the game. I just need to play more. I need to play it again. <laughs> like I need to play uh, another fresh pass at it just just to really feel like I've yeah t- taken a sample of everything it has to offer. I've been like chipping away at a new game, and it's it's pretty fun. Pretty fun mm. to redo. I would imagine. I think um, you should try Melee in Elden Ring before you try Sekiro. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I yeah. <laughs> I really think you should, dude. I do like the moon veil. Like I got the moon veil very yeah, early cool. on, and, oh, it's it, very and, good, en- yeah. and that ends up being yeah, kind of the kind of the katana for the game, eh? So it's I uh, I really <sighs> did like. Well, I don't. Come on now, <laughs> I'm not gonna know. I'm not gonna know the sword. <laughs> no, that's but, fair. Uh, but I know. Uh, yeah, I, I I headed that one fairly on, so I'm carrying it with me. But yeah, I, I do like my pokey. I do like my my jabby little fencing sword. It nice. uh, it gets the job done. But yeah, I, I do want to do. I also want to swing a big, also want to swing a big hammer sometimes too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think I'm gonna do a magic playthrough. I love that. The game looks fun with magic. Yeah. It's. I think I'd be very interested to see how you get along with a magic playthrough. Yeah. I, like, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see. I want to throw more stuff. I wanna yeah, throw me more too. Pots and stuff. I want to throw more <laughs> knives. Uh, the pot build's pretty funny. Yeah, I need to use more yeah. items. I wish there was like a weird um, thing where you can't use any coatings on somber weapons for some reason. Yeah. So, yeah. Like every fun, yet. quirky weapon feels like a somber weapon, so yeah. I just didn't like use them, and it just felt weird. I don't yeah, know. Got a lot of grease in these pockets. It's yeah, a it's soppy so disaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting down here. Yeah. Yeah, I do not want to know what the main <laughs> character of Elden Ring smells like. Oh, so, like, <laughs> so, someone actually figured out who the no. stinkiest character in the franchise is because oh. I can't remember how they did it, but every game has soap, and then they oh, yeah, they yeah. valued like how much soap you have to use or something. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. But someone figured out who was the stinkiest. I think it was like Dark Souls Three. I think. Oh, it was someone in Dark Souls Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dark Souls Three be stinky. I wouldn't huh. want to smell that helmet. No. I want. I don't think I want to smell most of their games. I think no. they will all smell bad. This, imagine, like, what does Caleb smell like? Sulfur. Yeah, definitely farts and yeah. ash. Sulfur and and ash. Yeah, is a good like the smokiness yeah. of ash, but then the like acidic like ugh, sulfur like yeah. yeah. You know where? Okay, best be, best smelling spot. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. cra- crawfish boil guys shack. Dude is cooking <laughs> up a storm. Oh, I did kill that I'll, guy by accident. I'll bring the butter. Yeah. I'm. I think I will just. I bet Leonia smells good. It looks like a nice temperature. It looks yeah. cool. It cool looks like breeze. it gets a good breeze from the ocean. Mm. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'd love to cook like a little chicken noodle soup in that giant cauldron at the top of a mountain, uh, frozen mountaintop. You know what I mean? The, the, little... Yeah, the fire yeah, I'll, giants. I'll, I'll, have, uh, I'll, have, I'll, have, I'll have some forbidden soup. That'd be, that'd, be sure. a, that'd be a lot of forbidden soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Um, do we want to, do you want to just rattle off any remaining uh, miscellaneous yeah. Yeah, tidbits, actually, Joe? Um, and I have a couple. I think, and... I think I've only just missed one, really. I think I've kind of criticize most things i wanted to criticize um the rune arc system feels completely like wasted and useless which is a shame a little undercooked yeah yeah i mean it's a cool idea it's like mega man you get this superpower from beating a boss but they feel like very close together in a way which just maybe not that excited to like switch between them totally like one's like boost your hp mp and stamina one like just boost boost hp and it's like yeah and then another boosts everything and yeah, like, like Breath of the okay. Wild did that in a cool way. We got like a real game-defining power when you beat oh, a divine. Man. Can beast. you imagine if you could get Rivali's Gale in this game, yeah. or whatever it's called? You just fly around in Elden Ring. That'd be amazing. the horse could fly after beating a boss. It'd be so sick. 
That'd be that'd great. Be cool. I mean, you break things, but we're just spitballing here. Of course, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of the only mis- miscellaneous thing. I think I kind of rambled on about most things I wanted to talk about. Mm. The camera can still be a complete piece of shit, but I kind of it's mentioned terrible. that in the boss fights. Mm, yeah. I think the lock-on system can still be frustrating as well, but... There's not enough buttons on the mm. controller for this game either. I had to like no. re- remap a bunch of things and it was awkward. Video games, in- I think we talked about that in- with Horizon as well. It's just like, the controllers don't have enough. Like Games are too complicated for these controllers nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there- there's too many uh, weird-ass combinations to hit. Uh, I-, I still mess up uh, trying to two-hand a left uh, a weapon oh, in my left God, hand. Oh, so clunky, yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. The, the two-handed weapon switching and the pouch stuff is all a little bit clunky. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my mm. main like miscellaneous item is just it sort of encompasses many things but it's just like there are issues that are just like they've been present in every single one of their games that they just seem completely uninterested in fixing and one of them is just their technology is bad. Um, yeah, which is a shame because the art is so good and it's not complimented yeah, by like 60 frames or you know if it looked like Demon Souls imagine. Yeah, like they're like the the art is really good, but then, like, just the, the sort of, like, lame, nerdy graphics part of it is terrible. Uh, not that that really matters in the, yeah. at the end of the day. Like, this game is a good reminder that just, like, art still trumps everything. For sure. Um, but, you know, the frame rate is so all over the place. Uh, less so than their other games, for sure. The PC port, though, is just not good at, at, at all. Um in, in a lot of ways, locked to 60 FPS is still fucking bizarre. Uh, just general tech problems. They have a, a tech debt, I feel like, that they need to make up for <laughs> some, at some point. Uh, as we mentioned, the UI, again, it's like functionally identical to how it's been for a decade, and it's not good. It's not good. It takes so many button presses to figure things out, and like putting things in the pouch. You guys had to explain it to me. I was like 25 hours into the game. I was like, you can, what? Huh? And I still struggle to be like, wait, okay, hit the start, hit right, hit the, oh, switch, not, not swap, not A, it's, it's Y. Okay. And then, and then scroll through the 19 tabs and find the thing. And then, okay, there, I did it. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, and I've, I've died. Cause you know, I'm trying to do it mid fight, which is a mistake. Uh, and there's no pause. No pause. Still stupid. Cause you don't get invaded. I was never once invaded by a human. Uh, so I don't know what's up with that. Um, also the terrible camera, like, again, it's been how many years, uh, they, they still just, the camera just like, not an hour goes by where there isn't a moment where I'm just like, what the fuck is going on with the camera right now? <laughs> uh, be it because it's in a tiny room or because you're locked onto a like guy who's doing somersaults over your head. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah. And then there's just weird control issues with like, uh, the, the, what do you call it? Like the queuing of inputs yeah. and how some things get queued and others don't. And sometimes it's like, I hit dodge, like what the fuck's going on? Nothing happened. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. or what, where did that R2 attack come from? I'm not even touching R2. Like what, <laughs> what's going on here? Did yeah. I hit that 30 seconds ago? Uh, and those issues haven't gone away ever in 150 hours of the game. No, not really, no. And I just don't know what exactly is going on with them, but they it's its very frustrating. And, and it just makes the game feel not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you also mentioned the horse combat. I think the horse combat fucking sucks. <laughs> it kind of does, but I like it. I think it's completely shit, and I basically never used it after a certain point because it felt so bad. We didn't really talk <laughs> just, about the horse. I, mean, I would spawn the horse, run, and then jump off of it because, yeah. 
I mean, we mm. didn't talk about the horse, I think, because at the end of the day, it just doesn't, it just wasn't very interesting. Hey, it's just cool. I like it's it. too bad because it's cool for exploration, and I love the double jump, especially yeah. jankily climbing things. But uh, totally, I like fighting sort of dragons on it. More. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on it for Fire Giant, and that shit looks fucking cinematic as hell. I definitely, yeah. No. I was not on it because I summoned, <laughs> and you can't ride the horse <laughs> if you summon. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. You summoned human. No, I summoned uh, Alexander. You can ride a horse. You can ride after you've summoned. Nah. An NPC. And, and and well. Well, you, can, you can definitely ride a horse after you summon an NPC. Nah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, probably. I think, I yeah, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, what? The horse is stupid. He sucks. No! You might have, mo- you might have modded it, Jameson. Mm, that is possible. <laughs> 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 I can't remember the before times at this point because mm-hmm. I've played almost as much of the game with Cheat Engine as I have without yeah. it. So, totally, uh, totally. It's hard to say, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I think, just like in general, I would say I prefer when they are making games that are linear versus open world, but we've only had yeah. one, yeah. so I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure. Just because, like, and I've only ever played Bloodborne, right? So it's hard for me to... to I mean, I did play all of Sekiro, but I cheated all the way through it because I don't give a shit. Um, hmm. But there's just, like, a precision, I feel, to something like Bloodborne that is missing here. And, yeah, for sure. And But, you know... You're getting a lot of other experiences that you don't get with something like Bloodborne, but and I a lot for your money. And oh yeah, God. for sure. But I'm definitely I want quanti- quality mm-hmm. over quantity. Like yeah. I, I don't give a shit about money, you know, dollar per hour ratio stuff. Uh, <laughs> this I feel like there's like a really crazy like sixty to eighty hour game here. Yeah. But instead of it's a hundred and ten. Uh, if this and and I wouldn't want them to shrink it down into a thirty-hour thing because they would lose too much. But uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Like the best parts of the game are when you're going through the quote-unquote legacy dungeons, where it's this linear, interconnected uh, castle or whatever. Uh, mm. That's those are my favorite parts, at least. Yeah. So I uh, think yeah. is, is it time for just closing thoughts? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We've we've gone long here. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I think that never happens. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> well, we haven't gone that far over what we estimated, so Not. that's good. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think closing thoughts, I, I think the game is, um, is amazing and I had a great time. Uh, the majority of the game is obviously exploration and wandering around the world and fighting the enemies in the lands between and all that stuff worked really well for me. Uh, I, I had a really good time most of the time. Uh, you know, I have, I have problems with the bosses and some of the very variables and the variation and stuff near the end of the game. Uh, but th- that stuff is like nowhere near enough to soil uh, the experience for me. Uh, I had a great time. I don't know if I would revere it as high as some other people seem to, uh, but I do think it is a very exciting look towards the future for whatever From Software is going to do next. And I will be very excited for Elden Ring 2 because they have a good track record of improving as they go along. And there's a lot of room for improvement. But yeah, uh, I think Elden Ring is great. And some parts of it I think are absolutely incredible. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I would... Uh, agree that this is an outstanding video game i'm still i just don't know how much i'll be thinking about it in a few months time wow. depends if doc is announced oh certainly that'll be that that would certainly obviously get me right back in it's like i'm always paying attention to the patch notes in case anything gets dropped in but mm-hmm. um I, I still could be too close to it but it's it is a, it's <laughs> it's a very 
good video game. It's it is good I, video I, I, when I think about it, I I don't know. It's it sounds so stupid, but it's just it's a great adventure game. Every yeah, it's a great adventure. Like every time you sit down to it. Yeah, um, I think that's actually something to interrupt Ben, but I, I think that's something I really kind of regret missing out saying is this game mm-hmm. maybe out of all games ever has has like the greatest sense of a journey and it's mm-hmm. the only thing which i think the quantity actually paid off for was mm-hmm. even though some of it was not the best this game has a feeling of a journey which i don't think any media has portrayed in like since lord of the rings honestly mm-hmm. it just feels for like sure. you're going on such an epic quest and it's like so the trials and tribulations the the frustrating nights, the glorifying nights, the the discovery. Like this game is just an absolute adventure, uh, and for better or worse, sometimes adventures totally. suck for the characters, and that character was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, totally. So it's like yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like it's such a big, it's such, it's such, it's I I when I think about accessible or not, I'm sorry, when I think about approachability or when I think about like those best games, it's a game that you can put a controller in the hand of anyone and mm-hmm. and tell them to play. And, like, this game is really close. Like, I just I just don't think I... I just don't think it's been long enough yet. Mm-hmm. It's a really it's great video game. Man. It's yeah. a good... It's an excellent video game. And I'm grateful to have had my introduction to From Be These Games. Like, Be Elden Ring. Yeah, I didn't think um, you'd It's be a great either. entry point. It's an amazing entry point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Do it's you like, think you will continue with the franchise? Are you in? Certain, certainly, yeah. I'm Hell looking yeah. for... I'm look. I I'm always looking for sales. Um, I'm probably I'm I'm considering looking up uh the perform how well <laughs> Dark Souls performs on the Switch. I feel like that would be just a nightmare. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah. Oh boy, Dark Souls would be rough, dude. Yeah, oh, playing that God. Dark Souls remastered on there because it's yeah, gotta be thirty. Gotta be thirty. Yeah, yeah sh- a shaky thirty, right? It's Dark Souls yeah. is is good, but it, it's old, Ooh. man. Yeah. So, but I uh, I'm always looking for Sekiro on sale too. Um, Sekiro's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's still the best game they've ever made, in my opinion. Yeah, it is so (laughs) so hard. Like the the main like like when I hear precision, like I've said before, when I hear precision, it just makes me think of rhythm, and it just yeah, you you do have yeah, you are good at that stuff. I am not, so you would probably do okay, but maybe I don't Mm -hmm. know. You'll be at a certain point. Sekiro is just a reaction speed test. It felt like to me, and I I just don't have it. I never have, Mm -hmm. so it'll be fine. fine. These games are old. Uh, You can learn anything. They're just video games. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Just depends. You know, you got the will. It uh, it was I was pessimistic um, before it came out, but uh, damn, incredible stuff! Just uh, incredible game. Glad it came out. I did not think that you would be here 160 hours in. That was quite the plot twist. It's like it's it might it's I another thing. I'm trying to think of any other single player game I've played this much. I this game is long, and uh, yeah, I can't think of any. It's got to be just this one. Yeah, I don't know if I can think of many. It does make me want to play Witcher 3. Very good video game. Yeah, it makes me want to play that one. But that it's flashy just, remake I, coming out, well, remaster. I, but I don't want to wait for that one, and I'm, what if they ruin the poor boy? <laughs> good, good point. Yeah. yeah. I hope they do. <laughs> I, I'm fully. I have no reason to trust them now. <laughs> like, no, you so, don't. Yeah. They, they so pulled funny. the biggest scam of the century. Like, I'm not fucking, I have no reason to trust those remakes are going to be in any way good. I, I'm I hope sorry. they do a I'm blizzard where they, they break the remake and then, like, delist the old one. You can't even play it. <laughs> 
Oh man, they just ruined uh, The Witcher Three. I do so not funny. approve of these. T- <laughs> oh, come on, you gotta wait. <laughs> that, ha- yeah, that happened uh, again. Yeah, I guess. Can I, I guess I should say, J- Jameson. What? Are, J- yeah, Jameson. What are your conclusion? Uh, I think thoughts. A, I agree. I haven't had enough time to contemplate yeah. fully because I, you know, I'm still work playing it. And B, I would say I once I stop. Once I am free of it, I don't think I will ever want to touch it again. And when DLC gets announced, I will it will be a reluctant return to it. Just because mm. I I like like story stuff is what I like most in games, right? And when he said like this feels like the the most epic journey you've ever been on, like I agree, but it was pure gameplay and at a certain point gameplay just sort of all blurs together for me. And like I think of The Witcher 3 as like the the biggest journey I've done in in gaming or anything because mm-hmm. it's 150 hours of story content, not of gameplay content. Well, you know, not exclusively gameplay content. The blend but, is um, heavier. The blend is heavier. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Witcher Witcher is a story driven game first and foremost, and this is a a pure action game. Um, and yeah, I would say like all of their games, I massively respect it, and I my brain is totally confused and and all over the place with it but that's a good thing but it doesn't have my heart you know if that makes Mm -hmm. sense like yeah yeah like horizon forbidden west it gets me it gets my it pleases my heart uh this game doesn't it's like this is academically fascinating uh and this has been a great chat and i'm glad to have finally done it and we'll talk about it again later in the year when we get to the end of year stuff and i'll Mm -hmm. have to figure out what to do with it and all that stuff but like in a few years time i don't think i'll have that little like twinge of oh Oh, Elden Ring. Oh, Elden Ring, as the trailer man says. Uh, I don't think I'll quite have that. It'll be more, more like, oh, yeah, right. Elden Ring, that was crazy. It, it, like, it was a moment. Sh- it, it was, a, it it was, was a moment. the moment of probably, I don't know, maybe this whole generation. We started off, I don't know if we're going to get something that pops off the same way this did for another five plus years right yeah. doesn't look that way does not look that way and at this rate <laughs> at this rate no probably not yeah so um but yeah i i think the conclusion is uh just listen to this entire chat to get the conclusion because there's too many things <laughs> to say about it to conclude <laughs> yeah for sure i think uh. before we wrap up i think i agree where i actually also don't really know where i fully stand on it because I do want to replay the game a couple of times without my self-inflicted restrictions. For sure. That was the way I wanted to play the game. Uh, I don't really regret it. But now that I've kind of, you know, satisfied my urge to beat every boss single-handedly, I'm looking forward to playing the game. I'm going to equip a shield. I'm going to use summons. And eventually I'm going to do a magic playthrough. Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. at least two more playthroughs. They actually don't yeah, seem that fair. long once you kind of know where to go, like 30 to 40 no, hours or something. Yeah. So yeah, fair. I think what's going to be interesting is top 10 of the year. Obviously, it's going to mm-hmm. be on there because nothing else is coming out this year and it was an excellent yeah. video game. But mm-hmm. we will talk about it again and it'll be interesting to see where it sits and how I feel in about six months' time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, you, yeah. you talk, like I balked at you saying, like, you're gonna re- I'm going to replay it like four or five times, but I'm the guy that, like, you know, I've played Horizon and The Witcher and Mass Effect like four or five times because I like story stuff. Like I would Mm -hmm. replay Forbidden West right now, um, but uh, Elden Ring, like I, I'm I'm okay. I think forever, and that's just 
the way that's just what I like in games, you know, I, I'm and stories in general. I go for stories first and foremost, and I know that that's uh, not the way a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. And there's not really there's a great player story here, but not yeah. so much mm-hmm. a, a, not not a told story, which is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that makes it hard for me to be like, yes, I know exactly how I feel about this game in the way totally. that yeah. I, I do have a definitive opinion of something like Forbidden West. Uh, so. But it's nice. Mm. It's nice to have a complicated chat about complicated games. Yeah, it is a complicated one. I feel like we haven't had like a really good, like it sort of reminds me a bit of Red Dead Redemption 2 where it's like a lot of Red Dead is kind of not great in terms of like game design, but also other, most other parts of it are like the most insane thing ever made. Mm. And and, Hell of a thing going on here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's complicated. It's nice to not just have like nothing to, nothing but complaints or nothing but praise. Uh, So when we get into these long chats, same with Horizon. There's a lot of constructive criticism to be yeah. laid out. And that's, those are good. That's a good thing. It means the game is good, and we were engaged by it, and we also want to see them improve on the next iteration of these things. For sure. Totally. Because they can always improve games except for Portal 2, which is a perfect video game, <laughs> as we all know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that that's finally it. wraps it up. We finally did it. Oh, well right, done. Here's the real months. question. Will there be another one of these chats this calendar year? Oh. Mm, uh, looking I think pretty scarce. Probably yeah. one more in November. That would be my prediction. Yeah, I think God of War will probably be out this year. God of War is probably locked in for like late October, yeah. We'll probably talk about God of War. And, then and that's probably it. Xenoblade I... Chronicles 3. <laughs> po- skip that one. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Oh, and the, the Callisto and... Protocol. That's like a cool big oh, thing. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. If that's that, that, Yeah, again, if, if that, that sticks, stays. Of yeah. course, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Christmas it's... Game. It's probably good. Yeah, really upbeat Christmas game, too. Um, it'll probably be a long gap before the next one of these, just because there's not really much coming out. You know, we normally talk about the big triple a stuff so uh you know we could do a chat about tunic but that would also you know I spoil, just spoil everything I was and that's say, for, yeah yeah and ben yeah, tune into the podcasts out. yeah, yeah. I, was gonna say, I was gonna naturally wrestle this literally yeah. away from James i would say the next like, one that i can guarantee that will be joe and i talking for too long it's gonna be a top 10 of 2022 at some point in 2023 mm-hmm. so there you go six until then you can now. listen to do 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 <laughs> you can listen to the defend the podcast anywhere you find podcasts uh including if you, chances are you could be listening to us right uh there right now so uh yeah you can find us anywhere you find uh anywhere you find your podcast defend the podcast it's like where we do uh all of our offshoot backlog game talk usually drops every six weeks or so uh, yeah. or whenever um, pretty much everything one- that isn't triple a basically yeah, it's everything like it's everything that we're playing that uh, you don't see on video. So mm-hmm. for the most part, which is cool, it's great chats, and gets us uh, to positions like this where we just kick the tires on Elden Ring back and forth for two, two and hours. a half hours. Boys, guess what? I have two hours and seventeen minutes minutes of Elden Ring footage saved for this chat, and we've been oh. talking for two hours and seventeen minutes. Holy Ooh. shit! You, you, you just slow it down by zero point zero one percent, and no one will notice. You mm-hmm. make it. I actually will be doing that for the Horizon gameplay because I did not record enough gameplay for it, and I'm not going to lug my. <laughs> I'm going to throw my back out, lugging my P- PS5 back into my office to capture footage for it. So, oh my! All if you listen right. this far. Comment if you noticed weird oddities in the Horizon footage. Yeah. I bet you didn't. Mm. 
All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Big Roundup podcast. Like Jemison said, probably won't be another one for a while, but uh, we're not very prompt with these anyway, so no one's going to notice <laughs> when one doesn't yep. come out for six months. <laughs> if you listen to the end, thanks for hanging out. Like Ben said, check out the podcast in the links below if you like these long chat things. Uh, apart from that, thanks for listening. See you next time.